This episode of Robin's Podcast is sponsored by a Sensible Portion. Sensible Portions garden veggie straws are deliciously crunchy, a better for you snack that the whole family is going to love. Sensible Portions garden veggie straws have a flavor for every taste like fiery, spicy, screaming hot, whoa, or tangy, zesty ranch. And they've just launched two new flavors, barbecue and sour cream and onion. Sensible Portions garden veggie straws have a light and airy texture and get this they have 30 percent less fat than leading potato chips so you can snack both sensible and delicious it's a perfect on the go snack for kids to take back to school and sensible portions has also come out with a new product sensible portions garden veggie puffs which are baked and never fried it's a perfect poppable snack and it comes in three delicious flavors a white cheddar sour cream and onion and Screaming hot. Ah, no artificial preservatives, flavors, or colors. That's sensible portions. So head on over to Amazon.com slash sensible portions to try sensible portions, garden veggie straws, and new garden veggie puffs. That's Amazon.com slash sensible portions. Coming to you live from my apartment, it's Rob Has a Podcast, and now here's the guy who over the course of this countdown may have said, this countdown's getting the best of me. I am Rob Sesternino. Hello, everybody. Welcome back to uh, the number one best season of all time. It's Survivor Heroes versus Villains. We made it. We're here. 36 weeks ago, we started this countdown. And tonight, we're bringing this baby home where we're talking about the number one best season of all time. And we have a panel of all heroes here with us to talk about it. First, let me welcome in a woman who is returning back to the panel, a three-timer here to talk about Survivor... Heroes versus villains, of course. Uh, she is covering 19 simultaneous seasons of Survivor, <laughs> including this one. Here is the chief international Survivor correspondent for RHAP. It is the great Shannon Gus. Shannon, how are you? Rob, I'm good. Thank you for having me. And I'm excited to talk about the three stupidest things ever done on this podcast. Obviously, Tyson voting himself out, JT giving up the idol, and you watching 39 seasons of Survivor in fewer weeks than that. So, so those, that's the top three. So bad. Yeah, that's so bad. it. We can put can it get a trophy in the for Pantheon. That? Do I get money for yes, that? Yes, you should. You, yeah, it's her job. So, <laughs> yes, that's how jobs work. Yeah. yeah. Okay. I don't know if you're getting money for it. Yes. Um, Shannon... So nice that you made time. This is, I know, a super busy week for you. Yes. Thank you for uh, making time to uh, fit this in. Yeah, and in the end, because things were moved around, it is in the two days before and after two different Survivor finales for me. So it came in finale week, and that's a fun surprise. Uh, but it's fun. It's fine. It's good. There were a lot of parallels through some of the finale that I just watched and, th and this final Tribal Council, which was good to just have that information on hand. Plus, how fun is Heroes versus Villains? Like, this was... Not a chore at all to watch in any way, even with any time issue. Uh, so much fun. Such a hilarious season. And I was just like binging every second of it and enjoying it. So I'm really excited and honored to be here for the first season on the countdown. Like that is amazing. Thank you for having me. Okay. Well, Shannon, great to have you here. And I'm also 
So thrilled to have this man back with us. We heard from him ultimately as many times as we saw Boston Rob here on the all-time top 40 countdown as well. He was here with me when we started this back in the first week of January. And it means so much to me that he is back here with me to uh, bring it home. Here is the great Chappelle. Chappelle, how are you? Rob, I'm so happy. First of all, I'm honored to be here with you and Shannon. Like, I feel like a Make-A-Wish kid a little bit. Like, oh my God, oh my God, how did I end up in this spot? 114 days of this podcast, I have survived. I am the Parvati, I am the Boston Rob, and I am happy, so, so happy to talk about the best season of Survivor as voted by the listeners of the RHAP community. Um, So, I'm here. Thank you so much for having me. Chappelle, uh, this is time number six for you on the countdown. Yeah, build a big ass paper mache head of me and just put it in the back of your uh, podcast studio. Um, Incredible. I am officially an idol. I could never win. Oh, no, but I will definitely be present if nothing else. That's my superpower. Yeah. And I'm so happy to have you uh, back with us. It was uh, you and me and Chantel Francis uh, when we started it all off uh, talking about Island of the Idols. And so um, very, very excited to uh, have you back here for this uh, one last ride. Rob, I have to say this season might be too low. I, and I know, I know, I know. I've been saying that a lot lately, but if I I just don't think people give this season what it deserves. I've seen so much commentary about this being overrated. Oh, you know, it's it's boring in spots. It's, that's just not true, you guys. I'm sorry. I disagree. So I don't perceive yeah. that. This is such a fun season. I have very little complaints. Like, the complaints I have is just me nitpicking because you got to, but this is great. I, mm-hmm. I, I, I think that... The listeners got it right overall. I think, you know, everybody's entitled to their wrong opinions as well. But this one was this one's correct. Yeah. That's right. what podcasting is. Nitpicking because you got to. That's a really good summation of podcasting as a medium. But I I mean I totally agree. I haven't rewatched Cheers versus Villains in probably maybe five years as a whole. And like I watched it live at the time when I was in year twelve, my senior year. I've obviously got the villains buff. This is the first buff I ever had. And it was a no-brainer. Like that tribe was iconic. I used to like look up to poverty. Like she's the coolest person alive. I want to be her when I grow up and now I'm older than she was. And I still want to be her when I grow up. Like there is so much iconicness in this season where I feel like every episode has some iconic thing, a line, a confessional, a move, a challenge moment. And we, we know those so well in the fan community because they are so renowned and every single one of them, I feel lived up to the hype. So yeah, I'm excited to talk about it. It is such a fun season. Okay. We are just getting started here tonight. Of course, we will talk all things heroes versus villains in uh, this podcast episode. On Thursday, we'll be back with one more patron feedback show. It's a good one. Kelly White and Touchdown Tommy are going to uh, join me on Thursday to talk all things heroes versus villains. Any questions that we don't get to tonight, we will do that in our patron podcast feed coming up on Thursday. Then later this week, David Bloomberg and Jessica Lewis will bring you why Sandra won parentheses again. And we'll find out exactly if Sandra followed all of David Bloomberg's rules. And then uh, we will hear exactly 
how she pulled this off. And then we will have one last talking with T-Bird for the all-time Top 40 countdown. And it will be the queen herself when Sandra joins T-Bird and me for one last talking with T-Bird of the all-time Top 40 countdown. So we'll talk heroes versus villains and Pearl Islands and all of whatever else Sandra wants to talk about on a very special talking with T-Bird here on the final week of the all-time Top 40 rankings. All right. Incredible. So that all being said, we have to uh, then talk about heroes versus villains. All right. So I, I don't even know where to start to talk about heroes versus villains. Um, there's, there's so much Rob. There I mean, is so much. Like, we, we, you and I, we've been here for a while. Shannon has done a, a bunch of these as well, but you know, normally you just set the tone with, you know, the build up to the season, but honestly, this is a season of returnees that can stand alone as its own season. They don't do a lot of flashing back like a lot of the seasons do to like establish where these other prior relationships come from. And it still manages the work. Like, I don't think you have to say like what came before this and what came after this for this to be uh, still a great season in your mind. But knowing that there were 19 seasons before this and that there's what 20 after it still like that makes it even better. I was watching the season the whole time and I was thinking like, Oh, well, you know, this probably is manifested from this relationship from back in the day. But then also there will be moments where I'd be like, well, I can't wait for Candace to come back in a few seasons and see what that looks like. Mm-hmm. Or, you know, like, or, or JT even, or, you know, the, the other iterations of Boston Rob and Russell. So I think Rob, you could just jump into the cast because you don't really have to like build up to this season. It's already at the top. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it was uh, really just a super exciting season to go back and watch. And I think it's just one where I think that like the first few episodes is like, I can't, still can't believe this is happening, that we have all of these people here. You know, it was sort of like unimaginable to think that you would get all of these players in one cast and uh, get them all out there. And I feel like that they really uh, nailed the casting here on Heroes vs. Villains. Uh, Shannon, is that fair to say? Yeah, it is an amazing cast. I mean, obviously, podcasting is where you nitpick. Is that what you said, Chabelle? Anyway, that's what that's what we'll do. Obviously, <laughs> there are little things. Um, Richard Hatch was meant to come out. There's obviously stuff around that. He couldn't come out. I think not having any Borneo representation, it may be like looking at, at the time, like the history of the season is maybe what looks... Just like when you're thinking of the epicness of the season to have maybe even like a Jenna Lewis there as like a villain woman instead of maybe Danielle, like could have been a cool thing. Mm -hmm. But again, nitpicking on what was such an iconic cast, like they really got so much covered. They had like the four people from All Stars and Sandra who are like the old school era. They have a lot of the recency stuff, people who will go on to define the later seasons of the show. Three people from Token Teams, Russell, who was like reviving the show at that time. Micronesia, which had just been such a landmark season of the show, kind of like defines the season in some ways. And I would say, yes, it stands on its own. But if anyone's going to watch just one season before Heroes versus Villains, I feel like Micronesia is the one that gives the most context. And they even call it like Micronesia 2.0 at, at points, but you know, sometimes not for the best for some of those players. So I do think that they have it like all covered. They obviously have Rupert, Steph, these players who were so popular with the general fan base. They cover, I think, through the eras. And it is interesting to think half of this cast are going to play again. So when I came on and spoke about Winners of War, we're like end of an era. This season is, but it's transitions into the next 20 seasons of the show for players who are going to be massive 
meet Tyson and Rob are going to win. Coach is going to run a season. Candace is going to come back in iconic way. So Ree, Sandra, like Poverty ends up coming back in, in Winners at War. Like there's a very important point to the season for what came before and now what we know came afterwards. And that was really interesting to me. But yeah, this certainly. is like a fulcrum season, you know. It's in the, it's like the end of this big chapter in Survivor history, but also it's the beginning in so many ways. Like, like you said, one, like this is Coach 2.0. We get another coach. We get another Candace. We get another. We get another poverty. We get another Rob. We get another Sandra. You know, like Russell so goes this, to Australian Survivor. Russell what legit happened? transcends yeah. like different international versions. You know, um. We get Sandra again. We get JT flaming out over and over and over again. You know, like yes, this JT, is a yes. start. In one, mm-hmm. in some ways, it's the last of the first twenty season, but this is the beginning of the, the the twenty seasons that are to follow. And I just don't see that there's a better season on the countdown. Mm-hmm. To the point where they pitch a season that's going to come up at the reunion, and it happens. They they pitch Rob versus Russell, and we get it. Like the sequel, it is. Yeah, it is honestly like a transformative season. I feel for the show. Hmm. Yeah, there's so many great moments along the way in this season that uh, do you have a favorite moment from the season, Chappelle? There are so many. I I didn't even think about it until Shannon just said it. But a lot of the quotes that people use from Survivor history just come from this season alone. Like there was the there's the one moment where coach says, pray for the merge. I say that in my head to people. And I just I got there are some times where something Horrible, yeah, something horrible will happen or something. And I'll be on Twitter like, pray for the merge. And I'm like, no one knows what the hell I'm talking about. But so I don't tweet it. But then to see that come up, it's like, oh my God, that was this season, you know? And then, um, you know, like the all the Sandra quotes, you know, I'm against you, Russell, and all that stuff. Like, there's so many good moments. I do have one standout, and I do have to go back to my guy coach. I forget sometimes that I'm a Coach Wade stand until I watch this season in particular because this is where you get the most ridiculous coach content and it's episode by episode and like just bam, bam, bam. Coach is just, he's the star of this season for me in the in the pre-merge for sure. Um, so there's a lot. I want to dive into a lot of that because I just love it so much. This season just gives you all the content that you need. I feel like there's so much going on that I feel like that coach is almost a forgotten player in no, this season. No, he's so funny. I forgot how funny he was. It, like, you think it's a token team thing, and you don't. I think you forget how funny he is in the beginning of Heroes vs. Villains. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. Like, oh, yeah. The Tyson coach moment on the beach is so good. I just can't wait to get there. But there, yeah. are, so many, there are so many others, too, you know? Like, um... I mean, we heard, uh, are you with me or are you against me? Like 17 times throughout this season, of course. You get all the Russell-isms. Uh, you get, you know, Parvati kind of leaning into her villain uh, edit at some point. You get Rupert, the big massive flop that he is. You get Kobe, a similarly massive flop at the same time. You get to see, like, the evolution of Amanda Kimmel, who, you know, people kind of discounted for coming in second place a couple times, but seeing that, you know, on her tribe, she was pulling a lot of the way herself. So I I just, I think this season just gives me everything I need in, a, in the version of character. Um, and also like with story, I think that there, there are some areas where I would definitely like to see more of our winner, but in the, in the realm of trying to tell this story with all these big characters and personalities, I think they do a really good job. And there are so many memorable moments to talk about. 
Shannon, mm-hmm. one of the things that stood out to me on this rewatch was that I feel like that heroes versus villains is uh, really a more of a story about the women players in this season and is really about a lot of the male players playing poorly in this season. Yeah, they have some fun editing stuff with that, where a couple of times the women will kind of be talking about the male egos and it will cut between the tribes. And there's like, for example, the women saying like, oh, who's going to really rival Boston Rob for like head of the tribe? And then it will go to like the villain um, to the heroes where like Rupert is posturing like that. And even when they're deciding who's going to play in that challenge, the one where they all have to be in pairs and they're saying like, oh, well, the- we have to be strategic about this as villains because those strong men are going to want to be at the top for their egos cut to the heroes and they're doing exactly that. And Rupert's like offended that he would be like down in the rankings. And like, I think there was a lot of women reading men in that way. I mean, that's what the Sandra Russell relationship is. It's him being like, I would beat you because I'm better. And her being like, I beat you because I'm aware. Um, and I do think that dichotomy does play out with the fake women's Alliance and the way that this goes. I mean, Russell has some intimidation tactics that are a lot um, with some of the women, I mean, I find Russell like endlessly entertaining on the season. I will say like he's he's completely toxic, but <laughs> I don't know. Maybe it's the fact that like the strong women can front up to him with their own strength. Maybe it's the fact that he does get beaten in the end. Like they hold their own so well that for me, it's like only entertaining. If he was just like breaking them down and he probably gets closer to that with Danielle, I think it would be more, harder to watch. But like the fact that Sandra like will burn his hat and then like Pavi and Sandra will just laugh at him and then Sandra will win and Pavi will get more votes than him. Like it stands on its own and it just kind of becomes like a self-policing thing where Russell's going to lose for the way that he played the game. So I thought Russell was amazing in this season. So entertaining. Yeah. Russell's Russell is, if nothing else is very entertaining. Um, but I don't think he's even the most interesting part of this season. I think it's so subtle. A lot of the ways that they play into some of the other like, uh, dynamics between these people, right? Like they always mention like, Oh, this person has friends on the other side. This person has friends on the other side. And a lot of times because of the, the tribes were divided heroes versus villains and they never really have a chance, like a chance to intermingle that doesn't really come up. But if you're familiar with the source material, right, you already mm-hmm. know that these, uh, uh like, pre-existing relationships exist and then you get to track to see okay well how did that actually you know work out were they ever going to work together a big part of this story is oh you know poverty has friends on the other side she has three she has amanda she has james but they never mentioned candace yeah they never (laughs) they never mentioned candace i don't think people knew that yeah yeah well they played on a season together I think it's probably very common knowledge that Candace doesn't want to play with poverty again. Uh, maybe has something to do with the Adam guy. We saw Rob, uh, you didn't do the Cook Islands rewatch, but I've there was seen a time in that. Yeah, there was a time in that season where Candace was mutinying behind Adam. And then there was also a time where Candace was gone and Adam was mutinying <laughs> with poverty. So, um, I can imagine that that might have played into it some. Also, when we see Poverty and Amanda at the merge, they almost have no relationship. Mm-hmm. So it's funny. Maybe they had a falling of, out or something. Yeah. Exactly. But it's fun to kind of track that, right? Where so there's this big, like, oh my gosh, this, this, the Women's Alliance is going to take Poverty's leading them all. And it's like some of them don't want anything to do with her at all. And it's fun to kind of look at what the story is trying to tell you, but also read between the lines. And I enjoyed that a lot too. The women just run circles around the men in this game, honestly. 
Yeah. Uh, Shannon, to compare this to uh, Winners at War, I feel like that there's a lot of talk here about the pre-existing relationships, but I don't feel like that the pre-existing relationships really pay too many dividends in uh, this season. I feel like that people were more concerned about them here uh, than they ultimately ended up uh, mattering in this season. Yeah, having covered three full returning seasons now for the countdown, exclusively full returning seasons, which I guess just kind of panned mm-hmm. out that way. But to compare it to Winners you love at War, Boston Rob, you wanted to be here for all of his, all uh, of his yeah. yeah, well, three of his seasons. That's not even that's like half of his seasons, right? Mm-hmm. But I think that comparing it to the other returning seasons and why it ranks higher for something like Winners at War, like something I enjoyed about it, but what is a negative against it for many of the rankers was like, it gets bogged down in the details. It's too complicated. Like the details are too small. And that might be true for some, even in the little references, which I loved, as I said, I loved how self-referential it was at all these small little references. Heroes versus villains at large is just a much broader, bigger kind of narrative. Um, so the moves are bigger. It's not these like little whispering at tribals or like little moves. It is big. You, and it's memorable for that reason. You remember JT gave an idol, Tyson voted himself out, even like Rupert with the rock in his pocket. These are like big, memorable, like plant a flag moves. And I think for the relationships, like they take, take the same tact. It's like, you remember Pavdi and Amanda, like the most, one of the most iconic final twos ever. You can kind of get that. And I think there is some lost opportunities with stuff like Jerry and Colby, for example, but they're not going to go into like, they're not even going to mention that Pavdi played with Candace, even from the show's perspective, because that's not as memorable. That Pavdi also had a first season. She wasn't like a fan on Micronesia, um, but that's like, they're not going to pay as much reference to that, but it will be the big moments. It'll be the big relationships. It'll be like these broad sweeps. And I do think from a narrative perspective, for most people that probably does work better because you don't get caught up in like what happened and what was the thing in the detail. No, it's like, bam, bam, bam. These like big jewels, Rob versus Russell, Tom versus Sari. And then the villains come in with this huge move everything is big so i think that that's how they approach relationships and that's the whole narrative of the season yeah yeah i'd agree though um and and honestly i do think it's interesting with some of the pre-existing alliances uh, or you know relationships for that matter um because even though like in the grand scheme of the game and the end game, a lot of that really didn't matter. You did see people in the, in the very beginning, the pre-merge boots, they do suffer at the hands of not having a lot of these relationships. We see Tom Westman only able to play with Stephanie and that's it. Like no one will even open the door to Tom Westman. I mean, largely because Sarit does not want to, um, but you know, if he had that relationship, you know, or if he had played on fans versus favorites, maybe that would have been a spot where he could have, you know, excelled. Same thing with sugar and Randy, um, sugar goes, goes out first probably for a number of reasons but from what we understand she doesn't have a pre-existing relationship from another game uh same thing with randy he's an older gentleman on the tribe so he's already got like hey let's get rid of you know the old guy type thing that that happens in pretty much all the seasons but in this season in particular who has a relationship with randy that's going to save him and on the on the flip side you have amanda and james who amanda is willing to take james as far as he can to the point where he can't even walk and she's like carry him on her back i'd love to see it (laughs) Right. It is like, okay, do y'all want to vote out James? She's like, well, I don't know. It's like, uh, he can't run. He can't, he can barely walk. He almost falls down the steps when he gets voted out. And Amanda's like, yeah, but I mean, it's James though. It's my guy. So I think in a way, some of these relationships do pan out. It's just not as um, heavy handed as it is in Winners at War. Mm, But it also has like the most unique trajectory, no swap, such a late merge where it makes these two pre-merges feel like two merges between the two tribes. Mm -hmm. And I think that that becomes a big thing. Like when you get to the merge, 
they they are so disparate. I mean, whatever's going on with poverty and Amanda, or even like Colby and Jerry, as we're talking about, like other things have happened. And I do think another big part of that is the theme. The theme works so well. And when I talk about broad strokes and narrative, this key theme, good versus evil, heroes versus villains, it works so well for so many reasons from a narrative perspective it was always interesting whether you're leaning into it like i'm not a good villain or whether candace isn't doing the hero thing or whether uh, sandra is a heroic villain it's always interesting the way that people go about it and as well like i think the cast really lent into it like we've talked before on podcasts about like the psychological aspect of themes and tribes and how i'm a healer or a hustler whatever but this was legit people came back like this is how i define myself as a survivor player and now a heroic survivor player. I thought there was great entertainment in how important that was to someone like Rupert and all this stuff about the villainy and like someone like Poverty leading into it. I thought that all of that works so well psychologically from an entertainment perspective. And I do think they get to this merge as like two battering rams who've been together for days and days and expecting this merge as good and evil. And that presents such an interesting dichotomy, the likes of which we rarely see on Survivor because it's so... Again, as I'll say through most of this podcast, it's so big. And and I don't know how they can get much bigger than that. Good versus evil. And, and you know what? Honestly, not to harp on this too much, but we started off this countdown with Island of the Idols yes. for a number of reasons. But a, a large part of that season is so convoluted. There's so many advantages, disadvantages, all this other stuff. You have to go over here. You have to learn a firemaker challenge. You have to infiltrate another tribe with your with the you know in the middle of the night. It's it's a mess. The tribes are swapping left and right. This is Survivor for dummies. Like this is like we have Damn, two yeah, tribes, one mm-hmm. good tribe, one evil tribe. We're gonna go down as far as we can and then we're gonna merge them there's no swaps there's no like you know vote steals and there's a ping there's none of that going on yeah. it's good it's evil and then it's merged and then it's a fight to the finish and i think that is how you get simple all the character build. yeah keep it simple stupid kiss it they trusted you know? the cast which is so rare mm-hmm. for survivor and and this is the cast to trust and i really feel like they were like we can just leave them in these tribe iterations the entire time and give them a theme and just have at it. And they were right. Like that was the right thing to do from a production standpoint. You know, uh, Shannon, that back last year, I think even before we started this countdown, uh, you and Mike and I talked about the, uh, the when the seasons dropped on Netflix, uh, of course, uh, so much uh, great stuff on uh, Netflix, Chappelle. Uh, but they put this season Kagian. It ended up being one and two on the countdown and we talked about was would this be a good season to start a new survivor fan on and i have to say after re-watching it i actually think it might be and yes it's gonna spoil the other seasons but i do think it's such a great jumping off point where that i think if you show a new survivor season like uh like and maybe there might be other better seasons to start with but this season just hits and hits and hits and i do think that then there's a curiosity of oh mm. well i do want to go see this person play in their first season because oh the, okay yeah Oh, now now I want to go back and see this person in their season. Yeah, and I guess rewatching it, like because those things are given to us in a more simplistic way, like there's not that much to really understand. Okay, Poverty and Amanda played before. Again, like they're not giving you like the extreme intricacies of that. Like it's definitely something you can understand. Of course, it is a phenomenal season. It's so funny. It's so so great. Anyone watching it for the first time would love it, would become a Survivor fan. That much is true. I just, I still feel, I maybe I trust people, like, just watch a bit more before because I do think you get way more out of it, obviously, if you've seen 
some of the other stuff, even some of the humor, like understanding the evolution of Colby, understanding the trajectory of someone like Jerry, just really getting this thing. And as fans, obviously we pick up on more of it. Like there was a highlights reel where like coach is telling his stories at the same time as Russell is hiding the machete. You're like, Oh, those are the greatest hits. And just as a fan, you pick up on that, you get more of it. But yes, anyone watching the season, whereas I think something like winners at war, you really need to be a fan. Like you'll get more out mm-hmm. of it as a fan, but it will kind of fall a little bit if you aren't, whereas something like this really does stand on its own, but even more so if you've watched the other seasons, it is just insanely epic. I mean, so, and it's so funny. Like, I, I can't believe like we're not talking about that as much. Like this is a hilarious season. I feel I've got a lot of notes and most of them are just quotes that are so funny. Yeah. Like we, we talk about like the, the Tyson and coach scene, my brother and I in pretty much every birthday card for years would be like some advice for the year ahead. You know, like, don't tell your stories. No one believes your stories. You know, oh. don't wear feathers in your hair at tribal. Yeah. I thought you were going to sign it off XOXO, your BFF. Yeah. yeah. That was literally what it was. Like, this season was so iconic. And it just, it really did for me. I don't know. I love Micronesia. And as people would know from possibly former podcasts, like, Australia changed the time and I thought it was cancelled. A lot of Australia thought it was cancelled. But then it came back with the Russell stuff. And then I was all in. I was all in mostly from this. And all in through the dark ages as well. Like it got dark after this. Like these are like some of the worst seasons coming up and it was like sustained through how much I just loved heroes versus villains and some of the characters that appear again through those next seasons. Like it was just a formational, you know, aspect in time for the show. Okay. Should we talk about uh, Sandra briefly before we uh, go back to the start? Uh, Chappelle on this uh, rewatch, how did Sandra uh, fare in your rewatch? Uh, I love Sandra. So for people who've been tracking my tweets and complaining about the seasons being too low, just let's be very clear. Pearl Islands is my favorite season. Um, I just love Sandra. I love the whole pirate theme, all that good stuff. But this is not better than Pearl Islands. Um, what did you but, rank it? Oh, uh, I, I rank Pearl Islands one all the time. But what did you rank this? Oh, this too. This is too. I rank this too. Yeah, after Winter. Yeah, yeah. This is after Pearl Islands. But I think a large like criticism people have is that you don't get enough Sandra, right? And I do think that's a problem with this season. I think that like because she's our winner and our first two-time winner, we really should be paying homage to the fact that this has never been done before, and that it comes from somebody who is probably one of the least expected people to come out of this season as the Mm -hmm. winner. She's already won before, which would put a target on her back, but she also didn't have a large profile coming into the season. It had been a long layoff. I think she'd had the longest layoff between between two seasons than anybody else on the cast. Mm -hmm. There were so many big names. People were even questioning, like, is Sandra even a villain? Uh, And so, like, for Sandra to come out and be the winner, yeah, I think this is a perfect opportunity to tell her story. I think the problem lies where you have these other huge, like, camera time hogs and coach. You have Boston Rob. You have Russell Hance. Like, you even have, like, Parvati on the other side. And these people are, the camera loves them. And so, by the nature of the game they were playing, Parvati was a threat from week, from episode one. Like, she was the person who everybody wanted out episode one. So you have to give her that. Russell was the new hotness, so they're going to give him that, especially because he goes so far into the game back-to-back. So Sandra's story does get lost there. But I love Sandra so much in this season. I love that she wins. I am not one of those people who says that she wins because of a bitter jury. I just don't perceive that. I see that there were other things and other ways that Parvati could have won this game if she did 
some things differently. And I think that Sandra won because of her relationships with the people who were on the jury. And I think that that's an underrated part of Survivor. People get into the strategy so much. They get into um, like the idol finding and they get into the competitions. But ultimately, people have to want to give you money. And a lot of a lot of way you do that is just saying, hey, you like me better than I'm the people I'm sitting next to. And I think Sandra does that really well here. Um, Parvati and Russell don't do great to make cases for themselves, but Sandra does. And when she comes out victorious for me, this is a good season. If Parvati had won, it'd be a good season, too. Mm-hmm. Um, if Russell had won, probably not. But <laughs> from, yeah, it just, just, from happen. Sto- just from a storytelling perspective. I think these two people, Parvati and Sandra, more importantly, could have gotten more, you know, to tell her story uh, because it does make it a satisfying win for me. Like, I sometimes I question, you know, like, what would have happened had Jerry made it to the end? Could Jerry have won? Blah, blah, blah. Mm-hmm. But I still think it's more satisfying to see Sandra be the one to come out for this just because she wa- she wanted Russell out so bad that she finally got the revenge that she was begging for for weeks. Like, it's just... It's just perfect. You give give her what she deserves. Give her the crown. She's the queen at this point in Survivor history. Yeah, and as far as uh, Sandra not getting her due, Shannon, I do feel like that uh, the show really follows uh, Parvati's chase yeah. for her second title a lot more than they follow uh, Sandra, where it's to the point where I, I do think that we lose Sandra for uh, a couple of votes in uh, the, towards like uh, the back half of the merge, uh, specifically in the double episode. Episode, I feel like that we uh, really don't get too much Sandra in terms of like uh, voting out Candace and especially on the Danielle vote, uh, which was like a really pivotal vote. Uh, we really don't know where Sandra stands and all of that. Ultimately, uh, she's going to uh, be voting with uh, Danielle and Parvati there, but we don't really hear from her. Yeah, I mean, I was looking at the confessional chart last night and I was shocked that it was as uneven as it is. Sandra doesn't get a confessional for six episodes in the pre-merge or something in a row, which is wild for a winner. And in general, don't do that. Um, Courtney gets four confessionals, which is pretty well known. Even like Danielle gets eight for the whole time that she's there. But I do think for everyone, like, I do think their presence was felt beyond the confessional chart, maybe coming from Australian Survivor, which is more confessional based, but there was a lot mm-hmm. of camp life. Maybe it is in the fact that it is these broad strokes. You kind of understand where everyone fits through it because it's in these like big groups and big dynamics. And also maybe just because they have so much presence, like, okay, we, we missed Sandra for a while and you do feel it. But when she's there, like, you really feel that right. presence as well because everything she says is so entertaining. Same with Courtney, like it's four confessionals, but like you, she has iconic moments on the season, like you feel her. So I do think it's a myth in terms of, the editing of Sandra, I don't know if they knew how to tell the story of that game as well, even though when she makes the iconic moves, things like the coach vote, like they give her a lot of credit as she deserves in the edits of that. But it is a difficult one. I mean, Parvati plays an amazing game. She probably would be the cheesy winner, you know, thinking and looking back. Like when I was 17 and I watched the season, I think I've said this on a podcast before, like I did message Jeff on MySpace and I was like, you know, if you could just help the jurors pick poverty as a winner instead, I'd really appreciate it. Um, you know, if you could just remind the jurors like that, you know, it's, it's a game and it, which is funny. Cause I have now spent like a whole career just mm-hmm. like criticizing Jeff for changing the game to get the winners he wants. And I was like, could you change the game please to get the winner I want? Could you just remind the jury as like more of a mediator that they should vote for poverty. And then I asked them to check out my music on MySpace. I don't even know why it was MySpace. It was 2010. Like that's mm-hmm. not a MySpace time. That's something. Why that did I you did. want Jeff Probst to check out your music? What do you might like my music? 
Yeah. And we don't even have a machete. You know, like, so. Like, this well, is- like, what, once we were, like, talking on MySpace, I thought, like, if he's going to read the message, yeah. might as well, like, once I have his ear, I was like, also this. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, like, did, was it there. like, uh, like, you better be ready. Like, you wanted to, no. him to use it on the show? Or you just thought he would like I, it? I just thought, like, if Jeff Probst could hear my music, that would be a big thing for me. Um, but I remember the, the letter still. I was, like, incensed. Like, as a, as a casual teenager war-on woman... I was incensed that poverty had not won. I um, I was a casual. I was stupid. Uh, and I still think she would be a phenomenal winner. Like, I do think she's the best player yeah. of the season. That merge vote is unlike anything else. But obviously, in time, as I grew up and became a smarter person, I obviously see the extreme credit in Sandra's game as well. And obviously, I wouldn't, I wouldn't message Jeff on MySpace again. I just tweeted him now, mm-hmm. which is which is much better. So mm-hmm. we'll talk through the games because yeah. these finalists all have extreme pros and cons. So and so it's been about. very fun for me because in these uh, last couple of weeks, I, I've watched Sandra win in the Pearl Islands. I've watched Poverty win in uh, he, uh, Micronesia. So I've gotten to see uh, you know both of their winning games uh, pretty up close and personal. And I have to say that Poverty in this game is better than Parvati yeah. in Micronesia. Par- Parvati in a losing effort is yeah. a more capable yeah. player than she is in her winning game in Micronesia. This is probably oh, yeah. the best losing game of all time. Sorry, Rob. I know that you're in, you're in the top five, but like Parvati... No, no offense taken. Like, uh, no, because you are the competition. I, I, I understand that. But Parvati in this season is just a force of nature. There is no more important move in survivor history than that merge move and it's so individual as well like Mm -hmm. some things that russell says i'm like do you think you did this like your read was so wrong on the merge it's one of his biggest probably blind spots through the entire game is that merge vote only she knows what's going on i'm sure we'll talk through the intricacies of that but again Mm -hmm. it's it's memorable because you you know it's not based on the little details but like every single little thing that she is putting in place is unbelievable that conversation that she's having with amanda that iconic read that's all her. Like that's all her pure strategy. She is just, yeah. Ugh, she's incredible in this season. Like it's it holds up. It really does. Okay. Well, and I don't want to take anything from Parvati at all because I mean the things that she does in this season are phenomenal, and she doesn't even know it in the moment. Like it's just like eight nine episodes in before she goes, "Am I am I the biggest threat here?" You know, I she's kidding. <laughs> yeah. Well, I know. I think she finally realizes. Like, wait. Oh, I'm the one who knocks, you know, and um, because for the first few episodes, you're like, why does everybody want me out? I haven't even done anything yet. Mm-hmm. Like, I, nobody wants to play with me. She gets to the merge and she's about to cry because no one will talk to her. So it's not like poverty is coming in, smelling her stuff, knowing like I am the big bad wolf here. Um, But I think when she gets to the merge, she takes her foot off the gas when it comes to relationship building. I think a large part of her merge, you know, the merge game is hey, we, you know, you use these idols to get through the next round. We have the upper hand on the villain, I mean, on the heroes. And now I'm not really going to talk to them that much. Um, We see that she doesn't really get any of, she doesn't get any of the heroes votes at all. And I don't know if that's because, oh, the heroes were in lockstep with Sandra trying to get rid of Russell and she just didn't manage to get Russell out. Or if it's just because poverty sometimes can kind of be a little biting. We, We see a lot of her commentary toward other people and we even hear their commentary toward her. And it's not like, um, like poverty won them over. Poverty very clearly won over Coach 
and Jerry throughout the season. And I'm not sure if she wins over anybody else. I think everybody else still would be willing to vote for someone else instead of Parvati, um, just based off of the social game. So even though she's mm-hmm. charming, you can tell when somebody is just using you or playing you or talking to you just because they have to. And I think she might that might be where she actually loses mm-hmm. the game, uh, despite her phenomenal ability and all the other aspects of the game. Mm-hmm. Yeah, uh, I think that Parvati is a player that uh, she has like the ability to charm anyone but she doesn't always want to like uh like when she wants to she, when she decides okay i'm gonna put this person under my spell like she can she can turn it on and build like uh, an incredible army and we see her do it in micronesia and we see her do it uh here with the people that she wants to bring in um but she doesn't always feel like doing it and uh it can get a little a li- little bit with the people that she doesn't care about so just sort of like uh forgetting about them and not being interested in trying to win them over yeah i mean there's always been rumors that she and russell would like openly read the letter at camp at the merge and mock it i don't know like how true those things are but i think possibly it comes in with the mentality that she comes in with the merge which is again heroes versus villains it's like big war it's adversarial it's not as social for sandra it's fine because she's a non-villain villain she's a hero she can make those relationships whereas for poverty, like she comes in and she she makes the attack, like she wins that battle at the merge. It probably feels a little bit too disparate for her to then like be socializing as much. Like the interesting relationships I felt that evolved almost in the background was like her and Jerry, where like the last thing we explicitly hear is that like they don't like each other in the pre-merge, and then they're aligned, we'll see through Russell, and then they're really close. Um, mm. and then her and Sandra as well, like where they have that relationship. Is it like is it just that she played the idols on them? Was that like a really big thing? We never get a confessional being like I'm really all in on poverty now from like either of those two women or vice versa. So I feel like that was kind of happening in the background, but I feel like she kind of saw a gap with the heroes, especially coming in and being like the big bad wolf and no one was talking to her. And she's like, I feel so on the out. She seems like upset by it. So I just think it was like too far away. But for me watching it now is interesting because it's the first time I've watched it being older than poverty. And it, it is a strange one for me because she's like this young women she's younger than me like you know and like i feel like i'm like wow you came in there and like you were as Chappelle says the one who knocks and against boston rob with russell with these veterans of the game i know she's a winner but to come in there as what was like i think like a 26 year old woman and be pulling this i don't know it's just unbelievable to me but i'm sure we'll talk about it all in detail yeah uh there's a lot there's a lot to talk about okay the table is set here at the Outback restaurant for us to feast on heroes versus villains. And no Outback, Chappelle? Uh, I mean, they're, Sandra, I love yeah, you. I guess yeah, they're, they're a better steakhouse. Sure, we, we covered this in heroes versus healers versus hustlers, I'm sure. I'm sure. I'm so sure long it's come up. Mm-hmm. I think in, was it Island of the Idols where they, they started crying about Applebee's? Yeah. Oh my gosh. Uh, Rob, we've come so far. Mm-hmm. <laughs> All right. So. We'll talk about it all. We're going to take a quick break here on the podcast. When we come back, we will talk through uh, the premiere, legendary premiere of Survivor Heroes vs. Villains. We'll be right back talking more about the number one Survivor season of all time. That's Survivor Heroes vs. Villains. But first, a word from our friends over at Linen. Have you ever wondered if you could pull off just wearing your entire comforter all day. Uh, well, maybe uh, if you were headed off to the Met Gala, maybe uh, that would be a, an acceptable outfit that you could wear. But for the rest of us, uh, probably 
not socially acceptable to wear a comforter as your clothes, but with Brook Linen Loungewear, finally, your comfort dreams have come true. While you'll probably uh, still need to get out of the bed, you'll bring ridiculously soft fabrics uh, that Brook Linen always finds into your real life, too, because their loungewear is almost unreal. You'll look like a human, even if you're vegging in your mind, you know, Brooklinen, uh, they have been listening to what everybody needs most, and they responded with ultra-comfy loungewear at a fair price. Uh, that's the real hero. The loungewear has classic cuts and no zippers for limitless comfort that you could pull off in real life, so you can luxuriate in coziness all day. Plus, Brooklinen offers bundle deals on loungewear so you can get more comfort for less money. And if you're looking for ways to enhance your comfort, check out Brooklinen's candles, eye masks, and accessories to properly celebrate your chill. There's a reason that Brooklinen has over 75,000 five-star reviews and counting. Brooklinen sent me out some loungewear to try out. I got some great Brooklinen sweatpants and a Brooklinen tee. Uh, super comfortable, just like the Brooklinen sheets that we love on the bed. So go on and get comfortable and get it for less at Brooklinen. Go to brooklinen.com. Use promo code ROB to get $20 off with a minimum price purchase of $100. That's B-R-O-O-K-L-I-N-E-N.com. And enter promo code ROB for $20 off with a minimum purchase of $100. That's brooklinen.com. Promo code ROB. Now let's get back to Survivor Heroes versus Villains. All right. The premiere of Survivor Heroes versus Villains, a two-hour premiere. Shannon, I do believe that this is uh, Survivor history and uh, perhaps maybe uh, that in about eight days uh, we'll see that it's not the only time that they do this, but a two-hour premiere for one vote. Yeah, you feel like you have a lot of time with the players, for, especially at the beginning for, I think, a few reasons. Like Again, especially coming right off the back of Winners at War. And I will say, like as I say, I ranked the second, but Winners of War, as I said on that podcast, means a lot to me. It was my subjective personal favorite. I do probably back this as the like objective best number one. Um, but I do think for like Winners of War, it feels one of the, the criticisms was like it feels very rushed. And obviously they have to bring two people back from the edge and then vote two more people out because they came back from the edge. This was like we have time. We have a two hour premiere. Those first couple of votes, like there's a revote from there. It's on. Mm-hmm. But before that, they're kind of slower votes. Um, we kind of get, you know get the dynamics and we can really spend time with the characters without it being like so complicated from the get go. Again, we just get the epic moments and like those opening confessionals. I, f- I feel like I could probably quote every single one to you off the back. Like they What's are your iconic confessional. <sighs> I'll lie. I don't care, but I'll make up a good lie. Like, yes. I don't know how you can go <laughs> on the helicopter that. on the helicopter flying in. Yeah. 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 And like, coaching that uh russell google it you know I, these iconic mm-hmm. and you know what i love as well when they close in on the items of clothing you get the hat you get the tie-dye you know and then you get i think probably colby's like cowboy hat whatever it is it's like oh you know these players and we didn't have to show you their face like it's literally from items of clothing and that's how you know it's going to be like so iconic from the get-go mm-hmm. yeah some of the opening confessionals are so good. I mean, even with the Sari, you know, like people think they know me, but they don't know me. I'm a gangster in an Oprah suit. Mm-hmm. I'm not like a mean gangster. I'm a nice gangster with a smile. And I, that resonates with me. I love Sari. Mm-hmm. Um, we're going to have a um, great Matt chat uh, 
uh, with the Survivor players. I was really surprised how long uh, this went on and on, Chappelle. And uh, we get some, uh, like, uh, I mean, we get similarly in Winners at War, uh, we get a a long time on the mat with the players. But, I mean, uh, everybody's up for, like, uh, chirping. Yeah, it's kind of like, okay, well, poverty, look at you. You're here. You're a villain. You you ran the villains alliance, the women's alliance. And she's like, what? Me? And then what? they cut to Amanda and Sari. And it's Sari? like, of course you're a villain. You you ran the most notorious group of women, which is like, did she? I mean, I think Sari was right. like, hmm. and then it's like, of course you're a villain because of the women's alliance. It's like, but the two other people in that alliance are heroes. So there's those like yeah. little details off the bat that I'm like, yeah, this is fun. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. And I think they have another like there's they're talking about like perspective, right? Like um Rob and Russell are automatically called out like as villains. But Rob is like, hey, it just depends on where you're standing. Because for him in his season, we're his wife and their their child that we find out about at the finale is like, yeah, he's the hero of that story. You know, maybe to Jerry, we'll find out later that he, uh, he you know he's definitely a villain there. Uh, yeah, but villain, in Mark cases, yeah. yeah, but in Mark cases, I wouldn't say that he was a villain. You know, and then for Russell well, Hans, a hero. Yeah, well, he was just there. Uh, but for Russell Hans, he. I mean, you correct me on the timeline here, but he does not know that he lost Samoa at this point, unless the producers just leaned over and told him. <laughs> no. Um, yeah. So for him. Why? I mean, yeah, I'm a villain, but at least I was effective and I won. Mm-hmm. Question mark. So you know, it really just depends on where you're standing. A lot of these um, players will go through that transformation and have those questions asked. Like we'll hear Danielle, like I'm just not a good villain, and Jerry saying the same thing, Coach saying the same thing. So yeah, a villain is in the eye of the beholder. We find out on the the mat chat. Okay. We have an epic first challenge here. Now, we'll do this again in uh, Winners at War, Shannon. Uh, but here, I mean, this is a really uh, brutal opening challenge here. I mean, we're going to see Stephanie's uh, shoulder popped out of the socket and Rupert is going to break his toe. Also, wild, uh, we have like uh, men versus women wrestling also. It's the theming. It's the villains theming where they're like, break his leg. And they like literally like the whole time. And then the heroes have to like come up against it to try and beat evil. So it's like for both of them, like this challenge, obviously, you could ask most Survivor fans, like again, even fans like us who don't really care as much about challenges, like by and large, you know, Steph's shoulder, Rupert's toe, mm-hmm. Sandra undoing Sugar's top. These are like, so, like some of the most well-known challenge moments in Survivor history. Like Jeff is loving how brutal it is even though it's like taking people out of the game possibly and then they just pop it right back in and yeah i mean again as a non-challenge person it was like an epic epic thing i think it's just because they drive up the whole villains idea Mm-hmm. yeah and and this is another reason why you don't need a lot of confessionals from someone like courtney because yelling break her shoulder is so iconic because then they break her shoulder like yeah. break her shoulder oops i'm sorry there was uh, steph what's wrong with your shoulder i was like oh god mm-hmm. <laughs> you know um so that's fun um i mean obviously not getting your, your shoulder popped out of its socket or whatever is not fun but you know just those little those little moments courtney and sandra do a really good job of making themselves uh the their presence felt throughout the season in just really funny ways and we experienced that here in this challenge as well um but Shannon said earlier, like you get the greatest hits from a lot of these players. 
Stephanie to this point is like the toughest woman who ever plays about blah, 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 blah. Like people forget all about Guatemala. It doesn't exist in their heads. But we look back at Palau and just think about how romantic, you know, just how she made it to the last. <laughs> That's what Jay said. The last one standing. Hell, how romantic. She's cursed. But she was the strongest woman that ever existed in, in life, you know, from survivor standpoint. And so when you have a Stephanie, she doesn't go out of the game because her shoulder was popped out you pop it back in and you send stephanie to go do stephanie things and she does exactly what we expect from her so that's just why this season works yeah yeah the heroes are going to win uh the reward here i guess the one highlight for the villains is uh when coach uh frog marches colby back and shannon this would be a harbinger of what's to come for colby all season long yeah, I mean, I think you guys did a lot of amazing work on the Colby stuff in the evolution of strategy, but the Colby storyline is like truly one of the funniest threads I feel probably in Survivor history. I mean, we'll talk about it at the time, but some of these moments, I put one on Twitter about him sitting out of a challenge to come. And like the fact that he is like so aware of it and they keep talking about it, and he'll like have conversations with other people about how much he sucks at these challenges. Like he gets his moments, but. It is just such a beautiful narrative for Colby that starts right off the bat, like to lose to Coach. And it does become interesting because then like Coach ends up having like a kind of romance with Jerry. It's like the Dragon Slayer and the Black Widow. And it used to be like Colby and Jerry, not a romance, but a flirt man. And like obviously all the dynamics in that. And now it's like Coach is, is frog marching you. Like Coach, Coach. And then he's gonna be with Jerry and like, I think that maybe says a lot about where everyone is at from where they used to be. And wow. that's maybe what I'll say about that. Chappelle, you and I covered Survivor, the Australian Outback. Uh, what a difference, right, between uh, the Colby of season two and the Colby of season 20? Honestly, I don't think it was that much of a difference. I think that, you know, in the Australian Outback, we talked about Kobe's competition uh, being Tina, who is really good in challenges, but she's not probably as strong as Mm -hmm. Kobe or as fast as Kobe. Um, Also, you had like Jerry he was competing up against. Uh, Yeah, Keith. Um, And I think Keith was probably his biggest competition throughout the, you know, uh, the season uh, after the merge, at least. And so I... I think that these challenges were suitable to Kobe probably back when he played the first time. Mm -hmm. And as you get older, there are certain things that younger and more spry individuals will be good at. Um, But also, this is the beginning of the game. And this is not like, you know, an archery challenge, right? Like this is like, go out there and wrestle this person who might be five years younger than you or 20 pounds heavier than you. Um, James is there, you know, as well. Like, you know, for anybody who wants to play survivor, you could go up against James at one point. Like, just think about that. And so like, for Kobe, you know, he just ran into a couple roadblocks. I do like the Tyson quote that comes from this. Wasn't it just like, uh, like Kobe, uh, might as well just go be a woman now because, and I was like, Tyson, you can't say that, but also it's Tyson. So he can, um, but he just basically says like, you lost the coach. So, you know, hang it up. You mm-hmm. know what, you know, have you considered changing your pronouns? And it's such a silly quote, but it does show that even in the beginning of the game, people are looking at Kobe like, Hmm, I don't know. You don't seem to be the Kobe of yesteryear. Mm-hmm. And so um, it's, it's fun to watch. I will say that if you really, really look at it, maybe with a kinder eye, Kobe doesn't do that poorly in a lot of the challenges. It's just some of the spots where he chooses to kind of speak up or speak or, or sit out in the challenges that really make me raise my eyebrow. I'm like, 
Kobe, what are you doing here? Um, yeah. So, yeah, I'm excited to get to those moments. Just generally, uh, he appears to have, like, no fight whatsoever. And the things that he is sort of, like, chippy about are, like, really stupid things. Uh, like, uh, like you get, you get, like, nasty with Candace or not wanting to eat the chocolate. It's the best yeah. moment. That chocolate moment. I know we're jumping ahead, but it is honestly one of the like, This is what you get worked up about? I just want to get to the challenge and then he sits out. I'm sure we'll get to it. That that episode is hilarious. But it's, it's the whole package of Colby. Like, it's not just a challenge thing. Yes, he does lay down his torch two times. When he actually goes home, he's like, going home. And then the James boot, he's like, going home. It's like, but you aren't and you won't. So just like, mm-hmm. there has to be fight against a man who, who has a broken leg. And it, it, it's like, even in this premiere, again, a lot of great work on this in, in the evolution of strategy. But like, how hilariously unprepared he is for this game. Like, just a quick wiki search, Colby, would have... Helped you out. There are some people that you probably could have assumed would be on the season. Just watch Micronesia. Like the fans, just watch Micronesia. And that conversation with Candace where he's like, do you know these people? And she's like, I've watched, you know, like, I don't know them, but I know them. He's like, I don't know anyone. It's like, mm-hmm. you didn't even watch in Sequesta. Like, just watch Micronesia. Yeah. Colby, like, doesn't <laughs> know it's anything. 2009. I'm not sure, like, what the DVD situation is. You could get for- a DVD if you wanted a DVD. <laughs> I don't totally. know. If they were DVDs in 2009. They had it, but yeah. did they have all the seasons on DVD at that point? Like, I'm not sure necessarily what had been released. Yeah, he could find he could find a torrent of Micronesia. He could. Well, that's four players. Mm-hmm. That's going to be important. Yeah. So, like, I guess if you're saying, is this a season that can stand on its own for new fans? Like, Colby played it and he hadn't seen anything. So, if he can do it, I guess new fans really could enjoy it and get <laughs> something out of it. Like, he makes it to the final five. He never saw another season. Yeah, other than the ones he played. Yeah, and it's not like Kobe was some dominating force in the team challenges in Australia where they just ran the table and like had this huge. Ogre Corps had some issues. Yeah, they they had issues in the team challenges in general as well, and so this was no different. When he got to the the individual immunity challenges, I just don't think they were you know suitable to his strengths. Like stand up on this little tiny thing. Well, I have big feet and I'm a huge guy. Yeah, I'm probably gonna lose this. You will say something about elephants climbing trees, and it. I mean, look at Kobe and all these little stand up on 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 things challenges. Uh, climb this pole and stand there. Mm-hmm. I'm not great at that. Balance these dishes. Kobe's like, give me a foot race, yeah. please. Let me jump over something. He, he uh, actually was out early in the challenge in Australia of just like standing on. The the uh the logs at the merge she's like uh, i'm gonna exactly. go exactly yeah i'm gonna take a yeah, sit out like, of this one it, it's probably underreported that you know kobe wasn't as bad as he felt about but, his or as good as he mm-hmm. remembered but, yeah. yeah definitely not as good yeah. yeah yeah and you, and you know what rob this season does a lot of that too this season definitely will make you look at the past players games with a closer eye because i don't think before heroes versus villains or maybe samoa was there really these deep cut conversations about who should have actually won, right? Because, like, in this season, you have, like, oh, what should have been Parvati? Maybe it should have been Russell. Probably Boston Rob. That was, like, maybe the one, yeah. And that's what, um, what is, that was season eight? And so, like, there's a big jump between the last time you have to actually debate, like, oh, this person won for these reasons. So you start to look at these people's games a lot closer. You say, well, was Kobe actually that good in challenges mm-hmm. or was he robbed or should Tina have actually won? And Rob, when we talked about Australia, I told you, I, I think Tina, it was obvious Tina was going to win. And Kobe kept saying it episode after episode. If I go to with the end with Tina, I'm going to lose. And he did lose. And so for seasons like this, you go and look back at somebody like JT's game and say, 
why did he win token cheats? <laughs> like, what happened here? Must have gone Is up JT against just, somebody who really stunk. I mean, the most, no, I'm kidding. But, you know, seriously, like, you have to look back and say, like, okay, maybe Survivor isn't just this results-oriented game where mm-hmm. this person wins, and so they're the best player all the time. Maybe certain circumstances uh, make the game more suitable to certain people at different times. And so I really enjoyed that, and I'm, I'm sorry that it had to come at the expense of Colby in a lot of ways. Mm-hmm. Well, this season also, just to speak to what you're talking about, uh, like I was very fortunate to be in the right place at the right time. This is also the first season that we had uh, done Rob as a podcast. So that I feel like that this season. was the right yeah. place to at least uh, begin having that uh, sort of a discourse about like uh, who should win and the moves that were made. So uh, that was uh, like one of the very fortunate things uh, for me in particular. But Let's uh, talk through these two tribes. I ask, let, why don't we just talk about the heroes tribe and talk about Sugar going home, and then we could uh, bring in the villains and talk about a little bit more about what's uh, going on with them. But uh, the heroes tribe, uh, they are going to be very heroic in terms of uh, what's presented in the edit with that uh, they're going to build up their shelter. Uh, we don't really get uh, too much like alliance talk early on from the heroes, right? Yeah, I feel like the biggest strategic component that we get is like the Tom and Suri are mirror images. They like respect each other, but they neither of them really wants to go with like an easy vote like Sugar, which is definitely like an easy, again, like simple vote, but we can focus more on the characters because it's not like complicated strategy happening. And they don't see the point in that. And they prove they're proving each other right by having the same idea that like they are each other's biggest strategic threat. So for me, that's definitely the most interesting thing about the hero's early strategy. And then also just like like Serena Amanda's like an interesting one where like the whole time they're trying to kind of pull them apart. And I'm like, she, she even says like Amanda's reason out of a million dollars, but it's like, they were so close through the whole game. So like that connection to me was always like, I was a little not confused about, but just like, where, where does it sit? How close would they have been if Serena wasn't taken out early? Um, and we never really even see when she goes like why Tom and Serena back down from from targeting each other early but it is like a big physical emphasis at the tribal council so it just becomes like a pretty easy vote for such an iconic season Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. and i'd say that jp and um probably rupert step into the leadership roles on this tribe and we know their their whole thing is we got to keep the tribe strong we don't like to lose challenges so if you say that JT and Rupert don't have any pre-existing relationship on their tribe, so they're going to be aligned. They'll probably grab the other big guy and Colby. Um, so those three people are aligned. You got Amanda, James, and Sari, who've all played together before. So that'll be an alliance. You got Tom and Stephanie that are automatically aligned, and then you got uh, Sugar on the outside. So you don't really have to get into the weeds of how Sugar ends up going home, because yeah. I mean, who is she going to play with? Uh, but I do agree that for a second, they do make it look like Sari and Tom are like, let's just go ahead and nip this in the bud. Uh, uh, but I, I think you don't get a lot of traction on that because ultimately you still want to win challenges. And if Sari gets her way and they lose Tom Westman in the first challenge, I just don't see them winning a lot of other challenges. Um, so, yeah, I think this is one of those moments where, yeah, Sugar goes home first, but they didn't have a lot of other options for a first boot. Mm-hmm. They also have that whole, like, Sugar Colby nighttime flirting where he's, like, incensed, which, again, is, like, it used to be Jerry and Colby, like the like iconic early pair, and now Colby and Sugar and like Jerry and Coach. How did we get here? How are these the the flirt masses that are happening? It's just Survivor's gone in a strange place. That that's that's the thing. But he's really mad about that. So it's like another hilarious Colby 
Colby moment. Colby's like indignant this entire season. It's just like even Jeff says at the reunion, he's like, just didn't seem like you were having fun. And uh, frankly, Jeff, I, I, I had more fun watching the season. <laughs> like, okay. It, it's a it's fun, fun season. Huge if true. Yeah. yeah. Okay. I enjoy watching Colby not have fun for some <laughs> reason. It's just like he's so, it's just like in a bad mood. It's just like, just so lovable. You're like, it's okay, Colby. It's fine. Mm-hmm. But he's just like, no, I have a good time with it. So yeah, that's another little part to it is that Sugar's trying to flirt with Colby and he's not into it. And then she goes, home. okay. And Colby is not anybody's Hershey bar. We heard this in Australia. Like, no I, it's bar. like, he doesn't even want to eat Hershey bars. Maybe a lot of things. Right. He, he's like this attractive guy who is a physical specimen and the people love him and people are naming their kids after him. But one thing that never changes is Kobe's like, stop, like, stop, uh, like objectifying me. I don't want to be cuddled with. I want to be a show. Yeah. He doesn't want to do that. And it's like sugar missed the memo. Did she not watch Australia? You know, mm-hmm. Australian Outback. She missed Kobe barely watched the Australian Outback. Mm-hmm. That's true. Yeah. That is true. Is there anything else that we want to highlight here from the first three days of the heroes that we have uh, so so many iconic uh, moments to get to? But I don't know if the heroes have too many on the way to their first vote. Yeah, it's, um, it's not a lot. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, Sugar yelling, punch him, punch him when uh, JT is wrestling with Randy is very funny to me mm-hmm. um, because of the relationship that they had prior, obviously. Um, you know... Um, Sari talking about Sandra uh, ripping off Sugar's top is pretty uh, entertaining because you know like when people are like is Sandra a villain like oh yeah definitely a villain Um, but no the heroes basically they lose this challenge and then it's just like okay they're gonna do a lot of commentary about the villains moving forward Mm -hmm. Um, yeah I mean I think there was a cool parts with with Tom Westman um, trying to catch the chicken this is the guy who you know fought the shark you know so you know, there's a lot of cool little callbacks, but not a lot of like groundbreaking strategy or anything of that nature coming from the, the heroes. OK, well, let's bring the villains into this, because I think that that is where a, a lot of the fun in this pre-merge is going to come from. And we're going to see uh, Russell like uh, hit the beach running and he is going to uh, right out the gate, uh, be ready to go and bring in. Danielle and Parvati and uh, Shannon, really a carbon copy of uh, how Russell gets started in Survivor Samoa. Sorry, I also just thought of something. One thing from the heroes is that like JT becoming more of the villainous hero early mm-hmm. is like the thread happening for what's going to be his pre-merge game. That's one thing from the heroes. But yes, more the villains. Um, yeah, it is like Russell doing the Russell thing, the dumbass girls alliance. Like, there are no dumbass girls in this. It is literally an all-star season. Like you're getting winners in as like your stupid girls. I mean, that's not what that is, but I do think like there's so much fun stuff already on this villains tribe. This like iconic, iconic villains tribe. That whole thing of them, like climbing the tree yeah. uh, is hilarious. Like Sandra's yelling, like get your ass up that tree when they're saying no one should do it. That's like the survivor equivalent of do a flip when like, instead of telling someone <laughs> not to jump. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then, you know, with the bet, obviously, like, I wish we Boston got more Bob. of this in the edit because a lot of what we miss from Sandra when she's not getting confessionals is her relationship with Boston Rob and her kind of being part of Rob's people, which is so much of her early game. We see it here. We see that dynamic here. And then it goes missing for a bit. So I was just like lapping up all of the content we were getting about that. Mm-hmm. And and people people pick on uh, Russell for his like, you know, typical, let me go find my dumb ass girls. You know, that, you know, we, we give him a hard time for that. But let's be very clear. Uh, Russell was the runner up in his first season. He went and found 
a winner of a previous season of Survivor and a runner-up to be his like tight three alliance. And that's kind of what Boston Rob did too. Uh, he was the runner-up of his season. He went and grabbed his runner-up in uh, Courtney, and he went and found his winner in Zandra. So, look, Boston Rob gets a lot of hero worship in the Survivor community, and I think a lot of it is warranted. But let's be very clear. He's not doing a lot that Russell also is not doing well, here. It just looks a lot shinier coming from Boston Rob. No, well, he's not calling them dumbasses. I don't know that Russell does on the yeah, season two, but, it's, season, it, but, it, it, but it's the way that he's approaching it. Like, you know, like the way that he talks to poverty like grab onto my coattails and she's like i don't ride coattails baby like who do you think these people are like i know boston rob is leading something definitely like in a tribe mentality but he's not looking down on sandra you can even see the relationship that they have with that dynamic and making the bet like that friendly relationship with courtney like it's it's a different way to lead your people yeah bringing them in it's part of a family it's part of a group it's not just like you you are lesser than me, and I and I well, carry you like no. So that uh, that he does seem to be respectful of uh, some of his compatriots here, but he also certainly has his uh, fair share of uh, smack talk for other competitors uh, across his season. But not yeah. like but these allies, I think he feels mm-hmm. there's respect. He, mm-hmm. he has respect for Sandra. Like I I believe that. Yeah. Mm-hmm. No, I, I do. I do think this is probably two two different sides of the same coin, right? Like Boston Rob, there's a there's a few moments in this season where Boston Rob literally looks at Russell and like, do you think this is how you play Survivor? Because he's so confused by the way Russell is talking mm-hmm. to people, the way he's handling people, the You'd way he's be being amazed like, at how this approach works sometimes. And, and Rob's like, no, I tried that approach Lovely and I mission. lost. Like, I'm shocked that you won and then come to find out he did not. Um, <laughs> That's like but, the best running thread. Bro, yeah, right. Russell, like, losing these back-to-back is... It's so it's perfect. Just, yeah, it's such a fun part of the season. Yeah, for sure. but he he's definitely more respectful to his alliance. I just thought it was so funny to see that, like, they basically had the same strategy and then just, to, you know, my Rob had Tyson and I think, you know, Russell's ideal situation would be somehow to scoop up coach in that moment. But, I mean, for the most part, they were doing the same thing. He just, you know, mm-hmm. missed the cut just a little bit. Boston Rob uh, does get a lot of uh, airtime and it really does get like uh, the golden edit here uh, in this uh, season of the show, even in the previously ons, uh, maybe like <laughs> most notably, it's like uh, Boston Rob was working hard and doing everything right for his tribe, but not everybody. Yeah, it's, like, it's so over the top, Shannon. And then even when he goes home, like when we'll get there, there's like the, the previously on Jeff's like, those silly people rooted out, Boston Rob. And then even at the tribal council, he's like, what did you do? You know, like mm-hmm. Jeff is very much on the train and he's like, it's just such an interesting thing from Boston Rob coming and being the like younger villain when he met Amber, like now in like a different life phase over 10, over 10 seasons later, was it like six years later? Anyway, he comes back and it's not really that villainy. Like it is just a big group, like, He's quite heroic. It's kind of the opposite of the JT thing. Like, even when Jerry is flipping, he's like, you do, like, what you want to do. Like, I know he's trying to guilt her, but it's so different to the way that Russell would be like, you do that, you're next. You know, Russell's pure intimidation. Like, I think Rob makes, like, a nice, social, tribal-first, working-hard group 
Like, yes. I think he's doing productive and constructive things in these seasons. I don't think yeah. he was a villain in the season. To be fair, like I, I do think that is like sort of like the core of his game. And I think it's even there from All Stars where, you know, when uh, like a present company excluded, uh, like I, does th- I do think he wants to build like a big core in his tribe and like have unity uh, and have like a like a strong core group where I do think that Russell is a little bit more about like a tighter like three or four being uh like i think that russell is not really about having like a harmonious like big group heading into the merge no russell loves like getting a tiny group and just like eviscerating the majority that's his thing right that's Mm -hmm. how he does it every single time but i think like boston rob in the season again it's that weird structure of the edit where like he doesn't even make the jury but he's such a huge part of the season because the pre-merge is just takes up so much of the season and so much of the early game is rob versus russell and it's such a fascinating one of probably the most fascinating pre-merge mm-hmm. dynamics that we've ever had on the show but so i mean i i love boston rob as well um, from an entertainment perspective in the season i feel he really brings it he's about to you know, pass out and, and mm-hmm. stuff. There's a lot of good He's stuff. He's go- going to overdo it. The weather is going to turn and Chappelle. Boston Rob, but he's just, he's work. He's working too hard and uh, ends up just passing out. Oh, that poor child. He's just doing it all. Putting the top, putting the tribe literally on his back. You know, um, the, the edit is kind to Boston Rob, but I'll also say that the players he's playing with have a lot of respect for him and when the way they talk about him, which is why the edit works. Like Rob is like, Hey, these are lazy bums. And this is like, I'm on a bozo tribe, blah, 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 blah. And the bozos are like, yep, this is the bozo tribe. Good thing we have Boston Rob here. I don't know what we do without him. So it would be very different if everybody else was looking at Boston Rob and being like, he thinks he's in charge but he's not um they're very much like oh thank god he's here you know like we wouldn't have the shelter we have we wouldn't have these things we wouldn't have won this challenge this puzzle wouldn't have gotten done we wouldn't have you know they're giving boston rob his flowers and so the edit just piles on on uh, top of all of that uh as well uh in a way that you'll just never get that kind of participation from russell's allies he just alienates people way too easily yeah, I mean, there's a lot of talk from the women of, like, where we don't have the strong guys, and it's interesting the way it's set up because we talk about, like, how this is a season of strong women, but based on their awareness, it's a lot of the time the women just hanging back and being like, okay, men, you know, and they, they're they happy to, to let the men lead it early, but the villain men is, you know, four people who played in the three most recent seasons, Randy, who's also the older guy, Coach, who is a bit of a joke, Tyson, who was, you know, he's the younger guy, basically, and Russell, who no one even knows, and mm-hmm. Rob. So who else is everyone looking to? Everyone's just kind of going to that. And the women, as I said, are happy to sit back. When you go to something like the heroes, I mean, we have five of the most iconic. I truly feel with the hero men, that was like peak casting. Like you couldn't do better than who, who could you not include of Colby, James, Rupert, Tom, and who's the last one? GT. And JT, yes. <laughs> J, like, yeah. So, that, so that's like, yeah, like, as in, like, what could you do? Like, the, the most recent Golden Boy male winner, like, he won. Rupert, who is Rupert, like, he won a million dollars for being the most popular person. Mm-hmm. Colby, who is the, the original hero. Uh, James, who is, like, one of the most popular players of all time. Like, they, 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 there's nowhere else to do it. So that there's, and Tom, who also was, like, one of the most dominant winners of all time. So, like, there's a lot of bravado there. They can kind of all, doesn't really work out. They end up fighting. But like there's strength there that's leading it. But for Boston Rob, there's like a bit of a, a vacuum of leadership. Like he has to step into that role. Like who else is going to do that? Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. Um, 
I'm sorry for forgetting JT. He's very important. No, I, yeah, I, I haven't so slept a, a lot. I'm yeah. No, he's so much of a hero. I, I, I get it. Survivor seasons. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> no, listen, he's basically a villain in his tribe, so I, I, I don't blame you. He's for like, like the most important person on the tribe. But yeah, no, I, I just think it's a really interesting dynamic with the way those villain men are. And when the women are like, well, who's going to come save us? It's like really only Boston Rob, really. Mm-hmm. Yeah. All right. So... Uh, that's what's going on over at the uh, Villains Tribe. Uh, we're going to have a, our big uh, second immunity challenge where uh, we have to uh, move around the giant crates and then ultimately make uh, the word for the tribe. And while the Heroes Tribe is going to be strong, they stink at putting the puzzles together. They are not talking with one voice and uh, they are yeah. not listening to JT who's done this challenge before uh they're listening to stephanie and uh they are falling apart yeah because you know stephanie is jinx she did come back for a season in the middle and she did she wants some challenges there but it's not i actually fact checked that james is like i've never lost as much in my life and i'm like it's been two episodes surely that's not true so i like went back to his other seasons i'm like yeah he won a lot of challenges it's actually pretty fair enough Mm -hmm. on his uh survivor records and there's some interesting stuff here around, like, even though it does just go to Stephanie, it may be from, like, a challenge conflict perspective. Like, and now we at least get alliances and dynamics at the point where JT even says, like, hey, Sugar was an easy unanimous vote, but this will mean I'm actually choosing sides between what has become James, Rupert, and Amanda, Tom, Stephanie, and Colby, and then, like, Sari and Candace and JT somewhere in the middle of that. So at least we're getting some, like, clear dynamics coming out um, that will eventually start playing out in more of, like, a voting block style. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. And one of the overlooked people in these votes uh, is probably the most hero, hero of them all, Rupert. Yeah. Um, Rupert's broken toe happens in the very first challenge. We will hear about it. We will hear about it throughout the entire season. Rupert says, I will not be voted out for a damn toe. And episode after episode, I ask why. Why have they not just turned and said, you know what, Rupert, what are you actually doing here? Um, Because he's not, you don't want Rupert on your puzzle. But also, what is Rupert doing that is so groundbreaking, not toe-breaking, but groundbreaking to where you have to keep him around? It's very fun to watch this idea that JT has established this bromance, right? Like, I got James, I got uh, Rupert, I got Colby. And we'll keep Amanda because of James. And, you know, we just need one more person. And we got the majority. That's it. Like, we're not even going to entertain Tom or, you know, in these moments because we have Serene. Like, we're not going to entertain, um, you know, even Sugar in these moments because, like, we d- we have the majority just off based off me having the four big guys. And so, um, yeah, I just don't know at what point, like, did they just completely say we're riding to the end with this with Rupert? But I would have to say that if they could redo it, they probably should consider it um, because he's useless a lot of mm-hmm. times and he knows it and he says it and he's still incredulous that people even think about voting him out. It's wild. I, I mean, I love Rupert in this season. I will say like Rupert is the person who brought me into being a Survivor yes. fan. I've now spoken about him through two seasons of the rankings podcast and Rupert is great in the season i feel from an entertainment perspective strategically through the post merge like he's he's good like i like i was impressed with stuff that he was doing you know in the context of the heroes tribe which maybe is damning with faint praise but i do feel like he was doing a lot of really good stuff from an entertainment perspective i mean i think he, he's making relationships that are important 
he seems to be more with like Amanda James. He's got his own thing with, it seems like he's quite close to Sari. Um, he's got his own thing with possibly JT, who's kind of aligned with everyone. Like, I think he has the relationships, which is, I'm so glad they didn't get rid of him because he's got some stuff, I guess he as like the ultimate good guy versus like Russell, the ultimate bad guy in the merge that like, it would have been a sin for us to miss out on some of those conversations and confessionals. So I was like all in on Rupert in the season. And while he doesn't bring much to the table physically, I do think that there are a lot of people that look at him as like, okay, well, I could just tell him what to do. And Rupert is not going to ever go rogue. And I I don't think that that really happens uh, with him through any of his, uh, you know, uh, three seasons and, uh, you know, a fraction. Yeah. Mm. At no point, though, did Rupert stop playing this game. Like Rupert has a broken toe. And there are moments where it's like, okay, we keep losing challenges. What should we do? And Rupert's name is never on the like Rupert's it's never on the block. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah, he's he does not stop playing even in the uh, after the merge. Like Rupert, yeah, he's not the biggest threat, so he's gonna make it a couple more rounds. But th- there are times where, okay, Rupert, it's your turn, and he's still trying. So I'll give him that. But you know, especially compared to, to Colby. Yeah, especially compared to Kobe. But yeah, but aside, like Shannon was saying, um, the Hero Tribe is, uh, they're not doing a lot strategically anyway, as far as like skill level. There's a lot to be desired there. Uh, I just am happy that when Rupert showed up this time, he legit showed up to try. Mm -hmm. Um, Wasn't successful, but he gave it a shot. Well, this is the question I'd ask is what hero plays better than Rupert in this season? Unless you're going to say like, I wouldn't. I, I actually yeah. wouldn't. I I, I personally, I, I mean, yeah, she'd be up there. I mean, I think you put Tom up there. Like, he does a, a lot for the, the short <laughs> time that he's there. Like, Rupert, for me, like, again, I have to think, like, who would get shizzy points through these episodes? I think he would have won of the heroes. Like, especially the stuff he's doing post-merge. I think he has those relationships pre-merge. Like, he came to play. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. as, like, and a lot of my notes are like, Rupert, like, what are you, what are you doing pretty mm-hmm. well, buddy? Like, he keep going. Trying. Yeah, I've yeah. given that. But mm-hmm. no, I do. I do think Amanda probably proves herself as the best player on that tribe. Eventually. How about Candace? Uh, Candace, Candace is like so unliked. Like from a yes. social perspective, I feel she like pretty much is like next to go at times and like saves herself with that like pre-merge immunity. And then, yeah, I mean, she like flips and like she's doing some individual stuff, which is interesting. But I feel this like side unseen, just like in terms of mistakes versus what they actually achieved. Like I probably would end up giving it to Rupert. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Rupert should have went home a long time ago and the fact that he lasted so long should be a credit to him for sure um, especially because he didn't have a built in alliance like someone like you know uh, James or you know or a man yeah. who came in as basically a pair so yeah I'll give him I'll give him uh, a lot of credit for that people complain that this second half of the season is a pagonging and I just don't see that yeah, um, because there's so many people trying to make moves a lot of it is very like so much of the villains kind of taking over the game but there is people actively trying whether it's like like from my perspective a pagonging is where you are like you're telling like you know, Rancher Rick, like, you're next. And he's like, I don't perceive that. It's like, you're next. And then when he's next, he's like, oh, what do I do? Like, uh, we told you two weeks ago, you should have flipped, you know? So yeah. this for me, th- there's a lot of people playing actively. There's not a lot of passive gameplay, at least, uh, you know, toward the later half of the season. And every episode is interesting as well, I would say. For sure. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. All right. So uh, this is a vote uh, that uh, I wouldn't say is like uh, super interesting, uh, but it does get pretty intense here as uh, we're starting to see uh, that it's what uh, Tom, Colby and 
Stephanie and is Candace with them on on this one? Candace is with Sari in more of that middle position. Mm-hmm. Um, that she says she's a swing at the bottom of both groups, which is a good read. I think we are seeing some of those individual skills from Candace, but it's an interesting thing with the fact that Steph tries to pull Sari in by suggesting a well, we're just at Amanda, but also because Amanda is the weakest, and it's like again, Sari tells Candace like. Amanda cost me the win. So I'm not hundred percent sure on like the true friction there, but like it is a connection for Sari. And also saying it's going to be Amanda because she's the weakest to Sari. Have you met Sari? Like she doesn't want to vote on strength because she knows that eventually leads to her. So it was an interesting choice. And I just want to say it now, like the small amount that I got with Sari, like obviously warms my heart. Uh, And I know that like compared to the other seasons I've covered in this countdown, um, the boot order for this would be much more highly regarded, which is one of the reasons it would be ranked better. And I do agree that like across the board, I mean, we get, again, it's like, again, that structure means even if you go early, we get a lot of you. It still feels like we get a lot of Sari, Tom, Boston, Rob, even though they aren't even on the jury. So there's that structure to it, but it's still a great, for the most part, uh, boot order. We get a great final three, but like Sari's, that's the one that hurts. So like every moment that we get yeah. with her, like really, being the best strategically on the strike. Maybe she was the best hero. She probably was just in four votes, but uh, mm-hmm. I love Sari. I'm so sad that it went that way. I can't believe this is the first ranked uh, season, which it deserves yeah. to be. And Sari is a early boot. Like that's a crazy thing. Shannon, do you yeah. think that she pushes too hard here in the early going? I feel like that uh, in Panama, she, she really doesn't push at all in uh, the pre-merge. Uh, she ends up being uh, in, an, in that really interesting swing position in Micronesia. But it, it feels to me as though if she didn't try to, you know, put her foot down as much here early, that she doesn't end up, uh, alienating JT in a couple of votes. Yeah, it's an interesting one because she comes in knowing now that she's great. Like she comes in knowing, I think, that what she should be, how she should be perceived, which she is. And something she can't control, which is that perception and that reputation where Tom is against her. To his credit, he should be. She's against him. They see each other for the two best strategists that they are on that tribe, probably with JT from, you know, just their body of work before the season. It's a hard one because she has the majority. She has the numbers. She has connections. She has the skills. She should be confident. It takes JT flipping on the split and an idol and an to idol. send her home. Like, yeah. that's an unfortunate place to be um, for that to go home. Like, yes, in that way, are people being alienated? Are people being even more threatened by her? Yes. And even within that, she has the majority. Like, I think she's doing a lot right. She's putting her foot on the scale probably a little bit more, but it still takes, like, a minority to send her home. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I think that she doesn't have a choice but to push here because if she just passively lets Tom get his way, then yeah, her number's coming up very soon. Like mm-hmm. if people start saying, we don't want to lose anymore, then people might look at Sari and say, well, I mean, if it's between you and Tom, you know, might want to keep Tom. Mm-hmm. So she's like, no, we got to get Tom out of here. Stephanie has to go first. You know, James is fed up with Stephanie. We know Rupert hates Stephanie for some unforeseen reason, but he just well, does. Yeah, my my theory on that has always been that Rupert was the biggest survivor ever when he comes onto the scene in uh, season seven, season eight. And Rupert is like the unquestioned like face of Survivor for like the following year after that. And then Stephanie comes along and she really blows up in season 10 and they bring her back for season 11. And I feel like that uh, Rupert uh, had some resentment towards Stephanie for sort of like uh, usurping him as the face of Survivor. 
Yeah, and I can see that being a possibility. And it, it shows here that Rupert wants Stephanie out. Sareeb definitely is like, okay, fine, it's not me. You know, Steph, Tom, they're at the bottom of this alliance because we already outlined that Sari is with James and Amanda who have JT, who have Rupert. So if they want Stephanie out, here's the chance to get her out. Um, and then once she goes, yeah, Tom, you have to follow very quickly because Tom's going to say we need to vote out the weakest person. That is going to be, from Tom's perspective, either Amanda or either Sari. And so, yeah, she has a push here. Stephanie is the one who I'm more concerned with, has nowhere to go. Mm-hmm. Who should Stephanie be pitching the vote to? Should Stephanie should be going to Sari right now and be like, look, can we really beat Tom? You know, like, what mm-hmm. should Stephanie be doing in this situation? Because she says Amanda's the weakest. And from Stephanie's point of view, Amanda probably is. You're like, I'm Stephanie. Amanda ain't got nothing on me. Mm-hmm. And she, like, what about most Candace? Yeah, or, or Candace, you know, yeah. that's probably another Can- like, Candace is a swing vote, like Candace is with Sari, mm-hmm. so yeah. she's not like the other side is James, Amanda and Rupert, it seems, mm-hmm. so like I mean, they probably should have been Rupert like, how is Rupert all the way, he has to say he has a broken toe exactly. but it becomes Amanda, because she's the woman like Amanda is really strong as well I mean, it's, a, it's an interesting one I mean, in terms of what you're saying about favorites like who are the transcendent casual favorites, like I definitely agree, like if you were to tell people, like if, if I were to go to a casual and be like, you used to watch Hey, tell me what character you remember, and I'll try and understand where you kind of jumped off. You do mm-hmm. Rupert, the Rupert era, the Steph era, and then I think the James era. Truly, I think like so. so those, it's interesting that that those become the characters. Mm-hmm. Um, but I do think like for Sari, it's a hard one, and I do feel I agree that she has to push. Like even later on, with like, some of the 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 cats that she's trying to herd, you know, a, a tribe that is going to give the idol to Russell mm-hmm. <laughs> eventually. Yeah, some of these strategic forces that she's trying to work with, I think it's a bit hard. You know, Amanda's coming to her later and being like, we're going to vote out Candace, who Sari is aligned with, so that he gives us his idol. She's like really excited about this plan. And that's the plan that Sari pushes the hardest on, which it seems maybe get, gets her voted out or gets JT to turn against her. And she's like, no, that's a terrible plan. Yeah. She's like, did he give it to you? That he's not yeah, going to give it to you. And I'm I, yeah. I really, she's like, remember oh, Eric? No. Yeah. Well, no, but I think that like, you know, it, it's pushing hard. It, it puts JT offside. Maybe JT and the heroes needed someone to be like, let's think about this. Mm-hmm. Like maybe they're a little bit, like maybe they should rely on that a little bit more and be thankful for the advice rather than voting out all the smart people. Yeah. And then, and then not having anyone to be like, that's a bad idea, JT. That's a bad idea, Amanda. Let's just sit with that for a second. Like they needed that voice on the try. Yeah. One voice. I, I, uh, I think the mistake here, you get rid of Stephanie, right? Tom has nowhere to go. Maybe the Colby, but like at that point, once you get rid of Stephanie, like Stephanie and then Sari goes because JT decides to go rogue. I think at that point you have to keep Tom. Like there's no Why, argument. He's smart. Yeah. Because but he's JT smart. played like the most dominant winning game. Like JT was smart. What something he? happened? I think yeah. Steven was smart. I think so. Oh. No, I, I think, I honestly do think in Token Teens and I've watched most of Token Teens recently. Like I think he's a really good winner. He's obviously super social, but I think he is smart. You know, he is playing with house money on this season he should have yeah. been the smart one, but he was doing the worst things and no one was there to stop him. And honestly, yeah. it's his own fault. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It was so bad. And I, I think once they get rid of Sari, they go rogue. JT needs to be saying, Tom, it's me and you to the end. You know, and then like letting Tom, you know, bounce some ideas off of him. You know, JT is relying on himself. He feels like exactly. if he won the game, he should he be has- able to do that. He shouldn't need, he shouldn't need a Steven. He has no right to think that. And we will see that in future seasons as well. He needs a Steven. He doesn't need to vote out his Steven like he does here with Tom and that he does with Malcolm. He needs a Steven. He doesn't get a Steven. 
And he does the things that he shouldn't do. And we see it over and over again in this season. And I think it starts after the Stephanie vote when uh, the Candace and Tom starts to really, you know, butt heads. Okay. Mm. Uh, Stephanie is going to uh, go out here uh, that she and James and Tom are going to exchange some uh, harsh words here at this uh, second tribal council uh, that uh, Stephanie is going to... then uh, I'm trying to uh, see what they uh, that, that basically she uh, says them uh, next time you lose a challenge, a little less cursing off your tribe uh, might help. Uh, she gets the last word on the way out. No, she doesn't. Uh, James says, shut your mouth. Yeah. James is so mean this season. Um, he has a chip on his shoulder. It's very much because he's playing with people who, he doesn't want to play with, you know, Tom is there and Tom doesn't like love James. James does not love Tom. And James knows that he needs to keep step. He needs to get rid of Stephanie because she's gunning for Amanda. So it's very easy to be like, well, not with them. And so when that moment arises, you, he talks a little noise, you know, it happens in the challenge where he's cursing everybody out and saying like, y'all need to listen. And it happens at the tribal council where he's talking about how y'all Tom and Stephanie are, you know, problematic in the tribe. Uh, it just is a very bad look for our former fan favorite, James. And I don't know if he remains a fan favorite if he goes out in any other way than the way he does here in this season. Mm-hmm. I still love him. Like, I don't, I know that it was, I know there was conflict, but he, like, he was always one of my absolute favorite. Again, as I'm saying, through high school, I'm watching these seasons, China, Micronesia, and eventually Heroes versus Villains. Like, he was a huge fan favorite for a reason. I know that it may be, doesn't come off as shiny in, in this season, but I still re I was like rewatching it. I'm like, I just really love yeah. James and like the character. Like we don't, I don't feel like we see that character a ton. Like that's a mm-hmm. once in a, in a lifetime character that is James, I think. And, I, and I'll give him credit too. Yeah. He's got his teeth showing here, but I mean, he's trying to protect Amanda. That's his number two, you know, him and Amanda are a duo. So if you say Amanda's name, yeah, James going to tell you to shut up. And that's just the end of it. And you'll have to deal with that in your own way. But he's not going to let you throw Amanda's name out to be the weakest. She's played and never been voted out. You will not disrespect Amanda, Stephanie, because you didn't do so great. You know, so you uh, played one time and you only lost. And I I mean, James and like James is a fan. Like that was always the thing. He was a big fan of the show, right? He has seen Guatemala, but he probably just doesn't remember it. It's like the lost season. A lot of people forget it. Yeah. 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 Which yeah. is actually pretty good for Stephanie. She's like, oh, good. It's good that they just think that I lost and not that I was so mean. Mm-hmm. Like, that's yeah. a better reputation. Yeah, James has, like, the one rough episode here. But I think that uh, the rest of the way, unless you want to get uh, worked up about his banana etiquette, I, I think, or pushing Randy into the mud, uh, I think that uh, the the rest of the resume here for James, I don't think that there's anything else that's uh, the too especially cranky. It's a lot of complaining about Colby. Well, the banana yeah. etiquette stuff is like why I love James. Like the fact that he just didn't know there was a banana etiquette. And then like he, after the running race, he's like, Hey JT, would you like a banana? Mm-hmm. Um, I love that line. Like, you know, just like he, he really does want to be there, which is cool compared to maybe someone like Colby. And yeah, we just, it's just very interesting to see him on the show because again, I don't know that we necessarily get a character like that interacting in these waves where it's like, oh, I didn't know that we were all kind of doing the banana thing. And also, isn't it weird that bananas are such like a big part of the season? Yeah. Like it's it's the number one season and like bananas are like the the twenty first player. 
Mm-hmm. Um, look at look no further than Kobe and Rupert for that. I'm sure they're the ones like really complaining about the amount of fruit being eaten on the tribe. But I like at the end of this particular vote when you have James telling Tom, like Tom shut shut your like shut your ass up. You know, as Stephanie's leaving, um, the next episode starts with him going like, "I just wanted to win, y'all." Did I say it? <laughs> Got it. Mm-hmm. Was that too much? Y'all didn't y'all didn't like that? Shut up. And Tom y'all comes didn't... back as well. Like, and he's good at coming back because he's like playing nice with JT and James and like swallowing his pride, which a good player like Tom can do. Mm-hmm. Um mm-hmm. for sure. We, yeah. okay. we see a lot of the good players playing good. I like that. I like like in a, a, a different season, this would have been Tom coming back and sulking and yelling at everybody. Or like, you know, like I don't want to play with y'all anymore, you know. But he comes back, he's like, you know what, James? I get it. I understand. And I'm like, mm-hmm. this is why Tom Westman wins. Like it's moments yeah. like this, why this show why Tom Westman wins. Still looking for the moments to show while JT wins, but okay, we'll get there. <laughs> yeah, well, I mean, the Tom thing is interesting because there's a parallel in Australian Survivor that is uh, pretty much the same. Anyone who's watched it would know what I mean, which is like someone who controlled their whole season for Tom to a win, who was dominant, and he even talks about this when he goes out, who gets the complete opposite experience where they are completely on the bottom, but they're a good player. So it's like how they try and kind of burst through that and they make cool stuff happen. Possibly cooler stuff happen on the bottom because there's more room to play than when you're on the top, just like running the game, which is very much true for the Australian survivor player as well. So for Tom, like the move obviously against the real, like one of the more epic moves of the season, which is a high bar. And it's just such a different thing watching him struggle against the numbers. Like that is not the Tom Westman way. Yeah. All right. Well, let's talk about uh, the third episode of uh, Survivor Heroes versus Villains. And uh, we're going to see some uh, nighttime activity. Parvati hanging out with Russell. And uh, Boston Rob gives us the uh, famous confessional. You know how you can tell when people are in an alliance on Survivor? How can you tell? If you see, the clearest sign is who's sleeping next to who. You don't want to sleep next to the person you're going to vote out. They might get married. Yeah. yeah. I'm guilty of it. I mean, mm-hmm. and honestly, you know, this moments like this probably lead to the BR rules, right? Like where Rob says his thing and then everybody goes, oh, oh snap. Mm-hmm. It's not wrong. Why would I <laughs> somebody I want to vote? Yeah. Oh my God. And then you're like, yeah, that's awesome, Rob, bro. His mind so powerful. Yeah. But then yeah, in hindsight, true. like uh, nobody ever is like, oh, I want to vote this person out. Let me sleep next to them. Yeah. Like it still never yeah. happened. It's yeah. True of them. Yeah. I mean, like you want to be comfortable at night. Like they don't, yeah. You don't want to sleep next to that person. It's just like, just let your relationships be known, I guess. Mm-hmm. Okay. All right. Uh, but also, is that the only way that you can tell those alliances? It seems like the dynamics are pretty set. Like probably also all the other things that make this like incredibly obvious. But yeah, I mean, it's a good yeah. little tidbit that's going to lead to a book deal. Yeah, right, I think it's also sure. true, like in the daytime also, like I feel like that there's not a lot of people who spend all their time next to the person they want to vote out also. Yeah. Yeah, but that doesn't sell as well, Rob. And this is why you don't have a book. I guess because not, in not, the yeah. daytime, people don't want to hang out with. No, that sounds bad. The sleeping thing, that sounds epic. Mm-hmm. So right. it's branding, it's marketing. Mm-hmm. Come on, Rob, yeah. do better. Uh, should we talk about the uh, coach and Jerry of it all? Yeah. So I think this kind of happens in episode one, part two, where they start to do like the oohs and ahs. They're like, ooh, Jerry and coach. Tell me more. Tell that? me more. That's very much the vibe. Right. Pop up. Pop up. And they're he like, did touchy. It you could, I actually feel like someone <laughs> should do a parody of maybe even people have in the bars, but like. Not- not the one-off yeah. return. Yeah. 
She's the Black Widow. Like you could really do some stuff there. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Slay some dragons messing around. Yeah. Week two, yeah. week three of uh, Heroes vs. Villains. We definitely would have got that. Yeah, yeah. definitely. Okay, yeah. fine. I'll do it. Bob the Nerd. Yeah. 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 Um, yeah, so we we come far from episodes of them saying like, you know, hey, what if something like this kind of turns out? And these are some of the other like unintentionally funny moments. Like even with Courtney is like, yeah, I think there's something happening with <laughs> with Jerry and Coach. I don't know what it's about, but you know, <laughs> go for it. <laughs> um, so there's a lot of that. <laughs> And Rob, Rob points that out too. You know, he says like there's people are sleeping next to each other. Poverty's obviously sleeping, sleeping next to Russell, but Jerry is sleeping next to coach. And I know how powerful an alliance like that can be. So, you know, it comes up a few times, but. Oh my God. Is there a parallel universe where coach and Jerry have four daughters? That's what I'm thinking. He's like, I know how powerful. Is that what he thinks this is going? Yeah, well, uh, I believe that. Yeah, Rob's going to have his first baby uh, by the finale of this season. So the trajectory would be the, you know, timeline is the same. He's saying, I know how powerful this can be. He's talking about Coach and Mm -hmm. Jerry. The power of Coach. Coach and but like Coach and Jerry, like I think it just is like she's the original yeah. Black Widow, so it makes sense that it's like well, a romantic storyline. But I feel like but, he's talking about Russell and Poverty uh, when he's talking about who's uh, sleeping next to each other. Uh, okay, yeah, that's that. That's I mean, it's potentially a darker timeline. Think that yeah, Russell and Poverty are going to have four well, daughters. Like, what are these timelines? Wow, he's yeah. married. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. yeah. And she's <laughs> so married. young. Like, and I think that that. I don't know. It just hits me because she's younger than me now, and I'm like, mm-hmm. it's not. It's not the same as Robin Amber. Mm-hmm. It's, it's different not. It's in so many different. ways. It's just like very. It's very different. It's it different. I, I mean, yeah. nobody, nobody would argue that it's not. I wonder what we happened. Go- like, what do y'all think the breakup was? Do you think it was the Rob vote, or do you think like like Coach and Jerry like literally at the end of the season were like, so we're gonna give this a run? And no, like, I, no. But, like, I don't think it was. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. They could have gone to Applebee's or something. Mm -hmm. I'd like to see it. (laughs) All right. Um, This is when uh, we're gonna bring in uh, some of the Randy storyline. Randy hasn't gotten too much uh, screen time. Um, We see at nighttime, uh, Russell is gonna start to create some uh, chaos. Uh, He's gonna walk off uh, with the machete. Uh, We get the. Uh, famous confessional here as well of then uh, Russell saying that after that he's going to uh, hide Rob's uh, hat because he doesn't even like the Boston Red Sox. The Houston Astros, baby. (laughs) Chappelle. Hey, I concur. (laughs) I I think that, yeah, this is some of the moments, right? Like, this is when Russell was like, Rob, don't even know who I am. I'm Russell Hance. Like, yes, Russell. Like, if you're going to get the screen time, take it, you know? So I, I love that. I love seeing these moments where Russell is just instantly running back to poverty. He's so loyal to it, like to this whole alliance that he has where like this hold she has on him is just fascinating because I think he just likes the idea of somebody who has nowhere else to go. Right. Poverty is a pariah. They want her out. And so he's like, come with me because where else, what else can you have? I am all you have. And he does that time and time again throughout the season. He constantly is trying to make sure that poverty has nowhere to go, but into the arms of Russell Hance. Uh, and- Which is a scary thing for reasons yeah. mm-hmm. that like yeah. that's yeah. like a toxic relationship thing, right? Like cutting sure. off all of her other relationships. 
from Russell Hand to toxic relationship. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's, it's just like it's a really interesting dynamic between Poverty and Russell. Like we'll see it throughout the whole thing. Like they both make bad moves to slight each other, their number one ally. Mm-hmm. Even like when Russell comes back from the merge and he's mad that Poverty didn't share her idol with him, like as an ally, he's right. Like you should she said, I want Russell to be scared. Like you shouldn't want your allies to be scared, but it's just like <laughs> such an acrimonious but close and defining relationship through the season, which is well, you know, obviously it's such an interesting dynamic and like psychologists should study it. But uh, yeah, I think we're definitely seeing it come to fruition here. And it's easy to just be like cool with each other and all good now early when you're like the underdogs who are hated by everyone else. Like it really, I think like forges them together. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But yeah. she says, I'm just a sweet, innocent little girl. What are you talking about, Shannon? So, you know, so yeah. Part like, I've done nothing here, you know, like, I can only trust Russell because he's the only one who pl- who wants to play with me. Um, mm-hmm. And she reminds him, like, if you go, like, if I go, you're next, Russell. So I, I, you, I might not have anywhere else to turn to, but yeah. if they start to pick us off, like, they pick me, you're next, then they'll come after Randy. So you got to make sure that we survive this vote together. Yeah, but the threat level on Sandra does track because I feel like that, uh, you know, that there's going to be the four people from Micronesia. Poverty is the only person that's not with uh, James and Amanda and Sari. And even in Game Changers, uh, when there's like the co-wrong four, like Aubrey, like tells a story about how Sandra like uh, was, you know, getting everybody against her because, uh, oh, the co-wrong four, those are all the people. So, Sandra, I think, is really good. And I think, you know, Rob also was seeing this. I mean, I'm sure they all were of like, uh, hey, huge target on poverty because it's an easy vote because of all the people. And Randy, even especially, uh, is saying that it has to be poverty here at this vote. Yeah, I mean, there's some strange stuff. Like In terms of the the threat level, there's some fun stuff earlier in the season where where Sandra's like, oh, talking about, I think, like Amanda and Sari, like they'll be really tight. And, and Poverty's like, I don't think so. I don't think that that, you know, you're like, why would this pertain to me? Um, so she's kind of trying to undercut it. But there's some weird stuff through, like, this whole episode about, like, Pav's charm and the men. Because mm-hmm. the men are, like, Coach and Randy. I don't mm-hmm. know. It's just, like, Coach is like, I'm impervious to Pav's charm. It's, like, good. <laughs> and you know what I'm saying? Like, there's, like, a weirdness to it where it's just, like, we're not going to fall for her. And the way that they talk about her, like she coasts in the charm and she gets everyone into her web. Like, it's just like this weird intimidation about like female power and the fact that she's like this flirty person. And I just find it really strange just coming from a couple of these men. Uh, but she doesn't even go home. So it's good. But mm-hmm. I just felt like that dynamic was a little weird. A little weird. I'd, no, I'd, I'd agree. There's a lot of like misogyny in all of this because it's like because poverty exists on this tribe, they are assigning to her this one dimensional person who is like she's going to flirt her way into an all girls alliance, and that is how she's going to win. <laughs> she's going to flirt her way into an all girls alliance. Like, what, which one? Right. Which one is which like, threatening thing is it? Yeah. Exactly. And poverty says that about her first game in Cook Island. She says, I felt like I was one dimensional, I was the flirt. So if you're telling me they all watched Cook Islands and they all came around from that same, like, okay. Poverty is the flirt because we saw Cook Islands. Fine. She said it, so maybe they can say it too. She went in but a hot tub, Chappelle, with she Ozzy and Yule. They saw okay. that one scene. Mm-hmm. That, not not that was, It was in all the highlights. Yeah. That, that, that was impressive. However, uh, comma, but if you watch Micronesia, Yule you'll was see very uncomfortable. More- yeah, yeah, he seemed uncomfortable. Uh, but I, what I'd say is that if you see Micronesia, maybe you would add more nuance to her game. And they were very much trying to make her a one-dimensional player who is dangerous to all the men, and that's why we have to but get also them out of here. Women. 
Yeah, like, but also like, yeah, she's they, she's gonna lead the women. They're all going to just let her win the game because they didn't actually watch Micronesia. They just like saw the clips. Mm. Um, but yeah, I think coming from all of these guys, Sans Russell, maybe it's like super misogynist. Like it's super like it's not great just, from Russell either, though. Well, the only reason I say without Russell is because she's actually flirting with Russell. So if Russell says poverty is a flirt toward me, I think it's okay. But everybody else, like <laughs> she thinks, because she's got like she's going to hike up her her skimpy uh swimsuit and she's going to have a nice wiggle and we're not we're just gonna do what she tell like based off of what randy did she not even trying to flirt with you coach like right like you're just a white charm yeah right exactly that's what i said for russell yeah fine she was flirting with russell she probably admitted he'll admit it everybody saw it fine but for coach to be like how dare her just like she in the water trying to work her charm on me trying to get the dragon slayer baby i'm the dragon slayer you can't ever coach sit down Mm-hmm. She was not attempting those things with you. Stop it. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah, it's like she's so flirty and just like cuts her. She's probably just like standing there. It's like power, female flirting power. And she's just like doing <laughs> nothing. That's how I imagine it. All right, well, let's get to our immunity challenge here uh, where we're going to have basically like a sumo at sea, but in the mud. And uh, this one's actually going to be a blowout for the heroes as they actually uh, get on the board, uh, culminating in Randy uh, j- uh, getting like uh, thrown into next week uh, off the platform by <laughs> James. Yeah. If the heroes can't do nothing else, they can beat ass. Because when these challenges get physical, that's when the heroes are like, oh, thank God. Like, please let us just wrestle. Let us fight these people because, I mean, we can't out-puzzle them to save our lives. We just want to wrestle. We just want to tackle people. We have James. Like, Mm -hmm. why do you think we keep Rupert around? Like, Mm-hmm. Not for his puzzle ability, you yeah. know? So, like, they can't wait to get their hands on these, uh, like, little bags that they're using to sumo wrestle. Um, I like a lot. There's a few highlights that I like to point out from this uh, this uh, little, like, battle that they're having. One of my favorite moments is, of course, Coach um, winning the challenge in his mind because yes. he took his hands off the bag. Um, like he does, like, a karate like, yeah. chop at the end, yeah. He's like, yeah, doing Coach T. Y'all see me, and Jeff's like, no, no. you gotta go do it again. And so he lines up. Like, we get the edit where it's like it slows down. Like, they zoom in on Coach. They zoom in, like, on, what is he, all going against Rupert or something? And then instantly Rupert just, like, flips him. <laughs> and it takes no time at all. It's such a good moment. Um, but yeah, the heroes just demolish everybody up until James throws this big bag at Randy. It's not that he threw Randy. It's that he then threw the bag down into the mud and like hits Randy with it. Mm-hmm. So yeah. Yeah. Is it Courtney that, that says, uh, I told you you're on the wrong tribe, James. I mean, <laughs> it's about perspective. <laughs> All right. Um, so, all right, villains have to figure out, uh, who to vote out tonight. And, uh, you know, there's some, a push for, uh, it to be poverty. Uh, poverty, uh, doesn't love Jerry also, uh, for some reason, but, um, eventually they decide on Randy and, uh, a little curious that they end up deciding on Randy here when everybody is, seems so worried about poverty. Yeah, it's interesting that, like, for these veterans that they both have, like, the first really easy vote, especially when there are other dynamics at play, especially when you do have Tom and Sari, you know, sussing each other out, especially when you do have such an obvious dynamic here where there are three people in the minority Mm -hmm. and people are so worried about poverty. But there there is, like, 
maybe it's a product of the time more where they care that much more about challenges. Like they seem to really care about challenges um, with like, and again, like maybe looking at some of the men on their tribe and like Rob really leading it. Like, I guess they feel like they need to make that challenge decision, which is strange. You would think from like highly strategic all-stars, but that's a decision that they make. Um, yeah. The Pav and Jerry rivalry kind of comes out there. Um, which is an interesting one because as I'm saying, I don't feel like that was ever resolved, but it clearly does resolve. Like Jerry ends up voting for Pav at the end. They clearly have a relationship, but this they have like an awkward interaction around this as well, um, which I find interesting is like the original and like the new Black mm-hmm. Widow, yeah. the new hotness. Uh, yeah, and then Randy goes and Coach is quoting Martin Luther King for some reason. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, he quoted him for Randy, which is a choice. Um, you know, Sandra is one <laughs> of the people... Sandra's one of the people pushing to keep the tribe strong. And I think if you look at Sandra's game, yeah, avoiding tribal council is very beneficial to her. Like, if I could just make it to the merge, no one will care about Sandra. So she's like, look, can we get rid of Randy here? Because Mm -hmm. we might need poverty, and I don't want to go back to tribal council too many times. I also think Mm -hmm. that Randy uh, ends up getting the blame for uh, the machete that uh, Russell ends up hiding. So uh, that uh, I could be misremembering that, but I do think that uh, the, the like there was like a secret scene where they're like confronting Randy on uh, the machete. And maybe that also contributed to his downfall. They're like, who else could have done this? They haven't mm-hmm. seen Samoa. So they don't know that that's like Russell one one. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Honestly, to this point, if they're just looking at the people on the board, isn't Randy the quote unquote meanest of them mm-hmm. all of the villains, right? Like he's probably got the most villainous edit of all the people, yeah. the men on the villains tribe. Like but- coach was a, like, who is this jackass type of villain? But like, he wasn't like Randy. Mm-hmm. So yeah, maybe but also, think this is a Randy. I think Sandra actually in Pearl Islands, uh, like, she, like this is also like something that she would do where she throws out the fish. <laughs> I think she does hide the machete at one point in Pearl Islands. Uh, she's going to sabotage uh, Russell's hat. So like, uh, I, I think that, you know, if you had all the information, I think you might uh, just want to speak to her as a person of interest as well. Well, luckily you and T-Bird get to talk to her yeah. very soon. So yes. maybe mention like, hey, you did, I know you probably didn't know that Randy didn't steal the machete, but did you hint at it to get people to vote Randy out here? Because Sandra definitely pushes for him to go. I do think the more interesting thing, though, is the Jerry and, and poverty moment because Jerry calls poverty a virus. Um, and well, yeah, don't say like, that in 2021. Yes. Right. Yes. Right, exactly. Much and, prefer poverty uh, to viruses. And they edited it to make it look like Jerry's jealous of Poverty's relationship with Coach. Like, that Poverty's talking to Coach, doing all the flirting that Coach is accusing her of doing, and Jerry's, like, looking on and, like, ugh, this new Poverty. Um, And this is not even as nasty as it gets. Like, the two of them get so, like... Uh, combative with the things that they're saying about each other that some of the stuff is very funny, but it is definitely very cutting. Mm -hmm. I see it as a a product of the Stephanie, Rupert, James... Mm -hmm that person who's your possibly where you fit in the fan space or your archetype, like Jerry was the black widow. And then poverty literally created the black widow brigade and is now the black widow. Like I see it as like maybe my former or future self, like you see yourself in that person. So you're competitive with that person. Like, I think that's why they clash. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And clash. Oh my gosh. One, this moment is such a good moment. I think it's underrated. It's like when Danielle goes and she's like, you know, I'm thinking we should vote out Randy. And Jerry's like, I don't think we should vote out Randy. Cause you know, the, the charge at large, the, char- the tribe at large really wants to get rid of poverty. So Jerry's like, yeah, I don't know if, Je- if Randy's the choice here and poverty goes, well, who is it? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Who, who are we, who are we targeting? And, and Jerry's like, oh, oh yeah. 
you know, um, uh, somebody else. And Poverty's just staring at her like, yeah, uh-huh. Okay. Yeah. I, you know, so we're just gonna we're just gonna target Randy here. I'm glad we all agree. Uh, very funny. Jerry is pissed about this. She does not like this, and she says she wants to punch poverty in the face. Like these people are at it. They just are like saying his stuff in the confessional, but you know it's leaking into the tribe. Like they're mm-hmm. people know that they hate each other. Mm-hmm. All right, so we go to tribal council uh, that Sandra is going to have some uh, choice words for Coach uh, that are going to uh, hurt his feelings. Uh, More on that in a moment. Uh, Randy is going to get voted out. He throws his buff in the fire. Unanimous vote for Randy. So Two very similar votes. The Gabon person voted out first Mm -hmm. in a unanimous easy vote when maybe other... Fractures could have happened, but they just kind of went for that thing. So it is interesting that we get both of those votes. Yeah, and Randy's one of the first people who basically say, you know, did you guys watch Micronesia? Y'all are letting poverty do Micronesia things again. Mm-hmm. And they're like, Randy, please. There's like 19 of us left in the game. Stop it. Like 18 of us. Like, stop it. No one's mm-hmm. worried about Micronesia. Spoiler alert, they will very much be worried about Micronesia moving forward. <laughs> um, but, you know, this is another one of my moments where I have to sh- give the shine to Coach here. He goes to Randy and like, you know, the honorable thing is to keep Randy. You know, he quotes Martin Luther King, you know, the greatest measure of a man, blah, 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 blah. Um, and, you know, there's still hope. You know, I love when he says, while I still have breath in this game, there is still hope for Randy. I spit Cut out Randy's torch just like being <laughs> right. I spit out my drink. I was like, coach, why are you lying to us? Like, lie to Randy. But the worst, mm-hmm. we're going to see you do the exact opposite of what you're saying every single round. And this is just one of the, the first of me. Running theme. Yeah. yeah. Coach is one of the few players that will lie to the audience uh, just with uh, no hesitation. Yeah, it's a tough one because I always say like, okay, I never believe the agenda when they're talking to each other. But like, I believe you in confessional. But the coach really breaks that rule, doesn't he? Um, because he cares so much what we think about him, mm-hmm. so he he can't be fully transparent. That must be an exhausting way to be. Like at least everyone else can like let it all out in the confessional. Like Coach has to be on all the time. Mm-hmm. That must be so tiring. As we're about to see it, it causes some emotional complications because yeah. you know just the way that you know he's trying to be, and and the, he says as well in the reunion, I think that he's like trying to get redemption for the way he was perceived in the last season. So he's like very focused on like Got the way that he is on. thought about. Yeah. 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 Okay. And the thing that the thing that triggers him is that Sandra says, you know, like, hey, coach is good for just delegating tasks and then going off into the distance and doing coach T while the rest of us do tasks. And he is offended, okay? And he kind of lines Sandra up, like, hey, 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 hold on. Don't do me like that. And don't try to embarrass me in front of Jeff. And that's when she goes into her. <laughs> we don't even have a machete. You know, like he kind of has grew legs and walked off. Yeah. It grew legs and walked off. I say that too much. <laughs> Too mm-hmm. much to no one. I just say it mm-hmm. <laughs> in my house with no machete mm-hmm. um, because it grew legs and walked off, obviously. Um, yeah, we all had yeah, one. Exactly. Mm-hmm. Uh, Rob had one. Uh, but uh, Randy so gets voted out. Yeah. Coach didn't even give Randy a sympathy vote, y'all. He did. He quoted Martin Luther King to not even give him a fake vote, <laughs> like a vote that doesn't matter. He just he was just like, yep, unanimously, bye. Like, coach, what are you doing? Mm-hmm. Yeah, at least at least make it a more interesting vote when you are going to quote Martin Luther King in this context. Like for the unanimous vote, really for that? Like mm-hmm. I don't know. It didn't deserve. It did not deserve it. Okay. As long as he has breath in his body, Shannon. <laughs> coach will come back from tribal council, and uh, he will be a little 
shook after what uh, Sandra Mm -hmm. said. And luckily, great friend Tyson Apostle is there to talk him up. Chappelle, you said that this is one of your favorite moments. This is the best. Like, this is a top five moment of the season. It's lots of funny. Yeah. yeah, it is so good because Coach is so emotional and he's very transparent. Like, yes, I am a sensitive person. I have feelings. I didn't like what uh, Sandra did. She called me out. She made it seem like I don't work hard. And then he just burst into tears. He's like, I'm the only one out here who will not compromise. Like, why doesn't anyone have anything nice to say about me? And Tyson's like, look, look, I got you, baby. It's it's cool. Just hug it out. Let's hug it out. Okay. I might, I might be able to help you. I, I'll tell you a few things, a couple of growth areas that you have. Don't worry. You might not love them, but I guarantee that they can help you in these areas. And Coach is like, through his tears, like, like, well, like what? What What? What could you have to say about me? And Tyson's like, well, now that we're talking about it, first of all, don't wear feathers in your hair at Tribal Council. Don't tell your stories. They don't believe you. People mock you. You have no reason to tell them. Do your tri- Tai Chi in private where no one can see you. And Coach is like, wait a minute. I thought you had a few small Mm -hmm. it takes up the list and it just starts like rolling of like how much paper (laughs) which is funny because when coach is saying like why is this happening what's wrong with me like i think he meant it rhetorically and tyson is like so glad you asked like step into my office uh the story for a season and a half like you know like i've I've dealt with it so like me more than anyone and the reason i love this moment a it is hilarious but it's like it's peak coach and mm-hmm. Pete Tyson in what is like a nice friendship moment, but it's like Tyson can be so cutting and so dry versus coach who is, I mean, what can you say about coach? Like a character like this just, and also just what, that it becomes the advice for a human that is don't wear feathers in your hair at tribal, you know, like don't tell your stories. No one believes your stories. They mock you. Like it's just, it's brilliant. <laughs> like, the, the way that it's delivered in, I'm going back for my brother's birthday card next year. He's getting that as a life advice. Cause it's good. It's universal. Mm-hmm. Don't tell your stories. Don't tell don't tell these grandiose stories. Don't believe your stories. They mock you. Good life advice. Don't wear feathers in your hair at tribal. Maybe a little bit more specific, but probably good. Probably a good yeah. idea. And the Tai Chi thing, yeah. You know, don't don't make it such a so such a big public production. It's all very good advice from Tyson. Mm-hmm. <laughs> a little bit hilariously. The problem is that Tyson is telling coach to not be coach. He's like, you will do well in this game if you could turn the coach down. And coach is like, no, baby, that's not me. I'm coach. And I'd rather so leave than have to do my Tai Chi in private. And honestly, there's something of merit to that, right? Like, if, don't let people stifle you and like, like you know, say like, oh, like I, like you shine, damn it. If you yeah. want to shine, don't read the comments, the coach. You. Protect your right, peace. Don't read the comments. Protect your peace. Now, Co- Tyson is definitely giving you some advice that will probably help you in a future season if you ever come back. Um, but you know, here. Coach is not willing to bend, and I'm okay with that. Uh, but I, I'm not okay with him, you know, thinking that he's going to quit. And that's where you get, you know, Boston Rob coming in and giving his version of the Tyson, you know, uh, pep talk. And it's a little bit different. It's more like, uh, be a man. Yeah. <laughs> that's not much of a coach, yeah. if you ask me. <laughs> coach tells Rob, I just... Like, why don't you hang out with me and stuff? Like, you never take me anywhere. We never go out in public. You only take me out to the movies at night where no one can see me. Uh, like, what? what I want to sharpen each other, baby. Like, why we can't sharpen? You only want to talk to me before challenges. I thought we was cool. We don't do... Rob's like, calm down. First of all, you're a grown man. I need you to act like... It. I'm like, whoa, Rob, please. This man is clearly, like... Mm-hmm. In distress right now. Um, Coach needs better friends. I don't know what to tell you. He has yeah, Tyson. Coach is like, 
He yeah. still has Tyson. No, but no, but, but Tyson as a friend is still like, let me tell you everything that's wrong with you. Mm-hmm. Which like, again, like probably in the social game, he probably does need. But I do think the thing that's really interesting about it is like Boston Rob having to manage coach is like such a sign of things to come of what will be like such a pivotal aspect of his winning game. And I do think like we really see it here, like he's really getting like a crash course oh, that's in interesting. dealing with. I didn't think I, about I put, that. I put that quote on Twitter and people were like, coach or Philip. I'm like, coach. But I understand how you could be confused about that. Mm-hmm. Um, and I do think that this was like a very good little practice session for Rob, for what he's going to end up having. Um, and I think as well, like, yeah, he's having to deal. He probably didn't expect to come on the beach and have like a, you know, a little bit of like a clingy friend being like, hey, why aren't we hanging out all the time? And why aren't we doing this? And why aren't we co-? And Rob is like, God damn. Like, I'm just like trying to like <laughs> live my life. Trying to like, you know, lead this whole tribe. And I passed out before. Did you say that was a lot? So I'm like on my own stuff going on. And I like left my wife and child, the pregnant wife, whatever he's at with his family. And coach is a grown man who's like, why aren't we hanging out more? And Rob has to be like, yes. Mm-hmm. Point taken. Let's like, let's work through it. But, you know, without it. Anyway, I think it's, it's a good job by Rob. Okay. Yeah. And this is a crash course because he's going to see that like when you take your 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 finger off the pulse of things and let the the coach or Philip type character kind of go wild, you see it doesn't really work out for you. So he has to make sure that he can, you know, keep coach under wraps. But then, you know, like I said, later on he goes and does the Philip thing pretty well. It's a lot of work. It's a lot of a work. Lot of work. Okay. Uh yeah. let's uh we have a Sears catalog uh challenge. Sears. And, yeah, remember Sears Chappelle? No. No? They're like Mer- Mervyn's? You remember Mervyn's? <laughs> what is you Sears? Yeah. Do you remember Mervyn's, California? <laughs> I, I <laughs> don't. Like a, do, do you remember like Montgomery, Montgomery Ward? Do you mm-hmm. remember Montgomery Ward? <laughs> Just random uh, yeah. department stores that are extinct now? Oh, the department stores. Yeah. I saw right. a sign the other day I was driving and I saw like somebody had a, uh, just like you always wanted to have like the sign flipping guy, Chappelle, that you wanted to be that guy that somebody had like a Sears like going out of business, everything. I'm like, I oh. there was a Sears that was still open? <laughs> yeah. I mean, the last Sears reference I've I've seen probably is what is that in Mean Girls where she's like this, these things don't come in my size. She's like, well, you could try Sears and just walks off. I'm like, is there still Sears? Mm-hmm. That a, that's a thing. Mean Girls was oh. made in two thousand and six. I, I guess that's well, maybe two thousand and four. Yeah. 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 Maybe maybe that was the joke. Like you should try Sears, and uh, they're on Sears. I'm pretty sure in uh, the evolution of strategy, we're incredulous that like is Sears <laughs> still there? Sears is it still have Sears? Uh, but anyway, uh, is the this the is catalogs? Mm-hmm. Rob, when's the last time you seen a catalog? Yeah. Print media. Remember when that was a thing? Mm-hmm. I am a print media journalist. Anyway, it's not important. It's just <laughs> and it's tough. No, it's a good point. Catalogs are not a thing. Mm-hmm. <laughs> is, is this the uh, getting? greased up challenge here yeah this is the challenge they created so they could see james mm-hmm. and later on jeremy greased up mm-hmm. and that's it i mean you run you slide slip and slide challenge um it's pretty straightforward in my opinion you know i mean run slide throw the ball throw the ball whoever okay wins, wins. um yeah. it's gonna be a win for the villains and they win a bunch of stuff uh they get a um i believe uh like a hardware uh set and Russell is going to find 
uh, an idle clue in uh, the hardware. Uh, he sort of like uh, uh, finds it in front of everybody, and then ultimately uh, everybody is aware of there being a clue to the hidden immunity idol. But this is going to come up a lot here in this season. And Shannon, uh, I do believe that this is the first season that we get the idol clues hidden in this specific way. And I think it's going to be a uh, very big transformative thing for the run of the show to have the idol clues hidden this way. Yeah, I mean, it becomes such the obvious mechanism to the point where then when people start winning rewards, that now they've caught on to the fact that like they should do this thing and be looking for it to the point where like later Amanda yeah. is going to be way too dismissive of that museum tour. Yes. <laughs> Just looking for the idol. But correct me if I'm wrong, like uh, that uh, I can't think of another time that we get that here before this. The only, the closest I can remember is that in Samoa that they get a clue to the idol, like on the sprint phone on the loved ones visit. Yeah. I mean, nothing comes to mind. We were very much for so much of the idols in the external Island era of survivor so a mm-hmm. lot of the time it was like it was on exile not yeah. necessarily at camp because i would like i was not thinking as much about the era because i was like wow this feels a little a little newbie for these veterans to like yeah. not be thinking of the reward but they i think they were just like caught unaware that this was going to be like the mechanism and yeah. then both both of them because then the heroes find it in the coffee so both of these tribes have these public idols and they like it's interesting because they react to it differently, but they react to it like opposite than you think. Like the heroes all go searching, which is you'd think what the villains would do, like, ooh, idol. Whereas like the villains, other than Russell, are like, we'll just throw it in the ocean. We'll all find it together. It's like, you guys yeah. are villains. We'll mark whoever is going to go look for it. Yeah. Yeah. Which is crazy. Mm-hmm. Yeah, the most, most villainous way to like uh, deal with an idol find is just be like, yeah, it's over there. Go get, go get it, and we'll vote you out. You know, like mm-hmm. the, the the heroes are the type of like, oh, we'll go find it together. We'll use it. And, yeah, like, villains are like, yeah, well, walk over like there if you want to. It's smart from Rob, I guess, because he hasn't played in the idol era. A lot of people have. Coach uh, Tyson, obviously, like you know, Poverty Russell, like all the modern players that were saying, he's more old school. So for him, who's like running the tribe, it makes a lot of sense to be like, I'd rather just like nullify this thing, play forward with my strategy and my extreme like strategic dominance and like just mark anyone who's trying to come in with this like extra little thing that maybe I'm not as, Mm -hmm. you know, I don't have as much experience in because I only played in Mm All-Stars. Yeah. Yeah. And I I guess a lot of them really didn't have, honestly, that much experience with the idols. Because if you think about it, Danielle was in a season where there was one idol Mm -hmm. and Terry had it the entire time. Um, James had both of the idols in his season in China. So Courtney, it's not like she's ever went idol hunting. Um, You know, so this is a new mechanism. But it's like Tom and Russell. Like Russell's just played. I don't know if they knew that he's like the idol king, but he was. They don't. Yeah, Pop they don't had know that. found the idol that didn't make the edit, but was part of the line with Amanda that found the idol. Amanda so the idol, yeah. it ended up so being there's relevant. A, so yeah, there's a few people who do, but like Jerry's never seen an idol before, you mm-hmm. know. So there's a but there's Rob's a few not people worried about Jerry. Like that's yeah, yeah, yeah. He, he should be. Uh, but yeah, I think in these moments, it's kind of just like it's my, it's almost like an unknown. The yeah. only. I won't say only Russell knows the magnitude of it, but only Russell has used one to pro- propel his game in the way that he's known to do, right? Like where he's, he does not make it to the end without idols and like poverty, like legit left an idol just sitting there, you know? So, you know, th- for some people it's like, Oh, an idol. But for Russell, it's like, Oh, thank God. Like final. Whoa. I don't know what my I was going to do. <laughs> you know, my precious, yeah, it's like my precious. Exactly. Yes. And, and Boston Rob is going to call him uh, like the Hobbit on crack here. 
<laughs> also, uh, but it's, it's interesting uh, because then they say everybody who looks for it is marked, and then Russell goes off, and Rob says to Sam, and Russell is like, go okay, follow, great, my follow. new alliance is a guy named Mark because I'll take that idol every day of the week. Yeah, for Mark sure. the chicken. Yeah, I'm not Mark. I'm Russell. Um, so uh, we do get to see Sandra spying again. She, uh, underrated part of uh, Sandra's game is that uh, she I- invents the spy shack. Yeah, spy more if you want to be a two-time survivor winner. It's definitely the running mm-hmm. theme. But like, this is the fun Sandra stuff that I wish we get like even more of. But like, she's sneaky. That's the game. Like she's so sneaky. It's these individual little moves. It is working now in this big group, but like in her own way, like who can sneak better than Sandra? So like, yeah, I mean, even though she is just kind of falling in the big Boston Rob Alliance here and that's why she might go a little missing. It's moments like this where you're like, this is how she won. It was like the, the sneaky individual stuff. And we get the juxtaposition here in this episode of the heroes are going to find their own idol clue. Chappelle, Uh, they find theirs uh, in the coffee. Uh, it's where I would have found this was the the idol I've, I've always said I'd be bad at this game this is the idol I would have found this would be my crowning achievement I probably would have played it incorrectly but I would have found this idol because I you look no look for some coffee you gonna find me not too far from it um they find the note is hidden at camp uh they're like oh, okay now we need to find the idol Kobe and Tom know they need to find the idol JT is looking James looking Amanda's following it they're all looking it's like a grand search now for the idol um so it's a very different approach than what you see from the villains for sure mm-hmm. yeah ultimately uh this uh idol hunt is going to uh culminate in Tom finding uh this idol Shannon a damn idol took out Surreal. Never forgive that idol. Um, but yeah, Amanda sees, and then Tom knows that Amanda sees. So as we're saying, two of these people who are like more elevated on the Heroes tribe, reading mm-hmm. each other well in, in that moment. Um, so that that is, yeah, an interesting part of what the Heroes are doing. Okay. Yeah. yeah. Look at Amanda. Like, Amanda does not miss things. Like, she is perceptive in a lot of ways throughout this season. Not better than show. Yeah, no, uh, we're, we're gonna have to go down to a fan vote at yeah. the end of this. Mm-hmm. No, I'm, I'm happy to like fight it out when we get down to like the crunch yeah. of like, the early merge and stuff. Ruben was doing yeah. good things; it was shocking, I, but it was true. Yeah, I'm sure he did something in this episode. We just didn't see it. But Amanda definitely tailed Tom and saw that Tom had it, you know, and so they were able to kind of plan for this. Unfortunately, it's going to lead to three poorly. Out, mm-hmm. yes. I just really hate this idol like so much because yeah. three deserve better. Yeah. All right, well, let's get to our immunity challenge. Uh, it's the uh, Russell Swan challenge uh, from Samoa. We finally uh, get to complete it. Uh, it ends up with a uh, table maze blindfolded. Uh, the villains win, and uh, Jeff has to say to Boston Rob, after the tribe wins, like, Rob, you stepped up in a very gutsy position as the caller. Uh, just uh, really, just uh, oh, going uh, way overboard. Uh, it with is the ridiculous Rob in the season. At, at, like, at, at every point, level. yeah, yeah. Tell me more. Tell me more. <laughs> okay, it um, is. That's that's the true romance. You hear all of this, Coach Jerry. No, it's Jeff and Boston Rob for sure. All right. Uh, let's get back to uh, this uh, fateful idol. There are eight people left in uh, the Heroes Tribe, and uh, the talk is about a uh, six to two idol split where they could put three votes on Tom and three votes on Colby. Um, but we end up with a, 
Amanda coming in and uh, talking with uh, Tom a little bit, right? And then uh, Tom proposes a deal that Amanda seems like uh, she wants to go for. She's so excited about it. Yeah. Chappelle, uh, this doesn't sound like that great of a deal for Amanda. Uh, Which part? Going going with, uh, you know, uh, Tom and Colby. Yeah. So I think here, this is still like, Amanda, what are you what are you doing here? But I think Amanda wants does she want Candace out right now? Yeah, so Tom, Tom but Candace is the other name. Because there was this weird thing where like JT told Sari that Candace, who had been aligned with Sari, was gunning for her, but then Sari confronted Candace and then Candace kind of went around being like, Who said this? And it made her look a little unhinged, even though she was like the one who was like getting targeted in this way. And like, she's always been on the outs, but she is connected to Sari, but then she keeps being like the de facto name. Like Sari doesn't want that, especially over Tom, but maybe other people would be cool to lose Candace mm-hmm. and maybe yeah. get an idol out of it. But then that's yeah. not good for Sari in any way. So yeah, exactly. I think, I think Amanda's right in targeting Candace here. You know, Candace has been someone who's, who's not been willing to work with that, that alliance that she's with, you know, she very much was the swing vote, you know, which it means she's not locked in. So yeah, maybe she's like, look, we can get Candace now. We know Tom has the idol. So we, you know, let's go ahead and just knock this out. We might win some more challenges would be nice because they think Tom is so much better of a competitor than Candace. So I don't think this is horrible. I just think that like, this is not an option that's on the table for Sari. Sari's like, no, no, yeah. no. Since we're talking about Candace, let's just go ahead. Like, wh- why are we doing the half measure? Let's just get Tom and the idol. Mm-hmm. If Tom plays it, okay, fine. Candace will go, and then we won't have to deal with the idol. So, yeah, I, I agree with Shannon here. Um, Sari and Amanda just happen to be in two different points strategically, and they both are putting their foot down uh, in the most respectful way because they're allies. Mm-hmm. Well, Amanda's not like putting her foot down. Like, when Sari's so- like, this is dumb for all of us, and Amanda's like, oh, okay. Um, where, yeah, it might have had some merit for Amanda, but, yeah, for Sari, she's the person who's most at odds with Tom. He's been, like, actively gunning for her at a point where he, like, she'll get voted out by him today. And she's closest to Candace, it seems, so that would be, like, a terrible move. She wouldn't even be getting the idol. She's, like, not part of this plan in any way. That would be terrible for her. So she puts her foot down. And it's like JT is now, like, spying in the bushes. He's, like watching from afar as well like he's not part of it mm-hmm. and i guess they just feel like she's got like too much power as they've always thought and then like this plan it's interesting that the splits go so wrong I mean, a couple of times very very close together here like it's a it's a crazy thing that like jt does is like he flips on everyone mm-hmm. he says it's like a, a gut and heart this this decision and he later comes back it's like i made up my mind at tribal council that's why i didn't tell you like shouldn't all of his allies be you can decide to flip on us at tribal and have a plan in motion where that would be like numerically possible for you in this like slim like like split vote where an idol needs to be played like there's a lot of mechanics to this vote so you like put it in place and then got to decide at tribal council didn't tell any of us it's kind of a marvel and maybe speaks to the opposite sides of the aisle that everyone's on why is not everyone just like JT next, right? Like he's mm-hmm. not working with anyone. It is Shut so up, JT. Yeah. Yeah. It, I don't know how like that is. It's probably a strength thing. Maybe just like a ballsy leadership thing, possibly a social thing. 
I mean, it is it's ridiculous that he gets away with this to yeah. the point where he's going to lead the heroes. Like he's been screwing over all of them to, to flip to make this move and then and and then flip back and then uh, to then to be able to you know target Tom and potentially Colby. Yeah. What was the issue that he just felt like that? Oh, Sari isn't going to work with me. Yeah. Hold on. JT is not wrong though. Like, let's be very clear. If JT and Sari make it to the merge and they're not a tight two. JT is a casualty to that to that like fight. Like, so far away from now. Is it though? Because if you look at them and they continue to lose challenges, then Sari's name is gonna come up sooner than later. Like, look at the other options. Candace, Tom. So it's kinda like, yeah, it's either gonna be Candace this week and maybe Sari next week, or it's Sari right now, and then you know, I have a little wiggle room. I don't blame him for targeting well, I hold on. I blame him and I will always hold it against him for targeting Sari here, but I don't think it's a bad move for him. I think it's very sloppy to think that you can betray your allies and go back to them, but but it also works and it also works. They, they welcome him back because they need him so much. Like he can go back and betray uh, Tom and Colby now because he doesn't have to worry about the idol at that point. Uh, And Amanda and them need him. Like they do need him. They need him for challenges. They also hate Tom. Uh, Tom and James have been fighting for weeks at this point. So it's not like, you know, JT would be the next option in a way that Candace ends up doing later on in the game. But in this moment, he has a little wiggle room. It's just very sloppy and kind of slimy the way he pulls it off. Mm -hmm. And so, yeah, if it was me, I would be pushing for JT. The moment we get back to Tribal Council, I'm like, why haven't we voted out JT? But I think there's just no... Well, there's no yeah. room. Even like Amanda and Candace, they never trust him again. You can tell they never trust him again. But at that point, they're like, what can we really do? Mm-hmm. But that but that is a credit to him. Like it's a physical credit mm-hmm. to him. It's a social credit to him. And they're like, JT has relationships with everyone. Like he comes in playing so big from the jump, like making deals with everyone that he's going to go back on, wanting to play villainous. I guess kind of wanting to change it up from the way he played. And he does have the million dollars in the bank. Um, and that's going to lead to some bigger moves down the road. But he basically is just like taking the shots and knowing that he does have enormous space to do that because of the dynamics, because of the way he's relied upon and because of his relationship. So when I'm saying like, how are they not all going back and being like, why aren't we voting out JT? That is a huge credit to him that he can still get out a huge threat, still work with people, still make relationships that might pan out down the road with a Colby and Tom if it doesn't go the way that it does and they lose the next challenge. Still kind of keep relationships across the aisle and take out his target and make a huge move in doing that. And they still come back like it shouldn't work, but it does. And that's not by accident. Mm-hmm. Boy, uh, they really did uh, Sari dirty in Game Changers, too. Putting her on a starting tribe uh, with uh, JT and and also with Ozzy. Yeah, Yeah. it's like... Uh, they, this this show yeah. just continuously likes to just screw over mm-hmm. Suri in so many ways. Yeah. Like, I, it's, a, it's a wonder I'm still here, honestly. Also, <laughs> there's like a really funny exchange in Tribal Council where Jeff is talking to Rupert about like sticking with his group instead of doing just like the physical thing. It's like, does Jeff not understand alliances? This is season 20. He's like, so you just go with your group over like the physical thing. I was just mm-hmm. Jeff. What game mm-hmm. do you think this is? Um, which is funny. And like James and Colby talking about how they don't like the social stuff. Mm-hmm. It's funny to me as well. Yeah, they're but, you know, what a de- depressing episode. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. Uh, look, if you're gonna get Suri out of the game, uh, something spectacular uh, needs to happen. And Do you it on vote, a failed vote. split with an idol with a someone switching a to minority and surviving right. it. Yeah. Right. In the, pre- in the pre-merge. Yeah. Well, that's like the whole thing with Sari, right? Like in her entire career, she's had something like, I think it's nine votes all over because she goes in game changes with zero votes. She goes here um, with just the 
the, the three votes. Yeah. Um, in, in Micronesia, she obviously goes just with Amanda's one vote. In Panama, she goes to fire. So, like, every single time, you can't get her, like, this is the most, and it's three votes, and it's a minority. It's crazy. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah. yeah. All right. Uh, do you want to move on to uh, s- something uh, uh, less depressing? Yes. Yeah. Okay. Sari was robbed, but we can The, be- the best it. moment in the entire season. Okay. Um, <laughs> this, this whole episode is so funny. Episode five is hilarious. All right. Uh, well, let's. Uh, you want to talk about some Coach Chi, Dragon Slayer uh-huh. Chi, while yeah, Russell so, finds the idol? I thought it was yeah. like to be doing that in private. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, Coach is like, no. That's like a private no, thing. Yeah. It, did, it didn't last very long. Coach is like, look, <laughs> what if I bring y'all into what I'm good at? And this is like, look, mm-hmm. a happy medium there. Um, <laughs> but uh, yeah, they talk about, you know, what. Um, I guess the backlash of JT's move, Rupert's Mads, Candace and Amanda, like whatever, we hate them. Um, but you know, like like Shannon was saying, like they can't ever get them back. So it's very quick touch on with the heroes. Um, uh, but like it's one of those things where the villains got more interesting stuff going on. This is why this episode is so good, because um while they're doing Coach Chi, Russell is doing the Russell thing. He's going to find the idol again. Mm-hmm. And so um and and now he finds it. You know, he says he's been looking for two days straight. So here's the thing. You say, okay, if you go over there, you're a marked individual. We're voting you out. For for a normal person, maybe going over there, seeing, okay, they didn't love that. Maybe I don't need to go back. No, no, no. Russell goes back every day for, th- for two days straight. They're like, okay, like, do you want, a, like, you just come write your name down for me because you obviously don't care. You don't respect us enough to not go over there every five minutes. Um, but he finds the idol, and this is a very happy moment for him. Okay. Russell has uh, the idol. Uh, let's go to the challenge. And uh, for reward, uh, we're going to play uh, some Schmergen Brawl. But first, how about a little taste of what you're going to be playing for? Because no. the reward is going to be some delicious chocolate. Don't want it. Nope. Nope. You, it's right here. Treat. It's right here. Shannon, let's try it. Just, just want to get to the challenge. Just yeah. want to get to well, the challenge. We're gonna, we'll get there in a second. Yeah, we'll talk like, about it. Yeah. You just want to try the chocolate. chocolate. No. Oh. no. You sure? You, are you going to sit out of the challenge, too? Like, because, no. yeah. <laughs> we'll get there when I'm ready, brother. Okay. Yeah. It's so yeah. good. It is such an, it's like hilarious anyway, because it's again like Colby just in a bad mood. It's so nonsensical that they're so offended by the chocolate. Then Jeff is like, it's just, the, the, this is the best part just some chocolate <laughs> like that and then he's yeah we'll get to it when i'm ready and then it cuts to okay and the hero sitting out a man and then colby i'll sit out like he was so set on playing the challenge that he wouldn't even eat the chocolate and then he didn't even play game the face. challenge and somehow and then james gets injured and they have to play a man down they don't even bring colby in which feels unfair no you said you were sitting funny. out that's it well, yeah. I think if Kobe wasn't being a jerk, then maybe like Jeff, if this was the Kobe that Jeff was in love with, you know, seasons ago, he's like, Kobe, get on Donaldson, get on in here, save the day. And Kobe like, got, like, this is that. like okay, Jeff, I'm on the way. It's yeah. like, Kobe Donaldson. Yeah. Like, and he's like, like coming into the theme music. But now it's like, no, you sit your ass over there. No chocolate for you. No game for you. Just sit over there. And yeah, Kobe just sitting some chocolate. Yeah, yeah. Uh, this is going to end the uh, two-season arc of Schmergen Brawl, Shannon. Uh, that it took out. Look, it was one thing when it took out Mike Barassi. <laughs> yeah, we he thought he was going to take everybody downtown to Chinatown. He's a mean oh, motor right. scooter, uh, but yeah. now 
took out James. It's too far. Yeah. It's too far. Not a great track record for Schmerg and Brawl. Yes. Although uh, the James no. thing that I don't know if this was uh, just too much roughhousing. It seems like that James just like took a bad spill like on like uh, a piece of bamboo on the course. Yeah, mm. I don't know. I mean, I'm confused. But he, he keeps saying he's like it doesn't hurt. It's just like something's wrong with it. I don't really. I'm not. I'm not a doctor. Candace will be able to actually lend. Yeah. Chappelle, did you get a good look at what happened here? They didn't give us like the uh, like the instant replay like we get in like an NFL game when there's an injury. No, it happens very fast, and and it's because this challenge is absurd. There is mm-hmm. no reason why grown individuals should just be like, "All right, I know you haven't eaten in a long time, but let's go tackle each other." It's like what? Mm-hmm. I don't got a puzzle or a balancing thing we can do. Like there's no swimming. It's like basketball, but with wrestling. Yeah. Basketball, rugby, you know? (laughs) And so it's very, it's very violent. They're not wearing any type of padding. So yeah, people are going to get hurt. I mean, James does like really hurt his knee here and he has to sit down, but I mean, there are other people who get injured. I think like Courtney gets a little injured here. Yeah. Rupert crushes Jerry completely. I mean, just like smacks her head. Like like, so apologetic. And then she's so like off it. She's not, it was just funny because like knowing the Rupert Jerry connection that is not mentioned. Rupert and Jerry. Yeah, uh, yeah, all the way yeah, to yeah. Rupert's exit. Yeah, yeah. You want to talk about a backstory? Yeah, go look, go back and watch All Stars, <laughs> and now watch this and watch Rupert just crack Jerry over the head. Jerry's like, Rupert, what the hell? And he's like, I didn't mean to do that. Like, yeah, like oh, I meant on. to do it. Mm-hmm. He becomes like right. very, he's like sorry, and then he's like very defensive when she's like really mad about it. Mm-hmm. Like, grow up, Jerry. It's just and, like, the play was over, and he's yeah. just. I mean, I think it was in- instinctive, but like, bam, right into the. <laughs> The boundary, mm-hmm. no. Right. Yeah. He just crushes her, you know. It's, and then he's like, get over it. Like, like what? <laughs> she can be a little yeah. upset here. Yeah. Love this from Rupert. <laughs> okay. Um, the villains are going to go uh, to the chocolate feast. Uh, and then uh, they're also going to get to hang out in the cave. But while uh, the uh, main alliance hangs out in the cave, uh, Russell, I guess Russell's afraid of the water and he didn't seem to like uh, want to go swimming. Uh, he tells Parvati that he has the idol. So that's a big moment. He to get in the ocean and watch How are you skipping over the best part of this? What, 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 what did I skip over? Pavi has like a weird British accent. Yeah, so she does that in, in Micronesia also. That's like her a voice that she does. It's weird. But mm-hmm. yeah, so the idol thing's probably more important. Like he's telling Pavi about um the idol. Like I think the way Russell uses idols as threats is probably some of the most impactful parts of his game. Like not even a stretch, like to bring people in. We'll talk about his move at the Tyson vote, but I think the most impressive part of that is like posturing for coach, bringing in coach, making Jerry that impressed that he wants to work with him. And he even now he's like, he tells coach that he would use it for him. Coach loves this. Like the show of loyalty, obviously like he's very tight with Rob, but that's like exactly how you appeal to coach. So like in terms of like Russell's social game, like most of it has to rely around these mechanisms. It seems like that's the best way for him to play it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's like that story about the penguins have to go find the pebble or whatever it's in they mate so you give them a pebble or something like that that's russell with these idols he's like look i got this thing for you and probably <laughs> like oh thanks uh like okay this is cool um yeah but i i think here's another example too of poverty like she's being her own player like she's very much poverty but she's not the poverty that like that the lore is around right because in her head she's like why does everybody think i'm an evil mastermind who's gonna vote them out like because you are you are 
you are that person. No, so, you really? are. Yeah. 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 Like, I I don't think that's me, but I, I can use Russell moving forward. And that's when you get the lines. That's when you get the, like, yeah, just grab onto my coattail. Like, I don't ride coattails, baby. Like, mm-hmm. And Russell's like, yes, you will. She's like, no, I won't. Like, mm-hmm. I love him for a second. Mm-hmm. He said, you'll ride D's. I was like, ah, Russell. Like, Their relationship is so effed up. I can't with it. Like, <laughs> ride these coattails. You'll ride them as much as I tell you to ride them. So scary. Like, I don't ride coattails. like, yes, you do. No, I don't. Mm-hmm. Uh, I love every second of it. So iconic. Yeah. Uh, Russell... Shows the idol to Coach. Uh, then um, Coach uh, wants Russell to knight him. Uh, Chappelle, have you ever been knighted or knighted anybody? No, but I would like to. Like, mm-hmm. Sorry, call me Sir Chappelle. I would. I take it. You know. Mm-hmm. But um, Russell getting knighted by. I'm sorry, Ro- Russell knighting Coach is so silly to me um, because he goes to Coach and he's like, "We have the idol now. Like, I could use this for you." We're a team. We got this. And Coach is just like, oh, my God. I wanted to play with Boston Rob, but look at Russell. He's putting all this trust into me. Like, and you know, once you trust me, I can't betray you ever. Like, just look at Randy. With my dying breath, I tried to save him. So, um, yeah, Russell, knight me one of the knights of the round table, And, you know, I will be a loyal servant to you as long as yeah. it's not at the expense of Boston Rob, maybe. Like, he really but- puts himself into this spot. Shannon, I, I don't really understand knighting too much, but isn't that like a great honor when somebody does something? Like, why? But Russell found the idol. Why is he knighting Coach? Why does Coach do anything? Like, this is why this is a good season because all of these people are really strange. Yeah. Um, oh, you did something cool. Say, can you knight me? Yeah. Can you knight me? Like, who goes around asking to be knighted? If you have to ask for it, maybe it shouldn't be done. People will decide when they want to knight you. Mm-hmm. Um, but there's this culture of idol sharing in the season, and particularly with the villains tribe that I find really, really interesting. Like, something shifted. When Russell plays it for poverty, I know I'm skipping ahead a little bit, but when he, even now, like he's trying to say he could use it for coach and it does create so much loyalty that people are like, he could use an idol for me. Like think about how powerful that is. And then it becomes like a scary thing later. Like when they think Danielle has the idol in the merge, they're like, but she could play it for Russell. Like Mm -hmm. I think before there might've been a more individual sense of like, I have an idol, I'm going to play for myself, but creating this culture of like, I'm almost definitely going to play it for someone else. It creates this like loyal understanding. And it also creates something really scary. Mm -hmm. Like we don't know where the idol is going. And I think that, Russell really putting himself on the line eventually to play for poverty. Like he puts his money where his mouth is and people buy it. They're intimidated by it. And they, they brought in by it through the, through the season. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. And we've not seen a lot of uh, that in uh, previous seasons. I think it re- it really starts to take hold here. Yeah. I mean, when has it been done before this? I'm trying to yeah, think, think uh, did, Sh- did sugar play an idol for Maddie? Yeah. Yeah. No, shit. Maddie, take this wretched thing. Yeah. You know, like, that's not the same. Um, but yeah, it's I the think. impact of like winning a vote with, of like saving someone's life in the game that they were like, oh, like, you'll see how much that, that gets Jerry in. That, mm-hmm. That's the whole shift, this idea yeah. of playing it and saving someone else. Idols yeah. were new and shiny and like like a lot of them hadn't been like used one up close, you know? And so for Russell to be like, nah, 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 not only do I got these idols, but. I could play it for you too. And you're like, wait, mm-hmm. me? Like, we ain't got to blindside you with two, like we have to do James. You know, like, this is like, wow, this is some new professional stuff. This stuff is in different areas. Y'all are crazy out here now. Mm-hmm. And so I think that's what it is. And I think for someone like Jerry, who is not familiar with idols, it's like, well, look, 
if he got an idol, he said he's willing to play it for me. I need to be close to him because I've played with Boston Rob before, and Boston Rob ain't playing no idol for me no time soon. Mm-hmm. So well, yeah. Maybe- Align with somebody who might do this amazing thing that Russell ends up doing um, for Parvati. Especially because, like, he was in actual such danger of going home. It makes him, like, an unpredictable madman that you're scared to play against because who knows what he's going to do next. But it also makes him, like, this loyal person that you want to play with because that's, like, the biggest show of loyalty you're going to see. For someone like Coach, you know, or definitely for Jerry, like, it ends up being just, like, the most incredible thing to show of an ally. So if you're against, if you're with him or you're against him, as he would say, as Boston Rob would say, it's really powerful both ways. And we'll talk about the way Russell plays idol throughout the season. Even when he like plays them wrong, I feel like just the sense of intimidation that he can create with that, um, just in the um, sheer unpredictability of like now idols are flying everywhere and who knows who I'm going to play it on next. It just makes him that much more scary to play against. Okay. Yeah. And I, I'd say Russell is probably a lot more diplomatic in the early game on both his seasons. Um, yes. I don't count oh my God. Finale, it, 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 yeah. It's like down a hill where he like through the yeah. merge, like it was not like this early on. Like it was quite social. He's like bringing exactly. people in through the merge. It's only like, you'll be next. I have yeah. this idol played mm-hmm. against you. Like it's, it's much more yeah. adversarial. He, I would feel going, he through. spends the pre-merge trying to build an army. And then he spends like the merge just trying stabbing to decimate them one by like, one. Yeah, and, but he like stabbing them in the front and talking trash <laughs> about him while he's doing it. So it's like, it's like he loses the thing that made people flock to him in the first place. Like, it's not like this idol. It's like, he shows it to coach who hates him. And then coach is like, well, night me. This is coach who he actually has a decent working relationship with. And now he has something shiny to win him over. Same thing with Jerry. That will go it's out of the window positive. very quickly. Yeah. yeah, it will go out of the window quickly. But in the beginning, that's the game he's playing. He's like, you know, I'm just happy to be surrounded by all you amazing villains. Like, y'all, the people I played with before don't hold a candle to y'all. Y'all are so amazing. And they're like, oh, this Russell doesn't know what he's getting himself into. In confessional, he's like, I'm Russell Hitz. You know, so um, but- it's very fun to see him kind of juggle those two personalities here well my theory on like why it gets so much dark and negative rather than just like trying to play quite socially is that at the merge vote he loses control he doesn't know how it's going to go poverty outplays him his read is wrong and then it becomes like so individual it becomes all about control and he throws like social capital out the window yeah exactly and she she outplays him which i think is worse you know she like gets one over on him she does that by herself mm-hmm. without him. And I think that the way he goes through a, a very short merge after that, voting out Danielle using these intimidation tactics is very much like something happened without me looking. It's kind of like a teacher being kind of nice. And then a student like, you know, maybe like does something while the, while the back is turned. It's like, okay, no more Mr. Nice guy. You're mm-hmm. all in detention. You know, like I think that he's like putting them in lockdown. <laughs> Sorry. I'm, on my I'm the principal. Y'all so going like, to detention. Yeah. I'll see yeah, you after like, school. Poverty. Yeah. He's like <laughs> completely done with, with mm-hmm. any sense of like playing nice after he kind of misses that vote. But, but anyway, we'll y'all just that. bought yourself another week of detention. <laughs> yeah. That's what it's yeah. like. You mess with you the bull, you get handle. the horns. <laughs> okay. He goes yeah, right the board. Like getting his way. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Exactly. Okay. Like a child. All right. Uh so James, uh we mentioned he got hurt. Uh he has to get like uh taped up from medical. There's some concern, but uh Chappelle, this was like such a romantic moment when Amanda runs to James. Yeah, like if you hadn't seen the previous seasons with those two, you probably think like, is this? Are they mm-hmm. a couple? Why? Why are they so connected? They they didn't they couldn't have just met or you know like because they're obviously very much a tandem in this season. But I think Amanda is very very correct in being like, 
okay, I need James in this game because James is what's keeping her aligned with the guys. It seems like she doesn't, she doesn't love JT at this point. Uh, Rupert is Rupert. Uh, Colby and Tom are out to get her. Um, and so it's like, I need James. I don't, I'm, I can't afford to lose him to this, but also James has gotten injured before and I've played with him three times. I've spent at least a hundred days, you know, with the man. Uh, yeah, I, I don't want him to go out like this. And so she's very happy to see him. She runs down the beach. She just like hugs him and crying. He's like, it's okay, baby. Like, Oh, okay. This is cool. Mm-hmm. Um, but he says he wants to turn his lemon knee into lemonade. And for some reason, that's so funny to me. Yeah, I could not work out what he was saying. And then I went to the Wikipedia page because they have all the confessionals written down. And it is written down wrong on Survivor Wiki because then I realized what he was saying. And that's not yeah. what Survivor, Survivor Wiki could not work out the whole lemony lemonade thing. But also the funniest moment of this, again, hilarious episode in, in this scene is Amanda's in confessional, like crying that she hopes James comes back. And it just cuts to JT being like, I don't think James is coming back. <laughs> like, mm-hmm. just, yeah. <laughs> Yeah. Funny yeah, I think it was JT. Well, Rupert yeah. as well. Yeah, yeah his knees not going <laughs> to hold him back uh, too much in this challenge because uh, it's a blindfold challenge. You don't need to run uh, when you're blindfolded, and uh, it's the old uh, get the giant Tetris pieces and bring them back. You and love that make one, the puzzle. Rob. One of my Rob's one favorite. of my faves, Boston mm-hmm. Rob. No trouble putting the puzzle together today. Well, Schmogen Roll and then this. They had a rough. <laughs> couple of days yeah they were trying yeah. to injure somebody mm-hmm. yeah, they were trying to get just like legends of yeah. the game just like unceremoniously medivac from the season i'm pretty sure that um I, jerry was the caller in all stars on this right do you remember do you recall shannon i think she was wouldn't you know better than me uh, oh, yeah, yeah. Yeah. i don't to find someone who actually played in all stars yeah, she, yeah. she, she was the caller uh in australia in the blindfold challenge so i feel like that this is uh that in three different seasons we see jerry as the caller uh in the challenge like the blindfold challenge yeah yeah yeah, yeah. I mean, she eventually gets it right is be- gets better at it um yeah. So he does well here, though. Yeah, even if he doesn't necessarily want to be in that spot, I think that he he does pretty well. Yeah, oh, no, heroes he have a big lead back, again, but back. yeah, <laughs> the vill- yeah he's like losing his voice. He gets very hoarse. Robert, damn it, Robert, turn around, Robert, Jack, mm-hmm. Robert. <laughs> I love it. Um, I but I don't love this from James. So after the after the challenge, they lose the challenge, and he's like, "I'm better than Tom. Uh, injured like injured me is better than Tom Westman." James. James, stop it. Mm-hmm. Stop, James, I hear you strategically. Yes, you should be saying that, but stop it. Stop it. You cannot walk. You're doing a poor job at walking. Yeah. Tom Westman can physically run. We've seen the thing happen. And I'm not saying there are no there are some challenges that won't be, you know, that you won't be good at despite not being able to walk. But if a Schmergen brawl comes up, a sumo wrestling challenge comes up, the things that the villain the villains have been losing at. Like, you, James, you're not gonna be much help there. You just you're not with this bad knee. So, uh, you know, I get what he's doing, but come on, James, stop lying. To the point where like James and Jeff are like arguing at tribal council. Jeff's like, my niece could beat you in a race right now, and James is mm-hmm. like, no, she couldn't. I could beat your niece. I can promise you that. Like, he says, Jeff, I could beat you. <laughs> Make no mistake. And I'm like, actually, I would like yeah, to see let's that. See it right now. Let's see it. Yeah. yeah. But, like, mm-hmm. the fact that he feels like he has to defend against the knees comment is hilarious to me. <laughs> um, but, yeah, this yeah. is, like, some interesting dynamics because it's, like, again, this is why JT can't be voted out because he's a swing vote again. He and Candace, who has been on the block 
other swing votes between this like Rupert, Amanda, James contingent, and then uh, Colby and Tom. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's so much power. Like JT just like sliced up the Zero's pre-merge. Like he has all the power. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. And another person who's doing this in a strategic way is Rupert, of course, because Candace is like, hey, James can't even run. Why are we even discussing this? Let's just vote him out. And Rupert's like, if that's your criteria, baby, you should have voted me out. And I'm like, duh, vote out Rupert. He cannot run. Like, you need this. You need to get him out of here. But like, Rupert's saying the right thing. He's like, baby, let's get rid of Candace. Mm -hmm. (laughs) He very quickly was like, you know, this Candace, she has some wild ideas. She sounds like a smart one. Maybe she's in med school or something. Let's get rid of her. Okay. Um, I think we need to uh, make up some time here. So uh, anything else on Tom's vote? I just feel like the way we come out of this is really interesting because I feel like we have the type three of Amanda, Rupert and James who are kind of like part of that like old Suri alliance more, more in like that that camp, um, even though James is about to go. And then we have like three individuals like Colby who's been with no one but Tom. Now Tom is gone. JT mm-hmm. who works with anyone and no one. And Candace who has been on the bottom. It's interesting that after James goes, this five is going to be such a like connected five and really yeah. like have success because it really is like five very separate people. So I think it's an interesting uh, dynamic and they're not going to lose another immunity challenge. They're going to go to tribal in the double next episode. And then it's going to be straight on to the merge. And as we all know, that goes really well. And um, JT is actually the winner of the game. So mm-hmm. it goes, it goes all well. Mm-hmm. Sure. <laughs> All right, um, let's go to the the next episode. And so um, we have got a really f- interesting scene uh, that is going to uh, be pretty uh, amazing between uh, Russell and Rob. And they, they they talk and it seems like that this is like a little bit of like uh, trying to uh, uh, bury the hatchet from uh, Russell's perspective. And you know, uh, Rob's not into it, Chappelle. Well, Russell does seem like he's being diplomatic in this moment, but he tells us, like, I just need Rob to feel secure because mm-hmm. I'm about to come for him. I, I like this moment because you have two players who are very much so villains, but also villains who need to be in control in order to feel comfortable in the game. And they are doing the things that you would think they would they do in this moment, right? Right. They should they should be burying the hatchet and saying, okay. Let's just fight through, win some more challenges, get to the merge and see what happens. But instead, they're like, so, you know, what if I made you feel a little uncomfortable? And Russell's like, oh, no, no, I'm going to make you feel uncomfortable. So it's a lot of like, hey, um, I don't want us to be, you know, battling against each other. I think we don't have to do that. And Rob's like, no, 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 no. You, mm-hmm. you don't have to worry about that because you're going home. Mm-hmm. Russell's like, whoa, whoa. I, what do you mean? He's like, well, you should find the idol because if not, you're going home. And Russell's like... I mean, if I find another clue, I'll find the idol, and then I'm not going home, but make no mistake, I don't have it yet. And I was like, well, you gotta watch your back, man. And Russell's like, yeah, you watch your back. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's mm-hmm. a lot of that going on. It's a lot of just kind of like a standoff. And you just have to wonder, like, come on, man, can y'all put this off for a couple more votes? Not really, because mm-hmm. I think they're gonna start picking off each other's armies at this point, right? Like, all the fodder is gone. So this next person who leaves... The fodder be Randy. Randy. Yeah. That one, that one yeah. The one person. Yeah. <laughs> all the yeah, person. seriously. The one yeah. Person. I, I mean, all the people, yeah. in, like all the swings are, are like up for grabs now. And so it's like, hey, we got to make this move because I need to start picking off some of your numbers and you have to pick off some of mine. So it's not really a lot to uh, that they can do here except kind of stare each other down and wait for it all to happen. But this this moment is just it's, it's electric. It's so good. Mm-hmm. Yeah. We're going to base a season off of it. 
Yeah. <laughs> I mean, this, this whole episode. Can I say that my, my the my favorite part of the rewatch was learning the Mandela effect that you're with me, like then against me. That that whole like saying that's a Rob thing. That's I, I and like I didn't remember that. I feel like history remembers that as Russell's. Yeah. But like it, it's Rob, and then Russell takes it. Like I, I've got it. Like in like how it's tracked through Russell, just like well, stealing it. From yeah. Him. Well, I think it's part. He's like, oh, okay, Boston Rob. Yeah. Yeah, and then he like, and then he even says like, as Rob said, like he he, he is crediting him, but definitely like history remembers. Ah, I did not remember. Said it better. This with Rob. Yeah, I didn't remember that. That's a Mandela effect for sure. Mm-hmm. Um, but that's yeah. Rob, and then it becomes like such an iconic Russell thing. And there's like something poetic about the fact that they're like more alike than different, maybe in in the fact that they like end up both using this statement that was Rob's. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and it's not even if you're not either you're with me or or you're against me. That's Russell's phrase. Rob yeah. is more like it's better to play with me than against yeah. me. Mm-hmm. So it, it ends up evolving. Of, yeah, yeah, it evolves into like Russell Hands like yelling at the top of his lungs, like I'm Russell Hands. Either you with me or you against me. Like there's a broken really telephone happened. on this phone. Yeah. Yeah, the way that it exactly. like like ends up changing throughout the season, like where it like started and ended up, or different. Okay, <laughs> for, yeah. sure. for sure. We are going to get a uh, double elimination, double it's double eviction, baby, because uh, we are going to get both tribes going to tribal council here in this episode. Uh, we're both going to play for individual immunity, and then the winner is going to get some hot dogs uh, for. Uh, a reward after it's over. Um, James actually does very well in the challenge, uh, which is wild. Yeah, yeah. says, what, what a trooper. You know, like, because mm-hmm. mm-hmm. <laughs> Jeff is in the background like, James, still in this challenge. Cordy's like, amazing. Like, yeah, mm-hmm. Jeff, we're all still in this challenge. I'm glad you're so happy for James. Mm-hmm. But like, mm-hmm. the rest of us are here too. Okay. Candace is going to win individual immunity. Uh, and then... Uh, That's safer, apparently. I'm sorry. Yeah, that that saves her. That, yeah, save, um, yeah, yeah. They say that's the only thing stopping Colby from going home next, except that he doesn't. Um, <laughs> so. Then Tyson, who won this challenge in Tokyo Sheens, uh that uh, ends up uh, losing out to Boston Rob here. Uh, there had been uh, uh, would anything change if Tyson won immunity here? Would have been quite key. Boston Rob would have gone home. <laughs> yeah, but he, you think Tyson still makes the same moves that he uh, that he made there? Uh, he's, uh, he's Even probably, more so. Yeah, he's like, the more fact bold, that he did right. this while vulnerable is kind of shocking. Like, <laughs> shocking. he would be even more emboldened. Yeah, <laughs> yeah okay. definitely. Yeah. Uh, Boston Rob uh, wins it, and then against Candace, uh, Boston Rob wins. So the villains will be getting some hot dogs. Yeah, right. you know these people—they starve these people, and then you're just hung- you're just hungry enough to eat whatever. Like I, I thought the chocolate feast was stupid. Like if I'm out here starving for nourishment, like a lot of chocolate out here in the hot sun probably isn't what you need to be eating. Mm-hmm. Hot dogs cannot be high up on the list either. Hey, you say no to chocolate? Uh, just chocolate. No. I mean, Kobe said no to chocolate. It's just chocolate, right? Mm-hmm. So I mean, I probably would say no to a chocolate feast, maybe like a piece or two. But I, hot dogs, it, mm, I don't know. You say no to the hot dogs? I mean, I like hot dogs. I, not as much as Tyson, apparently, because he's just trying to get... Yeah, exactly. Like, underrated part of the move is that, like, Tyson just wants to eat quicker, and that's yeah. why he doesn't want it to go to a revote, and that's, like, part of this. <laughs> mm-hmm. And, like, they mention it in the next episode, and Rob's like, so stupid. But, like, it's true. <laughs> like, we, we hear about it. So, like, the hot dogs, like, really, like, helped out and like, this ridiculous move coming to life. hmm Yeah. Okay. So... 
Where where do you want to go, Shannon? You want you talk about the, the about the, the heroes beach, or you want to talk well, about the, the villains? Super boring heroes beach, or one of the most interesting boats of all time. Let's yeah. well, let's keep it okay. fresh. Let's go to the hero. Let's yeah. go. Let's go to the villains. Mm-hmm. Uh, um, we got a lot of Superman with a fat in a fat suit talk. Uh, we're gonna yeah. see a race between uh, James and backwards JT. Yeah, there's what? a race. They talk about how much Colby sucks, just like with him. Yeah, it's fun. Like, uh, yeah, but, but but why is James racing JT? JT probably could beat all of these people in a foot race. Mm-hmm. So what is James racing JT really going to race? He race Rupert. Jeff's niece. Yeah, he could start with Jeff's niece, and then if he wins that, he can race up, like he's broke toe. Yeah, uh, <laughs> I do love. Rupert's this. not on trial here. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we uh, only week. for you. Only for you. We have this whole backstory about how that James grew up. Rooting for Colby. He was, uh, he, there was like some hero worship there. And then he's so disappointed Literally. to find out about Superman in a fat suit. It's like my Superman sucks. Yeah. Um, well, and it's disappointing to see my, a grown man go out like this. You know, it's a lot of toxic masculinity in this. In this well, he lays down his torch <laughs> again. Like the, for the, this is the first time he's going to do it again. But like, he's not going to go home like, there was stuff to be done. You are here with someone with a broken leg. Like, why are you giving up in this way? Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. So, I mean, he was like, he was lost in the challenge. I think that was the thing that like James had like beaten him in the challenge despite the leg stuff. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so mm-hmm. I think like that hey, really weighed go. on him. I'm ready to get voted out now. Yeah. yeah. I mean, <laughs> I mean, at, at this point, I mean, Tyson basically told him he needed gender reassignment. And so now, I mean, coach, I mean, like Kobe's not at like the peak of his like self-esteem, I guess at this point. Yeah. Right. So mm-hmm. yeah, I'm thinking that, um, yeah, he doesn't, he doesn't love the way he's performing either. And so it's just very sad to see him feel like this. Also very, you know, very, very funny because Kobe, this is the <laughs> oh same God, Kobe. When you said it, I was like, oh, I'm such a horrible person. I just found it really funny. Thank you for also saying it was really funny. Yeah. No, no, no. This is hilarious because later on in the season, Kobe will say, I never quit. I'll never give up. So, coach, calm down. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. You said this one thing. We all saw you. You don't have to lie to us. Jerry has so, a time. Um, yeah. <laughs> very much so. Call right. me a coach. Maybe there's not much difference, but yeah. look, James eats more. There's like yes. that. You bad know, banana yeah, Amanda will teach him the finer points of banana etiquette. Yes, important yeah. stuff. But well, I think this is definitely a Colby and Rupert thing, right? Like, look, we can deal with him having a bad leg and holding us back in challenges, but you cannot be eating all the fruit. Like Amanda goes mm-hmm. and tells him these things in the same sentence. She says, "You need to raise JT, and you need to be more aware of the bananas." And Jay's like, what are you talking about? She's like, listen, I'm just, I'm just the messenger. Raise JT, stop eating as many bananas. Yes. Or ask other people if they want one when you get one. Yeah. That's the banana etiquette. Okay. Let's talk about uh, Tyson. The most interesting vote happening on the other side of the Tyson and the villains. And uh, Boston Rob sort of comes back in and is like, uh, oh my God, I just realized something. Uh, And Boston Rob uh, tells them that, hey, I just thought of this right now. There's six of us, there's three of them. We should split the votes. Yes. And like, it, it probably was more innovative at the time. Obviously now you're like, I don't know. I just came off a couple of seasons with some weird ideas about vote splits, but in 2021, you're hoping like everyone thinks that even though it just went really poorly for Sari and it's about to go really poorly for Tyson, maybe this season is not a good indication of votes being split. Mm-hmm. But I mean, it makes sense because I guess the, the other thing that you could do if you're scared of splitting the vote or if you don't trust someone you're in your alliance because it's like a three, three, three. Is you could just pile on Danielle. 
you know, that's what Stacey comes up with in Fiji. But they trust their alliance, and I think they should. Like, that six feels really tight at the time. And it isn't even that someone turns on the alliance. Like, it's literally a mistake. And, it, it like, it wasn't someone being disloyal. So I get that they trust that, and it should work. It should work. Mm-hmm. Famous last words. And it did. And actually, Tyson won the season. So mm-hmm. that's I why. Mean, not this season, but, well. but, but a season. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, Rob as well. Yeah. yeah. He will win a yeah. season. So it all went, it all worked out. Yeah. yeah. Not this Rob, but a Rob. Mm-hmm. Um, so <laughs> what, one of my favorite parts of this episode, because there's so much going on in this vote, like Shannon says, this is the most interesting thing, you know, on television at, th- that, at that time for sure is like, okay, you got Rob who's I trying to it. get Russell to play the idol, right? He's saying, if you don't have the idol, you better go get it, you know? And, and, and Russell's like, I ain't stupid. I'm, I want to vote for Tyson. And so like that's happening at the exact same time. Then you later on, you see Tyson like in the in the camp of just like, okay, I have a plan. And Rob walks in like, nope, that's stupid. Don't do that. Whatever that is you're about to say, do not do that. Do this vote split. It's so good. You can't write it better. Tyson was legit about to say the thing that ends up getting him voted out. He's like, okay, what if I put an extra vote on poverty? Rob goes, no, no, no. Don't, we don't have to get in the weeds on that. Let's just do the vote split. It's foolproof. Your way is fancy. It's nice or whatever. It's too cute. We need to just do the vote split and everything will be fine. Tyson's like, yeah, you're right, Rob. What was I thinking? Mm-hmm. Fast forward to Tyson and Rob, uh, Russell talking. And Russell's like, yeah, Tyson, Um, I just don't know if I'm going to be able to save poverty. I just, mm-hmm. I just don't know what I'm going to do. I mean, I love her, but I just... I just don't think we could be together in this game. So I'm going to vote for her. Tell me more. Tell me more. I can't save her at all. Right. And so he's like, yeah, I just, I think I'm just going to vote for her. And Tyson's like, really? Well, now that you bring that up, Mm -hmm. what if I vote with you? And uh, then we can, uh, maybe I can be an ally to you later on in the game. Tyson doesn't say that, but this is his plan. He wants to vote with Russell and then potentially bring Russell in to like, okay, now that poverty's gone, maybe I can work with you. Um, And it's just such a bad, such a bad play right there. Because I think if Tyson, if it works, then yeah, fine. But it, it gets him voted out. Like, so it's the worst case scenario. Like a better case scenario is Boston Rob going out right here. If, if, mm-hmm. if Tyson had immunity and Rob does go out here by accident, I don't think that's a horrible spot for Tyson. Uh, but mm-hmm. because it's Tyson who gets himself voted out, this is really, really bad. Yeah. Yeah. Like had he been immune, I would actually understand it more because it's a ballsy play. I mean, it's risky. So it seems pretty minimal gain of like maybe working with Russell down the line more than he thinks he can work with Pavi, just making sure that Pavi's gone when she's like, been the one where like in, it, they don't want it to be Russell in, instead of poverty. But the fact that he does it while vulnerable, like that's the, that's the thing. Like, how do you have like that much confidence in it? Mm-hmm. Uh, like, so from Tyson's perspective, like, again, he wanted to eat. I think like he, he and Russell want to pile on the three, become a five. I think yes, they're thinking if Pav and Danielle pile on the three that it should be, Russell goes home. That's what he's trying to protect against, that he can keep Russell for the future. But it's like, it's such a small gain for like such a huge risk and you don't have immunity. That's a crazy thing to me. But imagine if uh, Tyson ends up uh, staying with the six here and then Russell goes home on just playing his idol on on poverty. Imagine uh, like that timeline. I feel like that Russell is in the discussion of like dumbest amount of player of all time. Like, wait, why did you do that? Yes, that's what's intriguing to me. Is like so. It's like Eric Reichenbach all over again. Yeah, it, he would have self-sacrificed, right? And I think like so. This has been my question about this episode: is like, 
how much agency did Russell have in it? Because it is somewhere between like a mindless self-sacrifice that would have seen him vote himself out. Someone was voting themselves out tonight. That I know for sure. Or it was one of like the best intentional moves of all time. What does Russell know? Like he's saying they'd be smart to split the vote, but he doesn't know if they will. He's like weighing up giving the idol to poverty. Like I put him somewhere between these two huge pillars of mindless self-sacrifice and one of the best intentional moves of all time. I think he has at least a modicum of agency. I, I think more than that. I, yeah. He's like, he's like feeling it out. He's reading it. He has a read on the split. And I think the possibilities that could happen, I think he is reading it. I think he takes a risk, a huge risk. And he sure. knows he could go home. He has played now like a lot of days in a short amount of time. I think he may, maybe sees some potential and possibly is wrongly thinking that potential is that they just won't split. They'll, they'll just pile on poverty and he'll save her that way, which is the wrong thing to read. But I think he's seeing risky potential, but is just thinking it's worth it. Because the, the biggest part, as I've said for me, is that he then talks to coach about it. This is how I treat my allies, you know, really like makes a scene of it. And I think if he just plays the idol on himself and does the safe thing, doesn't bring anyone over, he probably is next out. But it's that big play of like, I might go home. And I'm actually aware of that risk, but in, I see the possibilities here. I see some dynamics in the way that this can go. And I'm going to use it to bring people in. If it works, it's a long-term gain, like the longest-term gain. It does work out that way. If it doesn't, he will go home. I think he's aware of that risk, so I give him agency in that because I think he knows what's at stake. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah, I'd agree. Um, and especially because he has the conversation with Tyson. He identifies that Tyson is the mark anyway. He says, I want Tyson out, and I'm going to go and give Tyson's information. They could have easily voted for someone else. Like, he de- he decided, like, this needs to be Tyson. It's so I- brutal. Like, only yeah. Russell would, like, bring him over to vote himself out. Someone else might have a little bit of kindness to at least just vote out an ally. But, like, yeah. he's happy to just really just cut Tyson here on his own vote. It's so mean. Yeah. And even Tyson says, like, this is not rocket science. But the issue for Tyson is that his oh, name is the one. He's the decoy boot. Like, if the split goes wrong, Tyson goes home anyway. So Tyson's like, okay, look, if I can convince Russell to put a couple votes on poverty, then I might be safe. Like, you know, because I don't want somebody to accidentally vote for me and then I go home with four votes. So, I mean, I can see why it would be uh, attractive to Tyson to even start thinking along these lines. I think it's more impressive that Russell decides to make the move. Because this reminds me of in Micronesia where they're saying, like, would Eric be dumb enough to fall for this? And like to the point where Natalie Bolton thinks she's being punked. She's like, why are y'all bringing up this stupid ass plan to me? Why y'all want me to look dumb? Like I must be going home. Mm-hmm. Uh, so that's, that's why I think it's so impressive because it's such a crazy plan. There's like, okay, if it works, you can have all the credit. I'm sorry. I can't, I can't take away from you because you executed it to where it worked and it shouldn't have. Um, it wasn't just dumb luck, you know, it I don't was think actually, it was just dumb luck. Yeah. Yeah. He's part of those conversations. He's reading some stuff there. Yeah. But if he does go home, the poverty mystique goes through the roof so much faster. Because not only have they got like Eric Riken back to to give up his thing, but now Russell has thrown his game away from her and her like feminine wiles and her mm-hmm. skippies like <laughs> swimsuit. Like, oh my gosh. Like, could you imagine the next season? Like Poverty versus Natalie Bolton, you know, like, like, like it would Natalie just, like, Bolton it would, just, would would uh, self sacrifice for poverty in that season. It would it would be Redemption Island all over again, where everybody's just falling over themselves to go to the end and lose to poverty. Um, so I don't know. I just thought it was so fascinating because you're right. If Russell does this, it's looked at the dumbest move, but they're going to give poverty credit for it. Like, sure. oh my gosh, oh. It just charms everyone. Let her yeah. win the season at that point, please. Mm-hmm. They might as well just name the next season Survivor Poverty. <laughs> it gives him that what most seasons are. I mean, I feel like for Russell, 
he's doing it for himself. Um, it's not like, cause I've seen people legitimately self-sacrifice recently. I've seen people accidentally try to self-sacrifice because they aren't reading splits or not knowing what's going on. I feel like Russell knows here what's at stake, mm-hmm. but it's just like that debate between I'm in the minority. I have this one idol. I have this one play. Like, what am I going to do? Be like so defensive, play it on myself, definitely see tomorrow. And then just have, like probably lose poverty and have like nowhere else to go nowhere to go or am I going to use it really offensively make a move yes leave myself completely wide open trust in my read trust in the hope if I go home I like went down swinging in a bad situation Mm -hmm. that I think I I, I don't know how I would get myself out of that situation basically like it's worth the play to get some some room to maneuver and you get so much room to maneuver so like yeah Mm -hmm. I do give it a lot of credit okay yeah anything else to say here on the Tyson vote it's sad to see Tyson go here. Sure. He's gonna be I mean, it's winner. sad, but it's... And I had to explain this to Dominic, who was very sad uh, oh. watching this part. I uh, said, like, Tyson's, Tyson's going to win. <laughs> no, no, don't spoil him. Uh, yeah, he, knows, he knows. Rob, he knows. Uh, but yeah. Spoiler. Like, oh. Yeah. Yeah. I, I took Tyson going out and winners at war way harder than I took this, though. Mm-hmm. Like, I think Tyson, the winner, you know, his, his whole arc of, you know, the three seasons before, you know, that he played before winners at war. I think that really endears Tyson to me as a, like a fan um, because winners at war, when he goes out twice, I, I was about to rage quit. I was done. So I'll take this, even though it's a little bit more embarrassing than um, Tyson, you know, losing at winners at war. Mm-hmm. Well, like winners at war, he comes back and he's the dad and there's like, some more meaning to it and he's won before like he's a more legitimate person beyond like the young jokester and i think him going out in this way having been the jokes and that being his character type he's like like just voted myself out but i'm still awesome and like it's kind of water for ducks back and we can laugh with it as tyson fans because he can laugh at it because that's just the tyson bravado and that's fun in that when he comes back and winners at war he's a lot more grown up there's like more weight to that character and in the way he goes home there's like more weight to him fighting you know, back in and then losing again. So, yeah, I mean, he says it himself in the in the exit conventional. He's like, oh, yeah. <laughs> you know, like, yeah, he just knows what he's smart enough to know what he just did. Uh, yeah. He voted himself out the game. So, mm-hmm. but yeah. but he's still awesome. He says, and you can mm-hmm. tell Dominic that Rob, this is the birth of you and Tyson's friendship because if he, had he won this game, you he know, never talked. He, no, he never talked. He never talked. He, talk he wouldn't yeah. be cool yeah. enough at all. Yeah. Yeah. Nope. Yeah, he'd be way above you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, uh, the next season uh, we're gonna have the first uh, Tyson podcast, and uh, you know, uh, ten plus years yeah. later, uh, here we are still recorded news AF so today. Sweet. Yeah, yeah. There you go. All right. I want Dominic's take on all of the split vote mechanisms and all and all of that mm-hmm. as well. Yeah, we did. We we did get out uh, like uh, some uh, a pen and a paper for uh, exp- oh my God. walking some of this through. This makes me want to be a parent. That's yeah. the thing. Yeah. <laughs> all right. Let's uh, then. Uh, well, we still have a heroes tribal uh, to go no, to. No, he went. Yeah. Okay. okay. Yeah. Um, <laughs> it's so hard to remember that there's another tribe. Like, and it's unfortunate because, like the Sandra poverty double in Winners at War, which I'm pretty sure was swapped around to make the Sandra boot the second one because it was so epic. They definitely would have wanted to do that here and end on that villain's tribal, but because they're eating hot dogs, they have to be like, wow, that just happened. And now, James, like, it's just much more of a, yeah, yeah. uninteresting word. Yeah. Um, it's really a sad part because the James is talking about Colby and how, uh, like, uh, you know, he's a super Superman. Uh, James is uh, finding out that Superman was in a big girdle, which, uh, okay. Uh, and Colby says, uh, living it 
is worse than hearing it. Oh my god, I can't with this. The shaming of Colby is just next level. See, like you lost at a couple of challenges. It's fine. Mm -hmm. Okay. Uh, James is going to get voted out, uh, but don't worry, he'll get drunk in five minutes. (laughs) Yeah, and I think here is a good time to talk about what the turning point of this season really is, and I think it's that the villains got to go first. Because they know that Tyson went out as a victim of his own stupidity. And the heroes do not. So the heroes see Tyson as the first male casualty. And then you get to Rob. And then uh, and then you get to Coach. And they're like, wait a minute. Mm-hmm. Is this an all-women's alliance? Had yeah, if they had seen that tribal council. Exactly. Yeah. They would have known it was a hot-ass mess. You're right. And that there were votes everywhere. And there was no oh, way. Oh, that's so interesting. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, you're right. If they had won, if if Candace wins that challenge, the entire course of Survivor history is completely different. That is such a good point. Wow, they just exactly. need some information. Yeah, Parvati gets heard that four before. votes. Tyson yeah. gets three votes. Russell gets. Yeah, two. this is not an all girls alliance. Something crazy just happened. They walk exactly. in and they're like, "Oh, the second man." And Parvati is there. Did you know that Parvati does all girls alliances as well? Yeah, mm-hmm. sure. right. Like, huh? Yeah. I wonder. I wonder in what world could. A man go out before a man, a strong man like Tyson. Like, there's no other way. Mm -hmm. There's nothing else that could have happened. Powerful feminine wizardry at at work here. Like, what? Really? Seriously? But it's this moment that leads them to think that, right? It's Mm -hmm. such a phenomenal point. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, like without this, if they saw that, they'd be like, "There's no way Russell's a like some victim of this uh, women's yeah, alliance." Like they need all the information they can get. <laughs> like, mm-hmm. They need a tribal council. Yeah, for mm-hmm. sure. <laughs> yes. Yeah, it's a great moment. I love it, and I love Very pointing out point. that James does fall down the steps as he's leaving. It that shows you the power of a good alliance. If your alliance is willing to vote out well, by, well, like able-bodied people who can like work for you in physical challenges in ways that unable-bodied people would not be able to, like a race or something like that, in like a Tom Westman, but keep somebody like James who would be a hindrance in these smirgen balls and things of that nature, it says something about either your abilities in other areas like puzzles or something like that, or you just got a tight two, three, four people working with you. And for James. We know it's not his puzzle ability, so it has to be this Amanda, this JT, this Rupert. It's carrying him up until the point where they're like, okay, honestly, it's you're getting too heavy. And so, you know, he tries to fight the good fight, but he stumbles his way out when he gets voted out unanimously. Even Amanda votes for him. Okay. Mm-hmm. All right. Bad. Let's head back to the villains tribe because uh, Boston Rob still feels like, you know, something doesn't feel right. I mean, on paper. Yeah, they still have five. They have three. We lost Tyson, but it's okay. Mm -mm. Well, he's already been like so, not scared, but like up against it with Russell. And for Russell to have that first victory against his right-hand man, knowing that it's just an immunity win that kept that from being him, must be really, really terrifying. And yeah, he thinks that there are numbers on the other side, which it doesn't seem like there are at that point, but there are going to be. Like, I guess he's right to be paranoid because he's scared of what, Russell can achieve and mm-hmm. that is about to happen. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And um, coach gave, you know, he, he swore on his honor that he was going to vote for poverty the, the previous round. And we know coach wants poverty out here, but I think Rob also identifies that coach and Jerry are in the middle. And so like, even though they were left out of this amazing, you know, idol play situation, um, like they still could flip. 
And so I think Rob is kind of just getting in front of the narrative of like, I think somebody's on the other side or possibly the two people who are moving freely between both groups are not as trustworthy. So they might not be behind this one, but I don't know if I can trust them moving forward. Mm. Um, and it's really getting to, to Rob. I think you made a good point and that that could have been Rob. Uh, and so he says this is the first time in, in Survivor history, Rob, I, you'd have to correct him on this one. You just watched all the seasons. This is the first time Rob has ever been blindsided. He didn't know what was going to happen. Is that accurate? Um, yeah, I mean, I think he knew he was going to go home in uh, Marquesas. So, yeah, I think in his mm-hmm. seasons, uh, I would say. I mean, he's only played twice before. So, yeah, I'll, I'll, I think that'll check out. Yeah, yeah he, I think he's scared of what just happened. And he's like, why are the minority so cocky? Like they're they don't have a majority. It's like because they're always. Have you met Russell? Like, why do, yeah. why do you ask him why he's so cocky? That's like asking like why do ducks swim? Um, but mm-hmm. I do think here yeah, like this is some of the most impressive stuff that I feel. Yeah, Russell's going to do through this episode to bring the flip over. I mean, mm-hmm. we'll be able to talk about the dynamic also with like Coach and Jerry having to deal with it. But it's pretty amazingly yeah. done. Okay. Uh, well, yeah. we have the Russell Danielle Poverty three. Uh, we have uh, Rob and Sandra and Courtney, which is uh, an unbreakable three. And then uh, Coach and Jerry are in the middle. And this episode is really going to be a battle for the hearts and minds of uh, Coach and Jerry. And really, uh, it seems like that uh, really Jerry is the person that flips. And then Coach is sort of like a reluctant tag along. He's mm. honor bound to her, Rob. Mm-hmm. Honor bound to play this game with Jerry. And he it just can't. Long. Yeah, like they 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 did the summer loving. They pop 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 pop. You know, so you can't you can't just turn your back on that. Uh, but Jerry, at first, she's non-committal. You know, she's like, I don't know about this. I don't really. First, she hates poverty, so she's still trying to wrap her mind around like I have yeah. a line with poverty. She called me a, a, a dirty old cougar or something like that. Like I don't love <laughs> that uh, bitter old cougar. Dirt. I think it was. Yeah. Yeah. And so like, you know, she's trying to figure it out, but you have them all working on her. Like Danielle's like, you know, is it a strong alliance to get you to the end? She's like, I got, I came in second place. Look at me. So, um, you know, uh, eventually Jerry, you know, turns to the dark side of the village, mm-hmm. but she's, she's definitely open to the conversation very early on. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It was so sudden because coach is the one who we've seen, kind of liaising with Russell a little bit. And even he is uncomfortable with how fast Jerry like flips in front of him without even consulting him. Like they don't flip together. Like Jerry flips and is like, hope you'll come too. And he's like, you know, he's like, he's got chills and they're multiplying because he's losing control of this whole dynamic. Like he, there's no, there's nothing. It's just a grief parody now. Like that's in my head. He just, he's Danny. That's how mm-hmm. I'm seeing him. Yeah. But like, he just hasn't like, he can't go anywhere. Like she is just so impressed with what Russell did. Poverty's like, she's jealous that a man would do that for me. Um, wouldn't do it for her, which is, you know, maybe even true, but like not a great, not a great showing of like, yeah, but Poverty's going to do it for Jerry later on in the season. Yeah, it's true. It's not about gender. Like anyone, it's, it's the fact that this alliance showed right now, like this is what we'll do for our allies and they deliver on that. Literally it's going to happen again. So she just, I think would want to be part of this dynamic, like someone who would give that kind of power and put themselves at such extreme risk for an ally. And she makes a decision without coach and coach is, yeah, kind of screwed. I mean, he has to come over to what he ends up calling the forced five, which I find hilarious as a name <laughs> that he's the forced five. Do you think he wants to be part of this? Like mm-hmm. with a name like that for sure. What's, what's his alternative though? Like, let's say he doesn't, is he just like, do they end up going to rocks or something? Tell, because, tell Rob, tell Rob and, I mean, but, and 
what's Rob gonna do? You know, yeah, like, Rob, Rob, Rob kind of knows. I mean, he's talking yeah. to Jerry like you do what you think is best, but it's it's like I don't know. It didn't feel it didn't feel right. Obviously, he's gonna throw the vote to Courtney, um, and Rob hates that. Like Rob hugs Jerry, Your like Rob gets coach. it, but he, yeah, yeah, he won't but, he won't hug Coach. I, I don't know. There are less slimy ways to go about it, possibly. I feel like it's. I feel so bad for Coach here. I'm, I'm a coach yeah. Fan. I said it, but it's coach, what did you want him to do? It's what hard. did you want him to do? Like he goes to Rob and says Jerry flipped, and Rob's gonna say, "Oh, okay." Like that's it. Now it's, we go to rocks. Like yeah, he, he is. He is. Yeah, pretty much force yeah. here. Force yeah. five. Force five. Courtney, and he's sitting there saying, "Listen, friends." Why don't we all just come together as a family one more time? Let's just get rid of Courtney. We get rid of Courtney. We don't lose anymore. We don't ever have to vote anybody out. We don't have Rob versus Russell. We don't have Redemption Island. Let's do that. Yeah. And they're like, nah. <laughs> Let's just yeah. coach in the middle. Mm-hmm. And so he's, you know, it, yeah. Yeah. If they went with his plan, Courtney would have went home. So justice for Coach here. He didn't do anything wrong. He was just putting in a really no. bad spot. I don't think this makes him a little man at all. The thing thing that makes him a little mad is voting for Courtney. He should have just voted for Rob. He knew Rob was going home. That's the thing. Flipping is, he he was for, like, it's just throwing the vote. Like, there isn't much he can do. No one expects him to go to Rocks. It's crazy. Not even, like, loyal coach is going to do that. And and he's so hurt as well that Jerry has done this. Like, he he clearly is, like, personally hurt by this. He, like, um, she tells us that he is naive, um, like, that this is what kind of what the game requires. But they're just at odds. Like, they just don't agree on this. And, like, it is a two between the threes. Like, they need to make this decision together from a numerical perspective. So I agree He's bas- he is forced into flipping, but it's throwing the vote. Like, as I said, Rob hugs Jerry. He gets the flip. But I don't mm-hmm. think he gets, you know, the, the, the throwing he, vote. He was honor bound. He said, Rob, <laughs> I give you my word. I'll never vote for you. In his coach's mind, that makes him a better person. I gave you my word. I did not lie. I said I was voting for Courtney. That's what we're doing here. So I was like, Rob, don't pick on him. He told you he was going to vote for it. Rob. Maybe you should grow up and vote for Courtney. <laughs> mm-hmm. Like maybe meet, maybe meet coach halfway on this one. You get to call all the shots, Rob. Maybe you should go home. I'm just saying, give coach a little bit more grace, Rob. Jeez. It was uh, a hard one. Yeah. But like, but also it's such a funny, like the way that they're pulling coach in either direction is hilarious to me. Cause he just wants Courtney, right? He's just desperate for Courtney to go, which no one's really into. Although Russell does say to Rob in front of Courtney and Sandra, that it should be Courtney and Sandra, which is a hilarious scene where Rob is like these two. Mm-hmm. Uh, he's like, that's, yeah, that's not how we, that's not how we usually do it. But like, there's a, there's a fun thing. So like Rob is the first one. like, we're going for Russell and like, Coach doesn't want that. Wants to go for Courtney. But then Russell's like, yeah, we'll go for Courtney. But then he's like, but can you imagine if we went for Rob? I won't do it. And Coach is like, you're a big man for not doing it. He's like, yeah. But what if I did? Like, ha, ha, ha. You know, like, Coach is like, thank you for not doing it. He's like, yeah. But I could. But, you know, maybe yeah. I should. Like, like, he has, like, no agency in that. Like, the one good thing about flipping to Russell is, like, at least Russell will go for Courtney. And at least, like, yeah. he, you know, he can kind of get his way. And Russell's just like, yeah, well, I mean, we, I'm just trying to keep the tribe strong. But... Maybe just think about it. Maybe mm-hmm. we should. And coach is like not into it. Um, and then like Russell's like, we, me and you, like we can carry the tribe physically, which is definitely like how to appeal to coach. But like mm-hmm. they're very awkwardly pressurizing him into this. Like he is not, he's not into this plan at all, but he has, he has no choice. It's true. The Rob and Russell parallels are so big here. You know, you mm-hmm. got Rob saying like the best way to appeal to the coach and get them to do what you do. You find, you just talked about Tony and Kagayan and the whole woo of it all. Right. Rob, where you're like, look, Tony says, woo. 
you on your martial arts. You gotta take me. You mm-hmm. can't take Cass. You gotta stay honor bound to me. Blah blah. And it works. And everybody like Tony's. He's so great. Rob's doing the same thing here. Rob is like, yeah, coach is on your honor. You're an honorable man. And I know you're gonna do the honorable thing. Coach is like, yes, honorable thing equals voting out Courtney. And Rob's like, no, no, no. <laughs> honorable thing means voting with me. He's like, no, I think it's voting out Courtney. And so Russell does the same thing. He's like, yeah, coach. I mean. I mean, honor aside, you and I are the, we are the sharpest irons in the iron box. You know, like we are sharpening each other and that is all. So the two of us could overpower any of them. We don't need anybody else. We don't need uh, Rob. You should come with me. And he's appealing to what coach likes as well. But coach really wants an emotional connection right now. He's pissed at Jerry because Jerry is like, I trust Russell as much as I trust coach. And coach just cannot have that. Like, Mm -hmm. Jerry, we are honor bound. Uh, I've been playing with you since day one, and now you just trust Russell because he's done a couple flashy moves. I think from Jerry's perspective, she has no reason to trust Rob here. She has none. She'd be crazy to do this all over again. Rob, you remember the conversation. I think, Shannon, y'all talked about this together. Lex says, hey, Jerry, I'm sorry, but I'm going to have to cut you here. And Jerry goes, why do you think you could trust Rob? Mm -hmm. So, of course, 12 seasons later, the conversation comes up again, and Jerry's like, Nah, I'm good here. Saw how this story ends. Not great. I, I think I'll go in another direction. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's a devil she knew, but then like, I, so that's why I think that was that like initial connection of her being in the Alliance and obviously just like the other relationships that she had. And she's so not with poverty. That's what's even more impressive about the fact that Russell can bring her in completely solely and individually. It's not like a group effort. Like he's talking to the girls about it, but it's been so negative. Like it's very much a Russell thing. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Jerry's going to talk to Boston Rob and, uh, you know, uh, Rob is like kind of like giving her the soft sell, which is not really the ideal approach uh, with Jerry, because I think she walks away from this like, uh, no, Rob said I need to do what's best for me. Okay, so. great. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So uh, Jerry, you're just, a smart girl. I am a smart girl. I know what I'm going to do. Her. Yeah, he should have been like, it'll be you next. <laughs> that's all works. He's invasion. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But that's not Rob in the season. Rob's not a villain in the season. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. I, I think he just knows that he can't come at Jerry like that just based off of their past in general. And so he's he's really fighting a losing battle here. I don't think he has much like much ground to to, to, to stand on here because if you think about it, he's clearly aligned with Sandra and Courtney. Like the only reason Jerry and Rob even have a relationship in this game is probably because they know of each other from their past, whatever, but also because of Tyson. He was the glue that held coach with the Rob Alliance. And, you know, Jerry's aligned with coach through honor. And so, yeah, what can Rob really say to be like, okay, I know I haven't really been paying you any mind this entire game, but now I really want you to come with me. And Russell's like, I've been throwing idols at people. Like, what are you talking about? Like, come over here. It's like a fun time over here. We're doing all kinds of flashy stuff. Uh, we can go to the end. Is Rob promising you top three? No, I promise you top four. Like, you know, what is Rob mm. giving you? So, I mean, I think like Rob could have shifted the target. Like they're coming for each other. But at first Russell's like, but Courtney brings him in on like, okay, I can, I can live with that. And then it's Rob. Like Rob's just gung, go, like gung-ho on Russell. Like possibly if it's like a poverty thing, maybe Jerry's like, okay, one more time. And then I'll be Russell's number one. I, I don't know. I think she's probably pretty much in it at that point. But like, then I think coach even more so is like, you know, I think he's pretty uncomfortable with Russell, but like poverty has been public enemy number one for a reason. And she and Jerry have had no love. Maybe that's the way to just be like, Jerry, it's not about guilting or whatever. Like when the sun comes up tomorrow, who knows? Like you're a free agent, but tonight you wanted poverty out, opens up the dynamics a bit. Like let's just work together on this vote. Maybe you make it more of an individual thing. Cause it felt like 
you are either with me or against me to use what was apparently a Boston Rob quote. Like you're either in or you're out, but did it have to be that? Couldn't it have been flip tomorrow? You'll still have, you know, you'll still have numbers. You and coach can go to Danielle and Russell against the three of us. But like right now, and you'll have a smaller group right now, save me for a day. And then you might win all the challenges. I might've gone with a more individual route and gone for poverty. Kick Courtney out the alliance. Say, Jerry, we rather Bro, have that's you. That's not Courtney. how Rob is playing this, this, this yeah, season. Yeah, but He's not a villain. Oh, Chappelle. Tell Jerry. You, you're, you're a fan. Me? You know how I play the game. Yeah, whatever. Mm-hmm. Tell Jerry, like, look, it could be me, you, and, and Sandra right here. And Coach, we're the final four. We don't need Russell. We don't need poverty. We mm-hmm. don't need Danielle. You hate poverty. She can go next. We got to get Courtney out here. Save yourself. But you're right. Either you're with me or you're against me. He Alliance does not compromise. It's all in. Yeah. yeah. Like then that's yeah. it's such a parallel that Russell and Rob like both gun for each other. Like they just even though it puts a swing vote in such an uncomfortable position to the point where he doesn't even make a decision, uh, and that could lose it for both of them. Credit to Russell for getting it over the line and for having Jerry that are really pressure that. But like the fact that neither of them will budge on this being the the two battering rams. I think it's very much like, oh, you guys are more similar than you may think. So another parallel in that way. Mm-hmm. Yes. Yeah. Okay. Anything else on Boston Rob and being voted out here? I mean, the the heroes, I guess, in this episode. Um, <laughs> They're there? Yeah, they, they were there. They, mm-hmm. they found a JT. Um, Candace found a clue in the reward. JT um, suggests they find it together and use it against the, the villains. Does mm-hmm. he find the idol yet? I don't know. But they... Mm-hmm. a lot of notes on the villains in this episode yeah um but it, as you yeah. should in terms of boston rob i mean he he does not make the jury we are not yet at the jury just nope. fine because this is a over three out podcast already um we're not at the jury yet but uh he's such a presence on the season like mm. to the point where they're going to bring him back immediately for rob versus russell and he, yeah he like doesn't make it to this is about probably the halfway point of the season, but it just mm. shows like what a what a presence he had through You're the first a half. Man coach, yeah, he's the. Star. I, I use that line all the time. Mm-hmm. I don't know it's how or why. It's not necessary. Well, that's another one of those things that Rob says first, then Coach says like five more times throughout the season. I think actually yes. Coach says it first. Coach <laughs> says. You're a really you're a big man, Russell, for not voting out Rob here, despite yeah. him been targeting you all week. And they're like, wait, I should vote out Rob here. And Coach <laughs> is like, no, 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 no. Co- Rob is voted out. And he's like, you're a little man. And Coach's like, what? And so then when Coach goes out, he's like, I'm a little man? Like, he's just like, somebody's a little man here. And he, he can't could not have been a worse insult. Yeah. yeah. He hit him yeah. where it hurts. Okay. Yeah. Like, Coach uses, you're a little man to Russell in the final tribal council. I'm like, Coach has really been holding on to that. Mm-hmm. <laughs> he's been weak. He he's been it. holding on to that. Yeah. Sure. Okay. All right. Shannon, you mentioned this is about the halfway point in the season. Uh, this is at least uh, the end of the Pre-merge uh, boots? Pre-jury boots. Pre-jury, pre-jury boots. boots. Okay. Yeah. Yay, uh, we did it. We are going to take a break. Need to recharge. We still have the whole uh, second half of this season to go. It's good because not a lot happens in the second half. Yeah. So. How you doing, <laughs> Chappelle? Like, How you holding up? I'm chilling. Not enough. Not enough happens in the second half. You're right. There's no iconic uh, two idol, double idol plays that we need to talk about. Mm-hmm. No yada yada. Jury, a lot of that. Yeah, yeah. Yada, yada 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 through the final jury vote as well. I'm sure we won't spend that much time, but mm-hmm. I'm, I'm feeling good, right? Yeah. Yeah. This is yeah. this is good. It's a great first half. Mm-hmm. It's a great first half. All right. So we're gonna take a break. When we come back, the second half of Survivor <laughs> Heroes. Versus villains right after this. 
We'll be right back in 30 seconds after we thank our friends over at Geico. Do you own or rent your home? Sure you do. And I bet it could be hard work, but you know it's easy bundling your policies with Geico. Geico makes it easy to bundle your homeowners or renters insurance along with your auto policy. It's a good thing too, because you already have so much to do around your home. Go to Geico.com and get a quote and see how much you could save. It's Geico easy. Visit Geico.com today. That's Geico.com. All right, we're back to talk about the second half of Survivor Heroes versus Villains. And uh, we have a lot to break down, starting with this, what is this, episode number eight? Somehow. Yes. Yes. <laughs> episode eight. Expectations, Rob. Expectations. Drop your expectations. Drop your expectations. Yeah. yeah, exactly. Okay. All right. Boston Rob is gone. Sandra and Courtney are trapped with Russell. And uh, as Jeff will tell you, mm-hmm. <laughs> the previously on, I feel like was like extremely passive aggressive, motivated by jealousy. Like that was something he said. Yeah, about oh yeah, it was re- really rude about Russell. <laughs> trapped in a tribe controlled by Russell, whose ego may put the tribe in a hole they can't get out of. Yeah, and it was like wow. well, because of Russell's ego, they had to vote yeah. out Boston Rob. It's like uh, Rob was there too. Um, Rob could have easily voted. We just talked about this. He could have mm-hmm. voted out Courtney. Um, so you know, this is not like my ego won't allow it. I need you out. This is more like, hey, um, we both identify each other as the biggest egos, and one of us can we we both can't remain much longer. So yeah, they, they were trying to give us the like, okay, you asked for Russell, you're about to get Russell. But you know, a lot of this previously on and the edit for Rob, it's it's the reason why he can go on to Redemption Island and you know do mm-hmm. the things that he does. Whereas Russell comes in, he's immediately targeted. Yeah, but I think as well, like it's interesting to think Rob won't sell out his alliance. And later, Courtney votes for Jerry when she goes home, but Sandra votes for Courtney. And I feel like that survival instinct is like, okay, well, she's that's why she's the one that remains. Like, it's that killer instinct that maybe the rest of that alliance didn't have as much. Maybe Tyson mm-hmm. would have, but it is interesting to think that that's that she lasts longer um, and she'll she'll make that killer shot when the others won't. Mm-hmm. Okay. Um, should we uh, check in with the heroes? It's been a minute since we talked about them. Uh, JT is going to go looking right. for the idol. Yes. And, he, and, yeah. and uh, that they show it to everybody this time around. Well, he's yeah. caught by Candace and Amanda, so we have to tell everyone. But they also know that he wouldn't have shown them if mm-hmm. he wasn't caught. So that's a good, like again, like a good cross-raid on the idol fighting. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it, it's so funny because JT does the thing where he gets caught and he's just like, look, you guys are what I found for all of us. And Rupert's like, yay. And Kobe's like, yay. Great job, JT. And Amanda, yeah, and Amanda and Candace are like, mm-hmm. okay, you see, you see what I see, yeah. right? Yeah, aren't you glad you caught him? Uh-huh, I see it, you know. So, you know, kudos to them for being, you know, a little bit more observant there. Uh, but this was Candace. Candace is the one who found the clue. So JT doesn't even have any right to be going off on his own looking for this thing that they said they were going to look for together. Um, so he was already being like kind of sneaky anyway. The slimiest so guy out him. here. He's acting like it, you know. Mm-hmm. So it's not a great edit for JT, but I mean, yeah, he's doing things. He is just being shown to us this time. Um, we start to get about uh, how all of a sudden uh, villains have no food. Uh, they're they're really really doing bad, and so. Um, they get a tree mail. They really read into that it's going to be a merge, and they uh, take their entire camp apart, Shannon, to bring all the stuff to the merge. 
Yes, a, let, a lesson in assumptions is about to happen for the villains. Mm-hmm. Um, you know what they say? What happens when you yeah. assume? They, they assume it's going to be emerged for its final 12, which has been, which is, I guess, happened last time. But yeah. I mean, the heroes are going to laugh. Ha ha ha. What a bunch of idiots. Can't believe that they would jump to conclusions based on yeah. something that, that like, uh, so this is maybe like a little bit of foreshadowing for what the yeah. villains are about to do in a much worse way. Yeah. And they, they're talking about this all girls alliance, which is something they're going to like openly talk about through this pre-merge, which is an interesting thing for me. Cause it's like your read is wrong. And even if it were right, like maybe make faces at Russell, but like, why are you telling everyone that it's what you think? Like mm-hmm. if there really was an all girls alliance, the best thing you could do is tell them that you know about it so that they can like plan around your information. Like, I don't know why they're being so transparent. Mm-hmm. Maybe they just feel like so proud of themselves that they've like worked this thing out based on the pattern they of all the puzzle. going. Yeah. I don't know. But yeah, assumptions across the board mm-hmm. uh, are happening here. Yeah. Drop your expectations. Yeah, I, or assumptions, you know, but I, I can't blame the villains for thinking this is a merge because like Shannon said, this is around the same time where you normally could merge, but also they're starving. Like, I like when uh, Jerry's telling uh, Coach, like, you know, so let's, let's be very clear. We get petty, like snarky Coach the moment Buster Rob walks out the door. Coach is not here for any shenanigans. He's sick of everybody. This is I all y'all my two best friends out of the game. These are my two best friends that anybody has ever had. And I y'all voted them out. And I and I don't like this. And Jerry's like, you know, I'm really hungry. And he's like, no, you're not. He's like, yes, I am. I'm starving. I won't make it. Yes, you will. <laughs> uh, no, we're going to starve out here. We haven't eaten. No, you won't. He's like, you can't go long this long without eating. Yes, you can. I was like, coach, calm down. Mm-hmm. Get off of Jerry's neck. So I think even just for their sanity. They I went to Exile Island. Rich. Nobody gave me any food, any water. Yeah, I was fine. I was perfectly fine. I don't know if he's trying to keep the morale up or if he's just being petty coach, but they're definitely ready to merge for a number of different reasons, including the food and probably just because they're tired of each other. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay. Um, they also uh, do a, a major troll job here, Shannon. Like they have like the food laid out also at this challenge. <laughs> like, uh, like, yeah, oh, it, looks like a oh feast. it must be a merge. Look at that feast right there. Yeah. And they also have an individual challenge where you might think that it's going to be like, it's, it's people bowling, but it's in, it's in teams. Mm-hmm. So yeah. they might think that, I mean, they definitely are having fun with the fact that the villains have dismantled their entire camp. Um, and then there's like so much drama around the challenge because coach wants to sit out Sandra and Corny, which are their two weakest people. Um, so obviously they'll have to play in the immunity challenge and then they lose the challenge anyway. And then when they eventually lose the immunity challenge, he goes home. Like he's the one saying like, this tribe won't win another challenge. And he's right, but he's mm-hmm. like contributing to it with that poor strategy. Like he's just off it at this point. Yeah. Um, this is going to close out the two season arc for survivor bowling. I love survivor bowling. We need this more of ass. survivor bowling. We do not need any more of this. this you don't like ass. survivor bowling? It's this so fun. This is the worst challenge. Like, I, want it all. Is- I want survivor mini golf on all know- the novel sports. Uh, no. Can you imagine survivor mini golf and like all of the courses would be could be survivor things? Like one course would be like Boston Rob's giant head that they have yeah. to putt yeah, through. Like a windmill. Yeah. That's yes. true. I would I think that would be more entertaining. Survivor bowling is just like they just throwing the ball down there as hard as they can. Like there's no the actual bowling skill. It like it's not like, oh, I'm a good bowler, so I'll be good at this. Just throw the thing as hard as you can and hope to hit a bunch of uh pins. Like it's not there's no technique here. That's why they, that's why Coach thinks finally something Jerry and Courtney can be good at. Just roll the ball. Uh, but you're right. This is what is mm-hmm. setting up his ultimate downfall. Well, they because, sit out Courtney and Sandra in this one. Well, he asked they need them, to like, win the feast. 
he does ask them initially, like, do y'all think y'all can do this? And they're like, kind of non-committal, like, I mean, if y'all want us to, and coach is like, no, sit down. I want, I want pizza. And so, you know, like from there, they sit them down and now they have Sandra and Courtney actually doing the challenge that matters, you know, like mm-hmm. one that actually can control whether or not somebody goes home. So yeah, this is definitely where coach kind of starts to shoot himself in the, his own foot. But I hate this challenge so much. It's boring to watch. I, I, I just hate bowling. it. There's something so it. novel about seeing bowling lanes like mm-hmm. on the island. I don't know. I love mm-hmm. it. But I think mini golf, that for me, that would be a great challenge. All the novelty challenges are definitely bocce fun ball. for me. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, bocce bocce ball, we do bocce ball. ball. Yeah. Yeah. They, yeah. yeah. So anyway, that, I, I think it's fun. But there's a lot about this because Jerry's just like, again, there's a lot of like just negging Sandra and Corny within earshot of them. Mm-hmm. Cause then Jerry's like talking about it, like loudly blaming them for the loss that they weren't even participating in, in earshot of Sandra, who's obviously going to fight back because mm-hmm. Sandra. Yeah. And then like, she briefly concedes that like it's coach's fault that he like, you know, told you to sit out. But then as I come back to the two, like you should have been more gung ho. Like I, I, as a coach, coach is like, I just want you to like be more like forthcoming with it. Like, come on. They did nothing. Yeah. They did nothing wrong here. Yeah, they're incredulous. Like, wait, wait. So the reason we lost is because we sat out? Like, you're blaming the loss on us? It was crazy. Sandra does a good job of deflecting because that is not what Jerry was saying. Jerry is saying we lost and we have to go like we have wasted y'all on this, like sitting y'all out on this challenge and y'all suck. And but it wasn't is, their fault that they sat out like the thing that. Like, no, not at all. And I think she's blaming them for that. Yeah, that's the argument they should be having is why did you sit? Why did you sit out? Sandra would say coach told us to sit out and then it would be blamed on coach. But because it's Jerry and she likes coach, she's like kind of leaning more into like, well, Sandra, Courtney, why don't y'all do something? And Sandra, Courtney, like, listen, if y'all mad because y'all didn't get y'all, y'all pizza and now we got like, this is all y'all's fault. So I don't know why y'all dragging us into it. But, you know, Sandra can get loud too. What the F? So it's because you know, like they blame them. Talk over them. Yeah, like mm-hmm. they blame them and they like also voted out Boston Robin. They could have voted out Courtney. Like at every stage, this is like truly your fault. It's your decision. Yeah. You can say whether it's right or wrong, but like you made that choice in mm-hmm. every capacity. So yeah, that was, and also on the, on the hero's speech, I just want to point out that like JT tells us the girls Alliance must be in control as the guys wouldn't vote out their best competitor. Yeah. They wouldn't they do should, that. The guys yes. would never do that. He knows yeah. that. Sorry. Yeah. Rupert uh, at the challenge. Oh, see that girl's alliance. Question. And, and kudos to the villains for not being like, what? Yeah. Like, they're just like, oh, that's fine. Whatever. Mm-hmm. If you say so, Rupert, mm-hmm. I'll take it. You know? Yeah. Because, you know, the Sandra that we know is good to be like, what are you talking about? Like, we ain't even yeah. got a machete. You know? So, like, uh, there's, yeah, there's a non-zero chance that Courtney just doesn't say, like, Rupert, you're stupid. So, so yeah, it probably is a missed opportunity that Sandra doesn't just nip that in the bud immediately because, like, by the time that they get to emerge where she can tell Rupert, like, the deed has been done, the idol has been yeah. passed. Like, I don't think she was obviously anticipating that a move like that would be made. Like, she waits to get on the beach, mm-hmm. but, like, and obviously would blow up her own game so much if she was doing that. Like, two extremes, mm-hmm. she's going to end up having to, like, win the race against Courtney, not the literal race that James has, yes, but like the hero Olympics. Race. So it's like, if she could just like let Rupert know, just like catch his attention and be like, "Yes, no, no, <laughs> yeah, no, girl's alive, not happening, no, yeah." yeah. But he'd have to also yeah. believe her, also. Yeah, he yeah. does later. Though. Uh, we'll get to that. All right, so <laughs> let's get into some of the Sandra highlights here because uh, we're gonna see her 
uh, talk to Courtney and say, look, we got this. Let's put a bug in Russell's ear that coach is gunning for him. And Sandra is going to work her magic. And Chappelle, uh, this is uh, maybe one of the most uh, impressive rounds of play from Sandra in her entire Survivor resume. Yeah, Sandra's fed up. She says, this is the worst tribe ever put together. Is the, the villain tribe, first of all, she's wrong. But she says, this is the worst tribe ever put together. I More should like not be tribe. here. I should be with the heroes because I can't stand Jerry. I hate Coach. I hate Danielle. I hate Russell even more. Like, she is giving us everything that we want from Sandra. This is like one of her, like, star-making moments for sure. She says, like, Courtney, listen, it ain't going to be us. You know, the, the anybody but me, this is definitely, like, the aggressive version of that. Like, no, 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 it's not going to be us. It's going to be Coach this time. Um, and so she says, like, I've, I know Russell well enough at this point. Like, th- based off of these last two rounds of play, or even just the way I've seen him interact, he's not going to do well with somebody ta- openly targeting him. So what if we just made it seem like Coach is targeting Russell? Let's let's see what Russell does. Let's see how he reacts to that, because we know he's not going to take that, you know, sitting down. And he's also mm-hmm. going to just target Coach. Um, and... Honestly, it's the best move because she knows that Coach looks like he's dejected and disgusted with Russell. He's so fed up. Coach was complicit in this whole thing. Like, he was there. He did not participate, but he was not like, oh, my gosh, I had plausible deniability. I had no clue. Like, Coach, you knew this was coming. So to sit there and be like, y'all voted out my friend. Oh, my God, I hate y'all. Like, why did y'all do this? Boston Rob deserves to be here. Yeah, when Russell looks at you and says, yeah, Sandra says you're coming for me. You can't really hide it if you've been walking around pouting all day about mm-hmm. Boston Rob going home. So it's a brilliant move. Uh, Sandra just executes on it. She moves so quickly as well. And she doesn't push too hard. She doesn't go like, oh, my God, Russell, you you won't believe it. She just kind of says like, oh, dang, you trust coach? Couldn't mm-hmm. be me. Not the way he's talking about you, but okay, if that's what you want. Mm-hmm. So, you know, it works. She just plays right into what, Ru- what Russell is looking for when he's looking for a target. And, yeah, he's... Um, he goes right after coach, right? Uh, it, like Sandra just drew it up perfectly. Yeah, she called her shot. She'll she'll lie. She doesn't care, but she'll make up a good lie. And that's <laughs> that's literally what she does here. And it is manipulation, and it is a blind spot for Russell in looking back at the season. In that, like the edit gives total credit. Like in the next, the previously on in the next episode, like total credit to her. There is some agency in that. Like he takes the bait completely, but then he also talks to poverty about the added benefit that then they'll believe the girls alliance even more. So like he's doing some active stuff there, but like for the most part, it does seem like what we're showing is that this is very much Sandra's move. Um, and it, it's the Sandra thing. That's the whole game. That's like the pro of her game. When we look back at like why she won the season, it's those individual, very sneaky plays. And this is probably the top of them. Okay. Uh, we're still going to have an immunity challenge here and it's really not going to go well for uh, the villains after uh, now Sandra and Courtney, have to play, and it's a total blowout for uh, the heroes who uh, go through this uh, mud challenge uh, going away. Yes, by their own action. Uh, they lost the challenge. Yeah, who set out uh, the... So who set out the reward challenge? Do y'all remember? Because Sandra <laughs> and Courtney end up... They end up playing, right? No, they set out. Yeah, they so set they, out they the they reward out, challenge, yeah. Play, so who, and then- who would have set out, ideally, for uh, them to do well in this challenge? Sandra and Courtney. Uh, no, I mean, like, so, like, what I'm saying is, if Coach was in, like, if they had set out, could they have won this anyway? Because I don't think I don't think so. Have. Yeah, probably not. It would have been closer. Not, it would have yeah. been a better, it, it's just because they knew that they were going in with, like, the worst team, 
and they made that decision. It's just more like a theoretical thing, even if it wasn't necessarily the difference. Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah. If they had Boston Robin Tyson, I'm not sure they win this one. Yeah. 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 yeah this is a tough one. That's yeah. That's what I was noticing. Cause it's like, it ends up being like Russell um, and Sandra, you know, and of course Russell wins and then like coach versus Rupert and coach wins. And then like, it ends up the final round was like JT and Kobe versus Sandra and poverty. Like, Okay, mm. what what iteration was going to beat JT and Kobe here? Like, mm. Just tell me who was it going to be? Uh, like maybe Coach and Russell, but it would have been tough. So mm. you know, I don't I don't know if there was a like a better option here. Like this kind of seemed like they were at this point just fighting to be fighting. Yeah. All right. Yeah. Let's yeah. go back to the villains camp, and so uh, we're gonna see uh, some uh, dissension in the ranks. Yeah, this is like some of the, the ugliest that it gets early on when Danielle and Russell are arguing because she wants to keep Coach's strength. Mm-hmm. Um, and he eventually, eventually like reneges on that. Yeah, Danielle doesn't really love know. Courtney. Yeah, she like really wants Courtney out. And like Sandra and Courtney know that it's up in the air. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I like, like Russell is very argumentative about this. Like it gets heated. And I think that shows as a sign of things to come of like how heated this is going to get through with him and his allies through the next several votes of the season. Mm-hmm. Now, Danielle doesn't mind mixing it up with her allies. Uh, she came th- into the survivor world uh, by way of the Kasaya six. So this is nothing yeah. for Danielle. That's true. That's the captain true. Of sports. Like a calm day for sure. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. I mean, yeah, this is like a crack in the Russell armor, right? When he starts losing control, that's when the real Russell starts to peek out. And so like when everybody's agreeing with him, it's perfectly fine. Like him and Natalie White get along great, you know, throughout their whole entire season. Like Jason and Russell get along great during their whole season because there are no cracks. And then when you start to like disagree with him, that's when he's like, I don't want to talk to you no more. That's stupid. You stupid. Like I ain't going to talk to you no more. Like, mm-hmm. like, and Danielle is not the one to do that with. She is definitely like, Russell, what are you talking about, you dummy? So, you know, it's a lot of that going on. But yeah, it's definitely a control issue. He just doesn't like people trying to be in charge when he thinks he should be the one in charge. Mm-hmm. Mm. Okay. Uh, yeah. We go to our tribal council here. Uh, and so, uh, yeah, this is an interesting uh, split vote uh, that we're going to have. Uh, Russell, uh, Russell and Jerry are going to uh, vote uh, Courtney along with Coach, mm-hmm. but then mm-hmm. uh, Sandra and Parvati are going to be uh, votes against Coach. So uh, I guess, were they uh, trying to do an idol split? Well, that's, Shannon, that's a weird uh, configuration. Like, why doesn't Russell uh, vote for Coach here? Well, Jerry gets blindsided. I think Russell Russell ends up telling Jerry in the next episode, like, I had a feeling it was him, but I wasn't going to write his name down. Like, I think this was jury management from Russell, which is a strange Did thing to say Did he know Coach was going to be on the jury at this point? Yeah, no. I mean, I think that, like, I, I, I asked Mike the same thing. I'm messaging him, like, why do you think that Russell did that? That's where I go when I have any questions about mm-hmm. anything Survivor. And I feel like we agreed, like, it probably was jury management. He and he has a jury that starts at 12 last season, so maybe he's just thinking like there's a chance he knows that something coach might care about. It's something JT literally does in token teens. It's something that coach did last episode where he didn't vote for Rob. So he probably just thinks he'll throw his vote. And that's something that someone like coach might appreciate, which he's probably right about. I actually thought this was not terrible from. I disagree. You Okay. How, <laughs> how so? I, I, didn't, I don't think he does this with coach in mind going to the jury, uh, but I do think he does this in, in the idea that Jerry's going to be here. Okay. So like, yeah. so like, I don't want to betray Jerry's number one ally. That's a good point. Yeah. So like, 
I, like Jerry, because when Jerry comes to him, because we only hear him saying it to Jerry, in which case, exactly, that's an agenda. he tells, yeah, he tells Jerry like, I, I just, I couldn't vote for him. It looked like he was going home, but I just couldn't do it. And Jerry's like, okay, cool, I can still be aligned with Russell. Mm-hmm. But if she's like, you brought us in to get rid of Boston Robin, now you're backstabbing us. I could be yeah. next. Like he has to make it look like I wasn't involved in that. What are you talking about? So he's fine voting with Jerry and coach to vote out Courtney, um, even knowing that coach is going home because he needs to pull Jerry back in. So I don't think it's jury management because when has Russell ever really cared about that? Um, I think it's definitely I still need Jerry to work with me because what if she flips? At the merge. Remember, we don't know when the merge is coming. Uh, mm-hmm. Pray for the merge. Mm-hmm. Famous words for coach, right? And so if the merge comes and Jerry's like, okay, bye, then you got the heroes, you got Jerry, and you have Sandra yeah. all leaving. So there's no reason to, you know, to completely just disregard Jerry at this vote, in my opinion. Yeah, that's a good point. Yeah. Also, that, and I don't know if he's thinking this way, but there's three votes on uh, Courtney. And so for the four coach votes come in, it's like Danielle and Parvati and Sandra and Courtney have to both turn their key and if either one of them was going to like uh, not be true to their word like it still would have been Courtney uh, going home there in that spot so like if like uh, Courtney and Sandra were going to try to blindside and, and put their votes on Russell it's still only two votes on Russell like both the pairs would have to flip against him yeah, Sandra yeah. gets a lot of credit for this move, but this is impressive strategically for Russell as far as the way it works out. Because now the the heroes see this women's alliance. Oh my gosh, like they voted out another one. Those damn women, you know. But also, he's able to save his relationship with Jerry that he does take very far into the game, and he's able to make sure that Courtney and Sandra vote the way that he wants. Because if they flip on him and vote for anybody else, it'll be Courtney, and so. I think tens across the board for Russell Hans right here. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it was really good. I mean, it's a fun tribal council in general. I feel like Jeff is just like openly judgmental of their decision to take out Boston Rob. Um, and Courtney like shines in this um, tribal council where she's like hilariously sassy. She's like, thank you, Jeffrey. When he's like, you know, oh, you, you kept Courtney. Um, and she like spars with coach and calls him dad. Like, thanks, yeah. dad. Like that well, whole that whole tribal council is great for her. She's so Jeff good. is like very upset about the whole thing. And then uh, that he a- ends up like uh talking about like and yet you uh you decided to get rid of uh rob and tyson two of your strongest players and courtney's like i didn't vote to get rid of either of them i was working with them and insulting me isn't going to bring them back so good my favorite mm-hmm. Courtney line in that moment is when she says, no, 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 the tribe voted him out. Because she could have easily said, they did it. But she said, no, 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 the tribe has spoken. Not me. You know, the tri- all of us as a consensus came, you know, that is why Rob went home. I personally would have loved Rob to be here, but the tribe said, let's go. And so, yeah, I, I love Courtney standing her ground here because Jeff is picking on her for no reason at all. Mm-hmm. Like, yeah. Well, well, if you love Boston Rob so much, then why did you vote him out? Like, well, because I didn't vote him out. Damn, Jeff. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it must no. suck to always be blamed. Like, you're Sandra and Courtney are being blamed for the challenges. But, like, the people who are making you lose are the people who voted out your allies who were so strong, like Tyson and Rob were carrying the tribe. Mm-hmm. And now that they're gone against your will, you are like now being shamed from a challenge perspective, which is just a really difficult one. Like I think all the the creative around this point is funny. Like the next time on as well has like a montage of bad moves and then shows JT talking about giving the idol to Russell. So like there's just a lot of editorializing happening here from like the editors and Jeff. And I think it's all very enjoyable. 
Yeah, so that's what's coming up in the the next episode that they uh, talk about, like, uh, in the history of Survivor, there's been a lot of bad moves, but there's (laughs) one next week that might take, like, Shannon, uh, I think that if this happened today, like, we would be furious that they did this. Yes. Yeah, we'd be like, like, talk about spoiler alert. Yeah, this is not, I mean, the thing is, like, you know it's not going to go well, because it's never like Russell being like, oh, this is like a legitimate option for me. Maybe I should, like, they gave me an idol. Maybe I should work against poverty. Like, we know the dynamics to know how wrong they are. And there's no other way to see it play out other than just like a Greek tragedy where you're just like watching it. So like the fact that they could lay it out like that and be like, literally in the history of Survivor, this is the worst move ever. And it hasn't even happened yet as a move. Yes, it is spoilery, but like, I, I can't remember my feelings in the moment, but it must have felt pretty obvious that this was not going to go well, mm-hmm. like horrendously wrong to the point where it's historic and it hasn't even happened. Yeah. yeah. Chappelle, what do you think? Like if this was playing out in the real time, I, do you feel like that there, there'd be like people trying to make the case of like, wait, hold on. Let's see how this plays out. Whatever. Like uh, this, uh, this is actually a great move. <laughs> yeah. Look, I'm sure you people can do that still. Yeah. yeah. Like, listen, I'm, I'm a complainer, uh, but I, I do think uh, that, yeah, I think, you could probably hear both sides in a lot of ways. You know, like, I don't love that they telegraphed this. So like, 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 obviously they're like the worst thing that ever happened in Survivor. You're like, but I mean, if you want people to turn on the television, that's what you want on your commercial. Because like, mm-hmm. if I haven't watched Survivor in two or three seasons and you hear like the worst move, or even when they started to advertise. Russell that literally Hansen, that did happen in the season of Australian Survivor. The marketing is different here, but it was literally like, the worst mistake ever. And you're like, oh, there's going to be a mistake. Okay, good to know. Or like, check it out. there was like yeah. a, a preview that was like for four people left and the two least likely people, they're like, which of these two will go home? You're like, why are you narrowing the field? So I feel like this is nothing for Australian marketing, but for the US, maybe for the next time on, it was, yeah, it was mm-hmm. quite a lot to montage, put it in a montage of bad moves. Yeah. Yeah. And this, and this probably marks a moment where survivors get a little fancy in these areas too. Cause I mean, in, in Nicaragua next season, you'll get like this season on survivor. Have you met Sash? Mm-hmm. Sash has been he's having the worst day of his life. Yeah. yeah. But now he's having the worst day of his life. His allies are leaving him and he's always like, they get very kind of cute with this eventually. Yeah. So I think this is where they start to like, start to feel themselves a little bit more in their marketing. Yes. Yeah. And so yeah. that I also wonder, Shannon, is this like a thumb on the scale of they're going to tell us like, uh, You'll see. This is the worst move ever. And then let's have a vote at the end of the season. What do you think the worst move ever was? And then lo and behold, JT. This is going to be nominated. Yeah. Do you think this works out for JT? Do you think that he gets out of this alive? Like, Like, it's funny because it only pays off two episodes down the road as well. So it's just like on a binge, it's perfect. You're like watching this whole thing. It's like so tragic to watch. But it must have been interesting week to week being like, wow, just like the countdown to like JT's very bad day is like spending the entire... Imagine like if we had... Pod- I mean, you did have podcasts. I wonder that whole week was just like, this is not looking good for JT, right? Like we've got mm-hmm. a few days to talk about it, but like, man, something bad is... I guess it, it could have gone a different way, but certainly that move was not the right move and mm-hmm. we knew that if, instantly. If it wasn't for the preview though, I could imagine a world where the Survivor know-it-alls are like, JT is doing the oh, thing. Oh, well, let have- me tell you how the Survivor know-it-alls would go. Uh, yeah, you know, I don't know about this move and Steve would like, no, this is a great move. Exactly, JT is always thinking outside the box. The conversation would be it would it it would be there. There would be a conversation. Whereas I think when you market this as this is the one of the worst things you've ever seen in your life. Yeah, they told us. Yeah, there's like mm-hmm. okay, nothing well, to debate. 
we could podcast about it, but we know this is going to end bad. You know, you know so it's kind of like, yeah, if you didn't do that, do you say like, mm-hmm. well, what's the merit to yeah. this? And I'm sure we'll have to talk about it as that vote comes up. Steven, would yeah. you think that this is one of the worst moves? Well, I actually think that uh, ranking is arbitrary and reductive. So, uh, yeah. I, uh, unless he's at the top of the rankings, talk about which this. Mm-hmm. Found out. Yeah. Although maybe the next time on should be leaving the analysis to the podcast and mm-hmm. not doing the own analysis of like, you know, what's good and what's bad. Like, just tell us what's happening. You know, like, we don't need we don't need the opinions. But I also don't want it to be lost. Uh, coach's final words. I'm not a vindictive person, but I hope they get wiped off the face of the map. Everything he says is a contradiction. <laughs> Everything he says, like you, I, I will use my last breath to protect Randy. He doesn't even vote for Randy. Mm-hmm. Like I am honor bound to protect, you know, to vote with Jerry. And then like he's like, "Well, Jerry, what are you doing, girl? I gotta mm-hmm. like Rob. I will, I will vote with you. I promise. Russell, knight me. I will vote with you. I promise. Like everything Coach says, he will go back on his word very quickly, and then he will tell you that he's never going back on his word. I am the most honorable and the most truth." trustworthy person here and the most truthful like you'll never see anybody like me i'm once once in a generation talent i am coach and i agree with them honestly yeah whatever coach <laughs> says goes in my book he's, he's he's a special player in my heart all right uh let's go to the ninth episode of heroes versus villains and uh we get that conversation of uh you know uh russell talking with uh jerry about not wanting to uh write uh, coach's name down. Uh, he doesn't trust uh, Sandra and Courtney. Uh, we're going to get some tree mail. And uh, Shannon, you referenced this earlier in this podcast about how uh, everybody has to rank the players one to five because we're going to get basically uh, in honor of uh, Coach JT, the old uh, Token Cheens, uh Memorial Foothold Challenge. But this time we're going to be uh, matching players up from one to five. Yeah, this is a really fun one because it does create some like iconic matchups. The fact that we have like Courtney and Amanda from China, obviously. Party and JT is just iconic based on what's about to happen. Jerry and Colby and Sandra and Rupert, yeah. which is fun because um, he's like, love you. And she like has the eye roll, which is hilarious. Um, so, yeah, it's a really fun one because they're trying to like out strategize each other in picking the pairings. We do end up with some very cool matchups. Mm hmm. Yep. Uh, And uh, shout out to Amanda for being the first person to get to 100 days. Hey, it's very impressive. She Mm -hmm. is to this day, 100 100 days in, never voted out. You know, Mm -hmm. who could say that? To this point. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Okay. To to this point in the season. Yes. All right. So uh, the reward Chappelle Outback Steakhouse. No rules. Just right. And also in honor of Shannon, uh, Australian (laughs) Steakhouse. It's a very Australian thing. Yes. Mm -hmm. Do they have us like Outback in Australia? On every corner. I don't know. I don't think, I don't think we do. Like, I've never seen it. It's kind of like how, like, I don't know, like the Lucky Charms of Ireland. Like, I don't know. It seems like it's a little bit of like a, a bit of us. Like, it's not like an authentic thing. I've always been like, are they making fun of us with the Outback Steakhouse thing? Mm-hmm. Like, I feel like it's more of a, oh. yeah, joking. Mm-hmm. Like a bit of a, when you never, visited you America, you didn't go to one, Shannon? No, I mean I'm a vegetarian, so oh. like a steakhouse for me. Is, have a but they onion. look like Wait they have good baked potatoes. Blue and onion. Okay, you can do that next time. Right. You go, next you time, COVID permitting. Yeah. Chappelle, yeah. do they have a blooming onion here on this reward? I don't know. I mean, I think Kobe gets very excited about blooming blooming onions, um, but I didn't see them eat one. Um, I saw that's where the idle clue should have been in the middle of the blooming onion. 
Oh yeah, that'd have been cool. Uh, like I see batter like fried dem- idle clue demolishing. Yeah, she like demolishes like the steak um, and like mashed potatoes or baked potato or whatever. Uh, but I didn't see a blooming onion. It's kind of a missed opportunity there. Mm-hmm. Sandra is like dear to my heart with the way that she talks up the sponsor, like talking about like connecting it to her husband's tour of Afghanistan. Like that is some extreme stuff that she's talking about Outback Steakhouse and how much she loves it, and she'll go multiple times for like special occasions. And she also has like the um. The, the you know birth comment like how she had two babies didn't even get an aspirin amazing mm-hmm. comment like it's a very yeah. fun challenge and I'm always also curious just, like, if she, did she want an aspirin or they wouldn't get or or she didn't they, need an aspirin she, she didn't need Sandra. it yeah she didn't need it. like yeah she's way too strong and like the running theme obviously of the girls alliance is hilarious and like Russell's sitting out and he does like the prayer hands like the version of Russell that the heroes think he is is hilarious because obviously religious. they don't know him. They think he like won a contest to be here. <laughs> like, I they, won they the Sears like, contest. Like Jimmy they, we've T. never seen him play. Yeah, they they, yeah. they just think like, did you win a radio contest? Like the way he's like, you know, just like he's like in dire straits. He's got nothing to help himself. They're eventually going to tell him how to play an idol and how to play. Like they don't know who he is even remotely. But I love the version of Russell that exists in their mind. Yeah. Okay. And Jeff starts off Russell's introduction on the very first episode with like one of the most notorious villains who ever played. Yeah, games. he's a villain. And, like, yeah. And, and, and very quickly they're like, "Oh, that Russell, we gotta save him." And um, you know, to play into that women's alliance narrative, uh, alliance narrative, the women are they just demolish the men in this challenge. Like mm-hmm. the Russell sits out, and the women just like make easy work of the heroes. So so like just. It's, it 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 just plays right into his hand, like oh my gosh, look at me, just over here getting decimated, like y'all are too. They're so vicious, um, and it just goes to show you that, like, hey, you just because you're voting out the women, it doesn't mean because they're not good at challenges, you guys. It doesn't mean that you can't pick a woman over Boston Rob without it being some type of like nefarious deed. Maybe he's just not the strongest person this time. Also, um, so not everything based on strength. Like you guys voted out Tom, like yeah, yeah. And, and dynamic, but like also. So, so what is the narrative in their mind of why Russell is here? Like, he is a villain, so he must have done something villainous. Is, is he, like, a coach? Is that how they... A well, coach is a villain, but, yeah. like, he's not really well, a villain. I think is he just, like, a larger-than-life character? They might be like, well, Candace is a hero. Like, uh, well, she didn't really do anything that heroic. <laughs> and Candace is there, like, hey. <laughs> like, she's <laughs> yeah. a conversation. Like, yeah. yeah, Danielle is a villain. Like, uh, she didn't I really mean, do anything that villainous. I think everybody on Kasaya is a villain if Terry is the hero of that story. Mm-hmm. Um, except Sari, of course, because she's my hero. But uh, I think on this season, you probably have like 50, like 15 people saying, like, I'm on the wrong tribe. And because we know they didn't like all go back and do their research, I'm pretty sure they've all convinced each other like in, mm-hmm. in one way or another. Like, no, what are you talking about? Like, I'm a good guy. Look at Parvati does not. She like almost never admits it. She's like, what? Me? I, I could. I would never. What are you talking about? So, yeah, I, I wouldn't be shocked if Russell was like, I don't know why I'm on this drive. Like, I, I won. Why didn't y'all just make me a hero? You know, so. Well, like JT uh, says he's like a good old country boy. Like, that's not the edit he got. Like, he must be somewhat villainous. Like, I, there are so many red flags. We'll talk about it with JT. JT is just. Yeah. Poor JT. He just got a bouquet of, of red flags. Okay. Um, we get our <laughs> Outback reward for the villains. Parvati is going to find a clue in the napkin. Uh, she is going to uh, smuggle it out. Uh, gets uh, Danielle to hide the idol. Hide the idol clue. Yeah. Yeah. Double D, hide this in your boobs. <laughs> yeah. So she's going to. Uh, 
Yes. Okay. Uh, <laughs> the men are scared of. They have. They, that's what it sounds like. This, these was women alliance, and they have clues, and they hide it in their boobs. Like it sounds fake. Sounds, it sounds fake. Like something they say, but it's that's true. what they did, JT. So, I promise oh, you gotta listen. They found <laughs> idols in their boobs. It was scary. Yeah, <laughs> and she's like, "Wow, these people crazy out here. They wouldn't yeah. like this until mm-hmm. Jay Sierra would never." Yeah. Um, okay. Yeah. Light bulb goes off for JT. I got a plan. And it's going to go well. And mm-hmm. actually, he won the season. So mm-hmm. it's good. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I'm going to, I bet my life in this game. And uh, he sure will. That he did. Absolutely. Yeah. yeah. Um, let's give Russell the idol to knock out the girls. Wait a yeah. minute. Yeah. Rob, have you ever seen one of these on Survivor? Let me take hmm. you back to the 40th a best pencil? season as ranked by the listener. Yeah. All of a sudden, a pen and paper just. No, you know, it's a, a man. It's paper. a man is. Um, like luxury yeah. item, I thought her journal, yeah. right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, the luxury item, the pen and paper is just conveniently here. And like we see at the bottom of the countdown, like, hey, this is Boston Rob saying, like, hey, Jamal, you mm-hmm. know what you can do with this pen and paper? Yeah, like, yeah I could ruin All my game. Full like, circle. I eventually end up doing. Yeah. yeah. In fairness, Boston Wild. Rob stops watching this season after he got voted out. I'm <laughs> sure he's never, he doesn't even know who won. <laughs> he's not, he's still not, he doesn't perceive this. I have a quote here that I didn't attribute to anyone, but I think it was Colby. He says, like, you writing your letter to Russell, buddy? Mm-hmm. <laughs> like, and, and, and JT's kind of like sitting over bad there. Idea. Like, I'm just coloring. <laughs> like, this is a bad idea. <laughs> oh, it's so bad. So this mm-hmm. is the perspective. I feel like Colby feels nothing because Colby. But, like, Rupert's into it. Rupert really is, like, buying the all-girls thing at first. JT, obviously, yeah. it's his plan. Amanda is like, this is a crazy thing to do. And Candace is like, oh, it does. I don't mind it because, like, it could work. And even if it doesn't, JT doesn't have an idol and that is more threatening to her. So like they all find their way around being like, okay. And like Colby is like fully on board. He's going to end up telling Russell at the challenge about it, like warning him about it. So they are all complicit. It's a different mm-hmm. degrees in yeah. how terrible this is. Mm-hmm. I only think this is, I think that this is not horrible for Candace. I think Candace is, she hates JT so much and she hates Rupert. They hate her. So it's like, Listen, if we can get this idol out of JT's hand, I might have a little wiggle room here. Also, if we make it to the merge and there is an all-girl line, so like, I, I wouldn't yeah. mind seeing what that'd be like. You know, like, it's like, woo, do that. Give the alliance to the people I'm going to flip on you with. That's fine. So I don't hate this for Candace. I'm looking at Amanda like, Amanda, you're better than this. Please do something. But I think she too hates yeah. JT. And she also is <laughs> like, she oh. does. But again, <laughs> she also like lived through the Eric Reichenbach thing. That that whole debacle. <laughs> she lived through it. And now she's on the other side of it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think it's a tough one because it's like it, it does weaken JT. Yeah. And maybe they underestimated how much it was going to be hero strong, how much we're coming in with this big theme to be the heroes versus the villains at the merge and how if he is going to kill himself in this move, it's going to be for the rest of them as well. So maybe they just thought that like he would be hoisted on that batard and that they wouldn't be, mm-hmm. but you know, they all are in that collection. So in hindsight, right. maybe be like JT, we don't know. Like, let's see how it goes. Mm-hmm. Let's just, let's just see how yeah. it goes. All right. There's so- no arguing with him. There's no. just none. He knows what he's going to do, and he's going to do it regardless. But meanwhile, uh, while JT is working to send an idol to Russell, Parvati and Amanda, they're going to go look for an idol, and uh, they're going to find it and not tell Russell. Parvati and Danielle, yeah. Yeah, I'm sorry. What did um, I say? You said, we both said it wrong. Okay. Um, yeah, they, they find the idol. Everybody and this is, like, this is what I'm yeah. saying is like, this is going to end up being the, possibly the downfall of poverty's whole game 
because she's working with a madman, but like the relationship that she has with Danielle and how transparent she is about that becoming closer than Russell and her weakening Russell's and Russell and waves and making him feel uncomfortable will get him to lash out. And the biggest way he lashes out is by taking out Danielle and Danielle and Russell at a final three for poverty is probably a winning game. Like I see that as a losing move. So we're like not placating this dragon that you talk about being like, you know, taming the dragon, like, no, but like sometimes you anger him, like you have this pet dragon and sometimes you like poke him with a stick. And then he burns your friend with his fire. So, like, I think it's in stuff like this. I understand why she wants individual control and it must be hard to be under Russell's thumb. I totally get that. But as a move, she's like, I want to see him squirm. It's like, no, because he doesn't just squirm. He lashes out and he will hit you. So I do think that it's it's this, like, power struggle that will end up dooming them both and mostly her. Yeah. Yeah. It's very interesting. You know, no, it's like yeah, uh, yeah, that. I'd agree. Yeah, I, I do feel like that, you know, if Parvati at some point was able to throw Russell to the wolves uh, the, or, or like, I guess there's like there's like two ways to to go about it. Uh, what you're talking about is like, OK, pacify him and, you know, get all the way to the end with him. Um, that and could Danielle. be a potential yeah, winning condition to get there with uh, Danielle. Or I feel like that the other version is she's got to get rid of him at some point. Mm. Yeah. That's what you guys spoke about a lot in the evolution of strategy. I still like remember where I was yes. in my car. And, and, that, and, like, and I think we ago. also, uh, that we talked about getting rid of him at a round. He had immunity at the final seven. Yeah. But like, you know, yeah. And he, and it is blocked up in the end game. The thing that's hard is that she's with a lot of people that will be difficult to beat, even with her amazing game. Like a hero, there is a worrying thing with like the stacked hero jury. Um, Sandra and even Jerry, like possibly have these relationships. She doesn't like, I really feel she gets just like cut at the knees as a Danielle vote. And I do think that that would have been like a winning tribal council for her. So like even just getting rid of him, it's like, but then you are left with other really, like at least you're going to beat him in a jury vote. Like then you're left with other really threatening people to sit beside. So Mm -hmm. it's a tough one, but I totally get that that people didn't like that she was seen as just like complicit in what he was doing. And she needed to like make that break, which at least Sandra tries to do. And that's why she gets a lot of votes, but in a, in a different world, she's probably thinking Russell and Danielle, and that's going to be a good final tribal council. I believe her to be right. She doesn't mm-hmm. go the way she wants, not due to herself because Russell blindsides her, but I think that her part in that is that she's trying to make her own very, like, scary ally uncomfortable, and she okay. will pay for that. Yeah. If she made it to the end with her final three, she wins the game. Like, if she if it's her, Russell, and Danielle from day one, she wins the game and there's no question about it. It just, there's nothing. There's nothing anybody, Danielle's not going to go make the friends that poverty doesn't make. Russell is Russell. He's never going to win this game. So, you know, so had it gone her way, yeah. But the reason it doesn't go her way is what you're just talking about. She makes him feel so uncomfortable that he starts to act erratically and you and just yeah, don't, that's hot. You don't put Russell buttons, you know, like mm-hmm. as Jerry will yeah. say later on. So, yeah. it's. I mean, it, I, it's, I can't it's, imagine it's being in that like situation where that just feels like a very ugly alliance to be in. It's, it's a tough one. I get her wanting to get back her sense of control. She's this like powerful woman. She won her season. She's an incredible strategist. She doesn't want to be like part of this, but I think like for her game, unfortunately, like the best thing to do was just to play so nice with Russell, placate him a little bit more, tell him about these things, not make the connection you have with Danielle that much more obvious than what you have with him because he's going to end up you got, you got to know what you're dealing with with Russell and you have to absolutely have the lightest of touches with him. Okay. Chappelle, uh, how about some highlights from JT's letter? <laughs> um, okay. So he's like, um, make sure you act like you're going home. I think you should write a contest winner. 
Yeah, mm-hmm. this 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 will show. Oh, and then Rupert's favorite part, like, oh, make sure you add in the part, like, this will show you're not a villain. Like, Rupert, nobody cares. Nobody <laughs> cares about whether or not you're labeled a villain. We don't care. Like, villains. Make, make sure you add that part in. Like, okay, Rupert, that's gold, JC. Yeah, and then, yeah, and Rupert and Colby are like, yeah, 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 that's it, that's the one. Like, no, this mm-hmm. is dumb. This is dumb. I think the problem here though is that. JT played a very kumbaya game in Token Cheese. Like there, like even with the cross tribal alliance that Steven had, it was like, oh look, like me and Taj, and and then Sierra and Brendan. Uh, like we will, yeah. we will go back and make sure we're the only ones going to the uh, to the exile, and we'll have we'll know where the idol is, and blah 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 blah. Very very much like a like above board. People love JT. They wanted to go to the end with him and lose to him. Iron Sharp is Iron Coach was telling people like we got to keep JT. He's the best warrior. We have to keep him. At no point were people like, you know, let's all just t- let you. JT is fine, but let's get him out of here. So for him to even like, he can't perceive that this is bad. Like even the worst case scenario, he gives it to Russell, and Russell's not that great. He's like, I'm JT. Nobody, no one's coming. Yeah, I'm untouchable. So like, mm-hmm. yeah. yeah. So I don't think he's ever felt adversity, even to this point in this game. When is he gonna? When is JT a target? So it's like well, that's what we're saying. Is like he can make these big moves, flip to a minority. No one's coming after him. Like he's yeah. a little bit too untouchable. I think he needed a scare, possibly uh-huh. like what Boston Rob got in the scare with Tyson going home, and maybe from mm-hmm. then he's like, oh, I should probably just like play it a little safe. But he just like feels that he's yeah. just like above it all because he has been in his entire Survivor career. And in a vacuum, it's not a horrible move. If, it's horrible. if this is not well, if it's, it's not, so if this bad. is not Russell Hans, right? The person who is going to take your heart and stab it a billion times, or if this is not Parvati, who's going to then eat it, you know, who then has two idols, who then plays them selflessly. Like this is a comedy of errors that has to happen. Like this is a lot of going on here for this to specifically rebound on JT, um, because this could have still, if it was Parvati with one idol, this could have still been JT being like, okay, I'm fine. You know, mm-hmm. but with two, yeah, this is this is wild. So like, it's a bad move, yes. But knowing what he knew, not knowing who Russell was, also seeing these men, like I said, he does not perceive anything outside of his. But that's such a bad life. read. It's such like a shallow yeah, read. I'm saying that's JT. Like, <laughs> I'm not saying like I'm saying the rest of us probably could look through that. And I'm not. Uh, I told you I'd be bad at this game. But from the outside looking in, it's very easy to make that decision. It's kind of like looking at the Eric Reichenbach decision in Micronesia. It's such a dumb move he gave his idol away. It's like six women yelling at him for five days. You know, telling him you got to give your idol away. You got to get your idol away. You got to get your idol away. So he finally gives it away as we were like oh it's the dumbest move of all time like yeah he was his head was spinning he was tired he was hungry he screwed up like for, so jt's reality he does not see this as a possibility um and then it just comes crashing down so violently and it's so satisfying honestly because if you're going to do something like this you want it to blow up because then that makes good tv when we talk about it 20 years later so there you go mm-hmm. yeah i mean i just there was just it was a lot a lot of assumptions being made i don't feel it was necessary i feel like going to the five and like hoping that you could bring people over then. I mean, it would like, be like... And you have an it. idol. Yeah, and, and you have an idol. Yeah. And, like, you have connections. Like, Amanda's played with a, a Courtney who he thinks will be there. Like, you know, and and there would have been fractures there. That's a sad thing. It's like, yeah. definitely, yeah. It's like Sandra and... Well, I mean, in, the, in this world, Courtney would have would have flipped over. But, like, yeah, like, they would have had Sandra possibly flipping over. But it's just, like, they, they give themselves no chance... Mm-hmm by giving the two idols and by yeah. just not listening at all to what is happening. And he's a villain. Like, that's the, like, <laughs> yeah. the thing is you, you know nothing about him. Like, in the world, we've not Russell Hands. I, like, for me, if I knew nothing about someone other than they're on the villain's tribe, I'd be assuming 
the worst. The worst. Mm-hmm. Because yeah. because like that's there's, that's the only thing that you have to go on. Mm-hmm. So just assuming he's the kind of villain who wants to prove he's not a villain, there was just a <laughs> lot of red flags. It wasn't necessary. I think that there, you could have waited a bit. It wasn't like, well, mm-hmm. we're, we're doomed anyway. Like, let's be honest. We're, right. we're so down in the numbers. Like, you're not. You're coming in 5-5 f- five, five, well, and you're winning challenges, so it might even get better than that. And you have an idol. Like, there are options here that you don't need to go to, like, the nuclear level. I will say that, not that I think that this was a good move, but if JT is so far down the rabbit hole that they have a women's alliance and the only chance to stop it is this, and we go to the merge, oh, Candace or Amanda, they're going to join the women's alliance. So, like, mm-hmm. uh, we're t- like, this is the only what about shot. those relationships. Then, like, yeah, I don't think it was a good move. I'm just trying to say, like, no. this might explain why the three guys might have been a little bit more like gung ho. Of like, uh, I agree. Yeah, yeah, I agree. I think from their point of view, they're like, oh my gosh, they're picking off all of them. We've already Russell's lost next. the game. Yeah, Russell's. But if that's the case, then you won't have the numbers at the merch anyway. Like, even if Russell comes and you lose the girls, like. But they need him there. They could probably find an idol. Maybe they can win immunity. Maybe they can flip somebody. They have an idol. They just gave it away. They had one. That is true. Um, That is true. They just they just need to get their guy one more vote. Like, let's say this wasn't Russell, right? Let's say Russell goes home instead of coach and coach is there. Then this makes total sense to JT because he even knows coach, right? Coach is a villain. Doesn't know Russell. Yeah, he does yeah. not know Russell. That's his biggest mistake here. Is just like what you came up with this on, idea on your own, and you looked at Rupert for backup. Mm-hmm. Okay, fine. But like, if this is Coach, you very much want to give Coach the idol. Coach saves himself. Coach meets up with you in the merge. He probably has a final two deal with Coach at that point, and then he's fine. yeah, yeah. So that it's like, is what yeah. it is. It's like yeah, it, Tyson it's and Coach are yeah, like Tyson and Coach are villains, and he played with them, and they were just snarky or ridiculous. <laughs> Mm-hmm. respectively evil yeah no. it's like this guy might just be a normal person who just has biting confessionals like mm-hmm. courtney or tyson you know like he worked mm-hmm. with them to extremes like coach yeah. you know like they like wanted to lay down their life in like he blindsided the two villains that were villains so that i think that that perception probably does change it a bit for him but yeah it was it was not at the point i think where they needed the, the nuclear button i think they could have seen how it was going at the merge mm-hmm. yeah Okay. But yeah, this is obviously iconic where they pass the idol. Yes. Um, we get our challenge and uh it's what Colby and Russell are like uh you know, like everything like just worked out so perfectly for this to happen because they have this challenge where Colby and Russell are just like out like by themselves, able to like have a conversation and as the challenge is going on, like the camera like lingers on them and Colby is able to tell Russell like, uh, Hey, make sure you talk to JT after the challenge. He's got something for you. Yeah. Russell's like, help me. I'm yeah. not I, safe. I, I, yeah. He says, I wish I could shake your hand right now. I wish I could shake your hand. I can't. Yeah. I love what Russell thinks an honorable man is. Mm-hmm. And I love that well, it works thinks- with someone like Colby. <laughs> exactly. He thinks that Colby thinks that that's all I need. Like, yeah. I, what is it? I've never, uh, like, what is it? A four fingered handshake or something, Rob? That's What's the Jeff quote? Kent, yeah. Uh, yeah. So it's like, I think he's like, oh, look, I know Kobe would like a, a handshake here and this is what I need to give him. Um, but yeah, this is insane. It's insane that this happens. And I, it's iconic television. 
just I, I mean even the fact that it doesn't pay off immediately mm-hmm. it makes it even better because now you have to just sit with it and know that like the slow train wreck is about to happen and there's nothing we can do to avoid it yeah it's yeah. weird after this challenge also shannon there's something that i've never seen before that the two tribes are like hugging each other like it's the power of veto ceremony just ended it's weird like have you ever seen the two tribes like uh like embracing after a challenge before well- I think they don't show it because it's like not on camera stuff. It's not stuff that is usually relevant because people aren't usually passing their entire game to Russell in, you know, in that time. But I think obviously there are people who've had relationships. There are people who know each other from the community. Like after every challenge, they're probably like, yeah, hey, what's up? You know, mm-hmm. so this I mean, became important because that was the time to, to pass the idol. Matt Elrod got voted out for doing this in uh, Redemption Island. <laughs> yeah, well, Boston <laughs> Rob wasn't here for this. Hey, yeah. no hugging. <laughs> he missed that part. Yeah. Um, anyway, Russell Hans has the idol. Uh, he tells us, you don't hand the enemy the idol, especially when his name is Russell Hans. That's a big no, no. Of course. And they're like, who is Russell Hans? We haven't met him yet. Yeah. Um, but yeah, this is the most, the second most iconic note in reality TV history. The first, of course, being the note from the Jersey Shore. The first night at bed when you left Ron made out with two girls and put his head between the cocktail waist's breast. Like, uh, this is right up there with that, okay? Um, yeah, I think the note says basically like, Russell, this is a huge turning point. This is not fake. You know, Poverty reads this back with Russell and they are just giddy. Like, she's adding her own flair to certain moments like, oh, that you're a victim of the all-devouring all female alliance. And like, um, like love you, uh, XOXO. XO, you know, yeah. All, Really yeah. a product of the time when like Gossip Girl was like really in its heyday. Mm-hmm. But also they would not have ever expected this. Like they're doing this because then Russell can be a double agent at the merge, which was enough of a gift given by this assumption from the heroes to be past an idol. They must've just been incredulous. I mean, like all of us, but my gosh, yeah. like it is, it's just a wild thing. Poverty reading the note is just a uh, peak poverty to me. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So good. He's going to take your heart and he's going to stab it. And then he's going to pass it to me and I'm going to eat it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. She's, she's a villain. Yeah. She <laughs> yeah. does come out she's with some villain. of that like dark imagery uh sometimes. I feel like even in Winners mm-hmm. at War, uh, she had a few confessionals Burning like that. Your house to the ground, yeah. 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 She's she's a good narrator. She's also very incredulous that JT even won the game. She's like, what the hell? You know, she's like Shannon <laughs> yeah. in this moment, like, uh, this is bad. What she's is like, I'm a you? winner. Like, I thought that that was something that like validated me as a person, but I'm like, anyone can win. So exactly. <laughs> now mm-hmm. I'm like, now this is maybe not that impressive an achievement for me if JT can win. Well, I think that's just a mark of the season as well, though, right? We see people who we know to do well, like Tom Westman go out pre-merge, Boston Rob goes out pre-merge, uh, you know. But then we see people like Russell who can get to the end twice and never, like, win. So it's like, it shows that there's a lot more nuance than, like, are you strategic? Did you win challenges? Did you make friends? Like, it's a lot more than that. And so this is part of that as well. Like, a lot of things outside of the game went into JT deciding that this was going to be... um the vote, you know, like you have to know prior to the season, they were talking about getting poverty out. Like everybody unanimously always wants her out. The fact that she makes it this far, knowing that they've just all been seething, watching her, like, how is she surviving? And then all their good friends go, Tyson goes, you know, JT probably hates that. Boston Rob goes, coach goes, JT probably hates that. He's like, this poverty woman has to be stopped. So he's he's mm-hmm. ready to just throw everything at the wall to make sure that they don't have to deal with that. Cause I'd be damned if I lose to a bunch of women. Yeah, right, JT. Grow up. 
you're going to lose to a bunch of women and they deserve to Mm -hmm. beat you because they're better players than you. Let's then go to um, back to camp. Uh, It's Courtney or Sandra. Mm -hmm. Who's it going to be? (laughs) Who's it going to be? Rice Rice and beans. Well, apparently Poverty and Courtney have been close, which you haven't really seen. Yeah. So Poverty wants us to protect. Which makes sense that I feel like that, you know, Courtney fits like the demo of like the people that like would like Poverty would be able to recruit into her, uh, you know, be another number for her. Yeah. The Women's Alliance, as we know. Well, it's it's like the snarky the snarky women. Yeah, right? like you know, no, like it, if it, it is a match that you understand. Yeah, yeah, like yeah. you know that Courtney and Poverty are the two kids across the classroom that like they're sitting they're in a peanut gallery like they're mm-hmm. sitting there like laughing and like making yeah. jokes at every like everybody who walks in they're like get a load of this guy and so mm-hmm. yeah and then she's probably venting to Courtney too about Russell like this Russell sucks and Courtney's like yeah, yeah I've been trying to tell you mm-hmm. that so mm-hmm. you know I, I'm not shocked by this but you know I think the goal here is that like. Courtney wants to link up with Parvati and then they can go into the merge and then maybe they can bring in Amanda because Parvati's there. But I'm like, it's funny that Courtney knows that she would have to be the bridge to Amanda. Like she knows like, okay, like if I bring Parvati, maybe we can link up with Amanda. Like that's why I'm valuable to keep around. Mm. Parvati played with Amanda more recently than you, Courtney. What are you telling us happened? Is there a breakup here that we haven't talked about? I mean, there definitely Um, was. Oh yeah. yeah. And it, and it's apparent moving forward. And I just think it's very funny that throughout the season, people are saying, we got to rid of Parvati. She has friends on the other side. Who? Mm-hmm. James, who she blindsided. Sari, who she, you know, beat. And Amanda, mm-hmm. who she obviously is not friends with. So it's kind of like, well, who are all of these imaginary people that Parvati just has lined up who are willing to go to the end with her this time? Because I don't see them. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it was the Micronesia effect. I mean, I think Russell is worried about that common Amanda connection. Like, I think what, what Courtney's offering to bring, Russell's scared of. I think that's one of the main reasons. Like, he's really pushing for Courtney and saying she'll flip. Like, I think he's worried not just about her flipping, but, like, giving any power to his ally in poverty because of this toxic relationship. And it is interesting that there's a lot of, like, who's going to flip more? Poverty's obviously saying Sandra will flip more. Uh, and it's really Danielle who's, like, it, they'll both flip. Who's more threatening? And she's, mm-hmm. like, Sandra's harder to beat at the end. And I was like, oh, foreshadowing. So there mm-hmm. you go. Okay. Yeah. yeah. Um, we get to Tribal and uh, we talk through the... Uh, Sandra versus Courtney of it all. And I mean, it, this is a, such a huge vote here because it completely alters uh, the path of the second half of the game. Ultimately, uh, they pick Courtney. Um, what happens if Sandra goes out here? Courtney wins the season. No, I'm kidding. I'm, I, I don't. I mean, I, don't there's a, I think there's a non zero chance that that's what happens. I think happens. a hero wins. And I think it's because. Rupert is told by Sandra that's the connection and they don't believe it or they're not willing to do enough. I think if Courtney comes and tells Amanda who like, maybe there's more to be done there. Like maybe there's maybe in a, in a player like Amanda's hands and maybe more people are listening to her. Mm. I mean, I still think JT is like pretty hard headed about it. You know, not a chance in the world that this is going to go poorly, but I think for Courtney to come in and give the same information that Sandra did, but to a different target, maybe this works out in a different way. Maybe they can, you know, because Amanda is so largely the reason it doesn't work next week because of like what she's trying to pull with poverty. Maybe they could have had like a plan on a plan. I guess that's like mm-hmm. a little bit of fan fiction, but I do think it might have been a better one for the heroes, not because Courtney's better than Sandra, but maybe because Amanda could do more than Rupert and maybe because she was more integral in what happens next week than Rupert was. Mm-hmm. I don't I don't think Rupert wins this season in any world. I think um <laughs> maybe Colby might steal it. Um but I, Amanda, I never think there's 
Amanda, well, he, uh, uh, yeah. yeah. I don't know. Or maybe Amanda Courtney. in her third final tribal council, could she seal yeah. the deal this time? Well, that would I be mean, like a meme at that point, and people would be yeah. like, "We have to give it to her. Like, we can't make at least three to. in a row." Yeah, like I don't three. think memes yeah. were invented yet. Well, well it would be whatever the twenty ten meme. What was memes in twenty ten? Vine. I don't know. Like, what was what was back back in the day? I don't know. Uh, we had internet then. Mm-hmm. Yeah. What yeah, did people like, do before memes? memes? This was pre memes. Uh, uh, print media. So what I'm thinking, Stop though, is that, is that maybe Courtney, I mean, there's really no world where Courtney would need to go home. Like even when Sandra plays her idol, eventually she wasn't she wasn't going to go home that week. I mm. think the thing would be, does she make those personal relationships that Sandra ends up making as being the opposition to Russell? Does, does Courtney come in so vocally against Russell like Sandra will always be? Or is Courtney more like just fodder, just in the background, like making comments about Russell sucking? You know, like Sandra comes in with an agenda. Mm-hmm. Russell got to go. Yeah, I just I just can't live here. Like I will I will target him into my la- my dying breath. You know, whereas Courtney might come in and be like, "Look, Russell tried to get me, didn't get me. I'm willing to work with whoever." And that might not. It might be a situation where Courtney makes it to the end with poverty and Russell, and poverty goes ahead and gets those votes. Mm-hmm. You know, from her cha- her challenge prowess. Um, or maybe Courtney ends up on that reward with Danielle and Amanda, and she's able to be the tiebreaker in the who gets the immunity idol, you know, um, argument there. So I could see this going in a million different directions yeah. if it's Courtney. Um, but I don't, I, I don't know if the winner is so, so cut and dry, you know, uh, but I, she could, she probably has a, around the same skill set that Sandra does for just surviving and making it through to the, to the, to the end of the game. And Shannon, then would Sandra be in the dragons? <laughs> Can you imagine? Yeah. This is, this is the ultimate. What if this really is. I know a lot of people wanted us to do like, what if survivor? And yeah, like this is a huge fulcrum vote in this fulcrum season that fulcrum Sandra's going to survive. And, it, and it's, and it's a Sandra way, right? As long as it ain't me. Mm-hmm. And she gets yeah. through that. And whether that's on her own merit or whether some other stuff is happening with Courtney, like, that's as much, as far as she needs to take it. And that is absolutely like in the way that she plays the season. And it's absolutely enough to get her across the line. So yeah, it's, it's a, it's a huge vote. Okay. It, All right. It's fine. It's fine. Let's go to episode 10. We're finally going to merge day 25. Wow. Extremely. Is, Shannon, <laughs> this is the latest merge. It feels late. I mean, the final 10, they often do, but like 10 at 20, it just, it feels so late. And in the episodes of watching it, it feels like there's only like this and then like four more episodes. Mm-hmm. Like once I got to the episode, I basically just finished it that night. Cause I was like, we're like, you're right. You're running downhill. It feels like so much has happened in the pre-merge. Okay. All right. So we're four plus hours into this, uh, recap. Oh, All right. See, yeah, see how downhill we are from here. Yeah. All true. right. We're um, going to do the post-merge in like 20 minutes, right? Okay. We'll <laughs> see. Uh, we're going to merge. I don't think that we need to like uh, go through everything about the the key, the lock. No. Yeah, whatever. I, yeah. I, I want to talk about the red flags. I want to talk about the story that Russell comes in with. Yeah. Because they, they, cause they're talking about it, the villains. They're like, okay, like, how are we going to explain that Pavi's still here? Because based on the letter, Pavi's meant to be gone. So I was like, why don't you just say it was an idol train that is so believable that like Russell p- played an idol. And then Poverty stood up, played an idol. It's a zero zero vote, eleven seasons early, and then you revoted, and Courtney went home. And I was like, "That's so plausible," but idol trains didn't exist then, so they invented it. Uh, yeah, yeah. The first time. Well, well, she said they don't even call it an idol train. She's like, "I played an idol because the girls were revolt were revolting." And it's like, no, just say that it's because 
Russell's playing it. And then even like when, when Russell's telling the story, it's like, we, we stood up at the same, same time and looked at each other. Time. Like that doesn't even make like, sense. Jinx. But also, before, before like JC even sees them, he's like, oh, poverty must have played an idol. I'm like, oh, that was easy. Exactly. Like it shouldn't have been this easy. But like JT and Rupert did this work for them. They didn't have mm-hmm. to come up with a story. JT and Rupert yeah, they were like, told them exactly how it happened. Yeah. And then Russell's whole story is like annoyingly flawed. So he's like, they stood up at the same time instead of the idol train, which would have made way more sense. Um, I guess maybe they don't know how idol trains work. Maybe they just think there's like one time you can play an idol. Anyway, it was before its time. Again, like one of the most interesting tribal councils of all time was this fake villains tribal council I with know. Courtney went home <laughs> because it was a zero zero vote. And then Russell says that once they both played their idol, they both couldn't vote on the revote because they both played an idol. Mm-hmm. It doesn't. Like, I'm like, I, like watching it. I was like, JT, just think about it for one second. One mm-hmm. second, JT. It doesn't make any sense that she's still here. The story doesn't make sense. You're thinking of a rock draw, Russell, and JT, he won the game. You should know the game well yeah. enough to be like, wait, you would definitely vote again if you just played an idol. Why would that take your vote away from you? And then, like, yeah. I, just, fairness, I don't know what to do about the red flags here. Yeah. I think Russell has seen zero seasons of Survivor. Clearly. Clearly. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Well, look here. You gave JT a lot of credit, Shannon, and I'm, I'm watching you take it back. Because I was okay, telling you, like, oh, yeah, you said, like, in Togachi, yeah. like, he was smart, and this, that, other. I'm like, well, yeah, but this undoes a lot. This, this undoes a lot of that. You know what I'm saying? Like, this is like, not for how me. many like, red it, flags it do you need, JT? Yeah. Like, how he's many? He's a little country boy. And, like, the, 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 not in the not a chance in the world confessional, ill-fated confessionals is unfortunate for him. Like, multiples. Because Rupert is the one. He has a good read here. Like, firstly, he's like, I don't like how quick he would be to swear on his kid's life, which is funny because, again, that's what Russell thinks is honorable, but he should know an honorable person wouldn't be quick to jump at that. Also, he's directly told by Sandra, so it's those two parts of his read, and he believes yeah. it. And I'd believe it too if I gave you one instruction to vote out poverty and then you came back with an incredibly flawed story about how poverty is still here. It, it just screams danger, JD. Like, I just watching, I was watching it at one in the morning and I was like, JD! Look around you. He just wanted it to be true so badly. That's what that, that's the saying. Yeah. It, it, when you're wearing rose-colored glasses, red flags just look like flags. That's what this was to JT. He just wow. he, he wanted it to be true so badly, but it wasn't true. And I just can't with this episode mm-hmm. with JT. Yeah. yeah. So good. See, uh, I found myself a little more frustrated with Rupert in all of this because uh, that Rupert, so yes, Rupert, well, Rupert, uh, that Sandra comes and tells like Rupert everything. And Rupert's like, no, I don't know if we can trust Russell. I think he might be lying about something. That's better than trusting him. Well, well, look, if we're ranking them, yeah, JT is the worst for completely trusting him. And then Russell is next. I mean, Rupert's next. At no point is Rupert like, guys, guys, abort the mission. Rupert is the best. Rupert should be saying, has no. told me these things. We should all be doing Sandra and doing what Sandra said. And what they end up doing is a half measure. They end up saying, well, well, what if we test Russell? Because we really want to believe what JT is selling us. Let's still tell Russell a plan, but then also one. do a different plan. Like, yeah. no, no, no. What y'all should all be doing is saying, like, look, we are not trusting Russell. We will do something completely out. Like we are going to just target Danielle here and that's going to be the end of it. We don't listen. Don't listen to Russell about this all girls alive. It doesn't exist. None of it exists. It's a, it's all yeah. made up. Sandra has no reason to lie. Sandra, who do you want to they- vote out from the villains? Yeah. Right. And she's like, Russell. And he's like, thank you. And, and they're like, okay, but what if we vote out poverty here? Like, no, 
I mean, no, no, they no. should they should just vote out Russell because at that yeah. point it's just a safe bet. Then they go into a five four. Like even if he was with you, like it's the Matt Elrod thing, right? Like he mm-hmm. could possibly be between you. Like he's a safe bet. He has some implicit immunity. You would think by being a double agent. Or being slightly with you, either way. Either way, he's immune as well. (laughs) Yeah, well, that's true. Like, but like, they wouldn't. He would never. Like, (laughs) a, they think he played it. But b, like, he would never play that. Like, he thinks he's with both sides. Like, you go for the middle vote and you come out on a five-four. Like, that is the Matt Alrod move. It just seems obvious. But they don't want to possibly lose a connection with Russell. Like, why? He should be fodder at best and against you at worst. So, I mean, I, I disagree about Rupert. I think Rupert is. The best of the of the heroes here. Mm-mm. He literally Can't says he's on the villains tribe for a reason, and I'm like, yes, yes. But he doesn't Rupert. care. He so does not have care. measure. He, he, should be, he should be saying, "Let's vote out Ru- Russell." Why doesn't he? He, he do has that? no power. Like they're acting like he's overly paranoid. They're acting like, "Oh, Rupert doesn't trust the plan." Like he's That's trying insane. his best with no power in this. He even votes being like, "I can't wait till they expose Russell." He does not believe Russell. He just yeah. he can't get it over the line at that point. Look, I think they is JT because I think Candace is like I don't care, you know. Like well, that's even, not her. She should care. Yeah. She like, should. I don't think care. she should. She's at the bottom of a five person alliance, regardless. Okay. I don't think she should care. You know, okay, so. but, okay. In the interest of progressing the heroes, I think Rupert <laughs> is the best. I really like. I, like he is trying, and he, he does he have that connection with Sandra, but he's trying, and he's just yeah, like I agree. broken down. Obviously, JT the worst. Amanda. Iconic, iconically, right, well, iconically let's bring in the Amanda and Parvati part yeah. of this. Okay. <laughs> yes. Because here comes Amanda and uh, that um, she's telling her about how, you know, uh, hey, everybody's a little freaked out that you're over here. Yeah. This is, this is interesting because like, if, you didn't, if you didn't know there was a fallout. This is how you find out, right? Like, you never see. We already saw Parvati pouting at the merge. Like, nobody wants to talk to me. And now Amanda, her best friend from everybody's perception, is like, hey, like, let's let's talk. And she's like, where have you been? And we mm-hmm. haven't spoken. And we had a whole merge. I was sitting there pouting. Nobody wanted to talk to me. And you're one of the people who didn't want to talk to me. And now I'm supposed to believe you. And so this is very interesting because it does seem like Amanda does some good work here because Parvati does reveal that she has the idol. But now you kind of have to question, like, because of the results, did Parvati do this on purpose? Did she like purposely like, okay, I'm telling Amanda this to see if she'll kind of let me know, like let, I'm letting Amanda in on my big secret to, to see if she'll let me know on more information or, you know, what kind of happens here? Because eventually we see Parvati just read her, you know, and just like, oh yeah. no, she's lying to me. She's trying to get over on me. But at first, I mean, it does seem like Amanda has the upper hand. Parvati does tell her that she has the idol. It is yeah, wild. Yeah, that she tells uh, Amanda she has an idol because Russell doesn't even know she has an idol. Right. Only her lady in waiting, Danielle, does. Yes. But I see this as, I don't know if it was intentional, but it does give her implicit immunity. And that is what becomes so vital because that's how she makes the whole tribe immune. Danielle ends up winning the challenge. She steps down and has the backing of the implicit immunity, the threat of the idol that she's given by making it a public idol. She saves herself. Then she plays the two other idols for jerry and sandra and russell is somehow immune by being the double agent knowing that they'd never vote for him when they should vote for him like he's wide open so i i don't know if it was intentional but she it is it does end up being a really good move because she does give herself that implicit immunity also the the awkwardness of this interaction is something i want to talk about like when she tells her about the idol and amanda's like loving that (laughs) 
Just like, yeah. I love that. That is and so like, cute for you, girl. And just like trading, <laughs> I trust you. I trust you. I trust you. I, I was like, ah, you clearly yeah. don't trust each other. Like, it was just very awkward. But I feel like that this is the less awkward of the two conversations. They're both, she, they're both awful. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. The, the next one, when Amanda's like, I don't know, my head hurts. You're like, oh, Amanda, this is such a bad yeah. episode. <laughs> Amanda, you play for over 100 days and you're like, I just don't know what to do. Like, Amanda. Amanda, we got Eric Reichenbach together to give us his immunity. Yeah. Now you, now you fresh out ideas. Blindsided like, James with two nothing. idols. Amanda, you have done some heavy lifting here in in your Survivor career, and now all of a sudden, the two of us who have played more days than any other humans mm-hmm. in the world, and like we're like, man, what are we gonna do? I can't. I don't understand mm-hmm. how. How can we move forward in this game if we're on two different alliances, girl? You're supposed to be saying, "Parvati, who do you want to go home?" I'm voting with you. We will work this out together because now we are aligned. You're like, party's like, oh, yeah, just, um, yeah, vote for me. And then uh, we'll work out the details later. And Amanda's like, cool, cool. That works. What? No, that's never how anything works. What are you doing, Amanda? All Getting right. outplayed. Not good. Not good. Not All right. Let's go to immunity. Uh, our immunity challenge. It's the old uh, hang up on the pole. Uh, Colby <laughs> is out the same time as Sandra. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. It's the poverty challenge. Like, uh, you know? what gives? Like, uh, not my challenge. Can't. Yeah, and, and this is, and again, this is a fair loss for Kobe, as far as I'm concerned. Like, you want him to put those big old feet in that little, in the, like, the, the footholes or whatever, but he just did this challenge and lost to Sandra. So it's like, Kobe, like, we just did this. We already did this one. Can we do something I'm good at? Can we? Uh, yeah. I don't know what Kobe's good at at this point in his survivor career, but like, pick something else. This isn't it. Standing on stuff. Yeah. Standing still. In fairness, we have seen other like big guys do well in uh, this challenge. Tyson's won it. Ozzy's won it. Jeremy's won okay. it. Hold on. Tyson and Ozzy are the same archetype. The, the what about guy, Jeremy? You know, uh, did Jeremy win this challenge? That's cool. Right? I didn't Jeremy know that. beat Nick. Who? Oh, oh yeah! Oh, when is it war? Woo! Yeah, y'all, got, Jeremy, y'all saw that one. Y'all tell me. Just watch that. Yeah. <laughs> mm-hmm. yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm just saying, it's a lot tougher for someone like that. Yule says climbing an elephant, climbing a tree. So I try to give Kobe a little bit of grace with this one. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Okay, um, but this is such an epic moment for poverty. Like, yeah, it's just She's so flexing. cool. Though, I mean, I the thing is, she has to be obvious about it. Because she wants them to think that she's immune. Like when JT is concerned that she stepped down and it was transparent, that's the point. Because now you're not voting for her. She just gave herself implicit immunity. It's so excellent. Although she's just like, I'm out. And the shrug and the smile. And she steps down. And to make herself the only one who is truly vulnerable on the whole villain's tribe so that she can make everyone immune. This is the first immunity she's going to give up today. And it will not be the last. It'll be one of three. And that's how she gets the whole tribe over. It's just such an individual effort at every single stage. Uh, a lot of through reading Amanda, but also just like making herself vulnerable in this way. She's so ballsy. It's amazing. Okay. Yeah. All right. Um, so she is, uh, uh, that Danielle is going to be immune. Okay. There's some uh, talk about uh, what are they going to do? Uh, that the heroes are going to test Russell. Uh, yes. Tell him uh, to uh, write down. Because he all the other tests. So he's got into this test. He passed <laughs> the test where poverty went home. Mm-hmm. Right? Okay. Well, yeah. he failed that test. That should have been the test. That's yeah. it. That, the plan didn't work. That's it. They're going to tell yeah. Russell to write down Poverty's name. Meanwhile, they're going to vote either Sandra or Jerry. Mm-hmm. They're so sneaky, sneaky, sneaky. It's like, no, vote, vote Russell and then worry about them later on. Mm-hmm. This is a very simple solution here. Um, especially if you believe that Russell does not have the idol as, as you have every reason to believe Sandra could easily just come over and be like, Hey, 
He definitely has it still. And then you just vote for somebody else. And like, just don't include, you don't have to try to like the test Russell. You just get rid of Russell. But Sandra doesn't even know that this has happened. Yeah, like, Sandra, I think Sandra, no Sandra doesn't know about the idol being passed and stuff. Like, I want to see that conversation where Sandra is told about this whole idol thing because she even says later, I didn't know about any of your idols until they came out. Um, like, I don't think she, like, it, she's weird because she has a conversation with Jerry where she seems to know part of the plan, but it feels like maybe that mm. was just the all women's kind of. Russell is a double agent thing and not like they gave him an idle part of that. I'm not sure that she knows that, but I think as well, like poverty reading Amanda, it just like, it's funny how she like puts Amanda out of her misery. Cause Amanda's mm. like, I don't, I don't know. Just play your idol. Poverty's like, so play your idol for yourself. Poverty's like, read, don't play my idol for myself. We could work. To, and then poverty, like, it's just like, all right, I'll do that. And then we'll, we'll try and like, you know, come to it tomorrow. Like she's like giving her an out because she's like, there's no point having this conversation. Like I already know what to do. Um, and mm-hmm. yeah, I don't even like, it's just such an outplay from Harvey to Amanda, which is important because they go to the final two together in Micronesia. It's a close vote. Like they're the duo. And right here, like one has taken supremacy. Mm-hmm. You, know, you, know, you know how you know Rupert didn't trust Sandra's information. He doesn't tell her about the idol. He doesn't tell her. Why not tell Sandra? Why tell her? Sandra, because her Sandra just came reason? and... What could it hurt? She just she's, told but she's she ends up voting with the villains anyway. Like, yeah, but maybe if he goes and says, Sandra, we gave Russell an idol, like, what? She's like, okay, we need a plan. I want to see Sandra's like, reaction to that. Mm-hmm. She's like, like, slap him. She's you like, are a stupid ass. Yeah. Yeah. yeah exactly. You're a stupid ass. Yeah, yeah. I think, I think that's a, that's, that's a prime example of he Russell. Did, does he not did trust believe her. Sandra. He, he says in his voting professional. He would have told her. He says in his voting professional. No, I, I don't think he wants to give up information, but I truly believe he like strongly believes that Russell is bad. Yeah. All right. Russell, children. Russell's going to yeah. give his idol to poverty. He needs to save poverty. Yeah. Such a this bad was- misread from Russell as well. Yeah. And what is this about? What happened to Russell standing up at the tribal council saying like, ah, not like this, you know, not today, yeah. not on my watch. Why is he like hours before tribal? Like, here you go, poverty. I got you. Well, yeah. because I, maybe because he's a double agent, he might want to, carry that i mean he will be voting with the villains but maybe he doesn't want to trigger another idol because idol trains haven't been invented yet except in the world which they should have been on the last fake travel council like maybe he just thinks like let me play my part until we mm-hmm. get back to camp and this is just done so nothing else can come out of the woodwork because i'm meant to be with the heroes yeah i think that's probably it because then then you know he'll be like i don't even, i had no idea poverty got that idol but he does, but he votes with, you think he won't lie that he's in. I don't even know where that. Other, I voted with you all. Must've been JT that flipped. I, I think maybe, maybe not to trigger another idol mm-hmm. possibly, but they would never think that they would have had JT two idols. JT must've voted for himself. Right. They gave him the idol. They're like, yeah, no he won, yeah. And it's not like season, you know, in the thirties where they all have a hundred idols. Like it was one in each camp. <laughs> But maybe still, the, the merge idol is still at large, right? And so maybe he's like, I don't. Yeah, mm-hmm. that's fair. That's play. fair. I don't, maybe that's what it is, I don't know. Yeah. I just think this is a lot. You yeah, know, this is a lot. Although, just giving it to poverty, and she's like, "Oh, thank you, such a gentleman." You know, so mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. yeah. All right, so let's uh, go to tribal council. Anything else to discuss yeah. before we get to this? No, I mean, I think that's, it's it's the iconic moments of her taking the idols, the reads of Amanda, and stepping down from the challenge. And then we're going to get to a pretty iconic tribal council. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And it's good, it's important to point out, too, that Sandra realizes that this is a losing battle. She's like, the heroes, I have not talked to, 
Shannon. I have not talked to Rupert in days. Because he's, he's abandoning like, that and he's doing this thing where they're tricking like, Russell. You should be trusting Sandra because what else I'm not do you saying have? that Rupert is like the best strategist of all time. I'm saying that in this situation, he was the best of a terrible bunch of heroes. Yeah. And he did be- I th- I do believe that he didn't believe Russell. I just yeah. think that he like a more innovative strategist would have made it happen more with Sandra, would have brought her in, would have mm-hmm. who do you want out? But he's just like, all right, I'm going to do this five four one split. We're going to test him, and if he fails, it'll be a tie. So like, I don't know what. But anyway, again, not the most innovative, but I believe he was at front of the pack. Give us the bare minimum, Rupert. Yes, yes, <laughs> yes. So yeah. the opening act of this uh, historic tribal council, a lot of banana talk, Chappelle. Right. Yeah, yada yada yada. Banana, banana, right, right, banana. Like, oh, well, what why is that Danielle and Poverty's fault? Well, they are just greedy and they're Let eating up all this, all this stuff. Well, again, I said this was Kobe and Rupert's thing when it was with James. And here it is again. It's just like, oh, my gosh, look at them eating our bananas. Like we have tons of coconuts. There's coconuts everywhere. Can't throw a coconut without hitting a coconut. Y'all want to eat the damn bananas. And so they Rupert's do have a plethora amount. A plethora amount of plantains and bananas here. I don't mm-hmm. understand why we can't just eat a few. Like bring back James. Maybe we should hear him out. Mm-hmm. OK. <laughs> all right. Um, should we uh, get to poverty feels like a leper? Yeah, and, and, and then Jeff is like, "Well, that that's just because you're used to getting attention all the time." Ugh, she plays it she off like well, it. though. She like, always does. Yes, mm. comma, but mm-hmm. not this time. I would like people to play with me. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, it's it's a fun moment, but it's also yeah. like Jeff. Come on, but stop. but then I love that Col- that Colby's like, uh, and so it's like, uh, so okay, so poverty. You think that you're in trouble because the that people aren't talking aren't talking to you, and Colby's like, or perhaps that she's going to be around, and we're going to just waiting because we're going to have the opportunity <laughs> to talk to her tomorrow. So th- there's that. You told us, Colby. Mm-hmm. Look at you. Mm-hmm. You got. But I actually think quick. like. This is the first hero who's like, maybe we're not gunning for you, Poverty. Like, I, I don't know. Like, I feel like everyone's just like telling Poverty. Like, it, it's it's like it's the double thing. Like, everyone's telling her to Poverty to play the idol on herself so much that it's obvious that she shouldn't. But like, Colby throwing that in, whether it's intentional or not, it's the first thing I'd be like, all right. Well, now he's being obviously that it's not me. So maybe it is me. So maybe I should play it on myself. Like, it was the first bit of difference but it's probably not the 340 chess that i'm thinking mm-hmm. right no like, definitely probably, not, yeah. from colby. not that, yeah like, we can't we can't like colby's thinking we can't make it that obvious it's on her because then you'll play it on someone and else you, you, make- your mistake is that colby is thinking uh like right. one it's step a, ahead here in the sentence yeah mm-hmm. all right <laughs> yeah so yeah. all right everybody's gonna vote yeah the heroes vote for Jerry because they think that they she would be the least likely person that they would use the idol on. Uh-huh. Um, but poverty says, "Hold up, Jeff," um, or whatever. Yeah. And she just she Hold just up, kind bro. of yeah she just <laughs> dra- like reaches into her things, kind of fumbles around. Bloop, 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 bloop. Yeah. Like, what, what is this? What is that? Oh, look, I have an idol here, and they're like, <laughs> "Sucker!" She's giving it to Sandra. Like, what a dummy! And they're like, "Oh, well, wait, yeah, the look on their faces." Right. She's like, but wait, there's more. And she pulls out the other idol and she's like, I just want to increase our odds. And it's the face crack of a century. Everybody looks disgusted. I mean, except the villains, they look pleased. Well, all except for Russell. Russell looks like he's ready to die. Um, This is like the worst case scenario for him. Worse than poverty going home is poverty doing something that he had no clue was going to happen. He looks like he's ready to just get up and walk out of tribal council. It's Mm -hmm. very funny. 
also, it has to be said, you know, I would hate to sit here is it, and watch green bananas turn yellow without my debaucherous little villains. Why are bananas such a big plot point in this scene? Uh, Even like the most iconic move. It's like the context is lost from this. Like it makes it less yeah. like I all think time. they had to include the banana stuff because of what she said. Yeah. People are like, what, well, wait, what, what the hell is she talking about? Bananas? Yeah. 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 Um, I don't know. I mean, I feel it is the most incredible move ever, obviously with it. She makes sure every single person is covered um, and Russell says you have some explaining to, but as I said before, like, I think he's right to be upset about this because that's not how you treat an ally by like leaving them out of a plan with their own idol. Mm-hmm. Um, it's like, you know, maybe she could have explained it to him again. Like that softer touch is probably something that maybe keeps Danielle around later, but that's not the relationship that they have. So it's probably impossible to talk about because that's just not them. Yeah. Okay. And JT goes home here. So, you know, um, Goodbye to JT. He made a very, very bad move. But I think, you know, based on what he knew, he was just trying anything that would mm-hmm. work. And it had, had, there's a world where it could have worked. No. It's just not this world. No. Not this it's, world. It's, not, it's not this stratosphere. No. It's in yeah, a no. different dimension. But <laughs> listen, different people are doing different things. Yeah, but had Russell really been at the mercy of some all-devouring women's alliance and they gave them this, these would very much have Russell's loyalty here. It's kind of like the Tyson thing. Like, yeah, it was a lot. It wasn't the best thing you could have done, and it did it, it come back to bite you. And so maybe, you know, keep it simple. Keep yeah. it simple. It's an exceptional move if Russell is coach. Well, and that what, what he's thinking is actually happening, and he knows coach very, very uh-huh. well as a person. Shannon, in all of your international survivor viewing, like has has there ever been a scenario where somebody has like sent an idol across tribal lines and uh, it's worked? I mean, I don't. I do actually remember idols being sent across tribal lines, but that idol was stolen. There were weird rules in that season. Yeah. Where idols okay. going to be stolen. It's a bit right. so, but again, but like that's like was for a swap tribe of an old ally who got swapped. Like this isn't. They had never met him. They'd never watched this, this season. Like that yeah. to me. It's, and the, 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 all the red flags. But as he says, um, you know, he's very gracious on the way out. But in the final words, he says, don't ever trust women. And was that the lesson to take, JT? There was a hundred other lessons to take. There was a thousand yeah. other lessons. But what that woman did he trust? No, he says, don't trust the villain. But worse than that, don't trust women. Like worse than a villain. So like you have some evil Yeah, it was Russell. Russell betrayed but, you. What was no, the- You know what I would be saying? Don't trust my own instincts, JT. Let's look inwards. Yeah, Let's look did, inwards about what we did. Did he trust Parvati at some point? Well, who's the woman that betrayed him? I, it was Sandra? just a damn women's <laughs> alliance. Women were trying to help him at every turn. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. They blame Parvati. Even, yeah. even, they just blame Parvati for all of their problems throughout this entire season. And yeah. He, yeah, the fact that she made it to the merge is baffling. Which and she should get a lot more credit for just that because every yeah. single player on this game, except for Russell and Danielle, wanted her out at one time or another. Okay. All right. JT. I just bye, JT. I don't, I don't you. All right. Remain. All right. Let's talk about episode eleven. Uh, Parvati and Russell are going to talk, and Russell is not happy. You lied to me. We were going to surprise you. That's why JT about? told me not to trust women. No, it was a surprise. It worked no. in Village. She's like, it oh, you're being so annoying oh. about this. I feel Thanks. like this, this and the coach vote and his 
perception of the jury are like the three biggest strategic missteps for Russell for me. Like he's so left out of this. He's so unaware of the dynamics. He believes it is just going to be poverty, which is very simplistic that it would just be poverty after everything that they've been gunning for her. And I guess he just trusts his own manipulation that they would just fully buy it. And that's Russell's ego. So it makes sense, but it's a big miss. Mm -hmm. Um, And I do think, yeah, like poverty, she's the kind of player who like wants to play big, She's going to do the villainous thing. She's going to do the fun poverty yeah. thing where it's like, this was my little secret, but that's not how allies want to play with you. And yeah, in the grand scheme of things, as we've yeah. talked about, not um, the right way to handle Russell. He yeah. also uh, does not have the right read in the Samoa merge vote and has to get bailed out by Natalie mm-hmm. White. So merge votes are not his thing. Yeah, we'll, we'll never yeah. know because he never made it to another merge, but maybe that is like the toxic point. Mm-hmm. <laughs> well, it, it's funny because if you look at his the makeup of the tribes, the, the people that are left, Russell's drawing dead here. Like at this yeah, point, he can probably, probably be Candace, but it's a final three. So whoever the third person is, if they maybe Danielle and Candace. Who Danielle? No, I don't think so. I think uh, like, you think Danielle would beat him, the lady in yeah, waiting. Because I, I don't think Russell is able to play nice, and I think that's why his his social game gets gradually worse as the game gets on goes on. Chappelle, like it's, Russell's drawing dead when he steps on the island. It's not about the merge. Like it's day it, one. I just that's think who he at is. This point, like there's no there's no wiggle room. It's not like, this point. It's day like he doesn't have the endearing quality of someone I like think, a Tony where you want to vote beyond the game. Like he's just not endearing. Like that's I yeah. think if he sits next I'm to Randy and endearing. Sugar, he might win. Randy yeah, and Sugar, I, all right. I, I so the second trigger's voted out. <laughs> Randy and Sugar, he might win. I'm just saying, in this this right here is very much like, what are you about to do? Like, what are you, what are you about mm-hmm. to do here? Because like you said, he has the wrong read on the jury, but there's really no right yeah. read for him. Whose vote does he think he has? I just want to know that. Like, why do you think you have votes? all to of me? them. Why? What did no. you do to make people want to vote for you? Chappelle, <laughs> that, that's... Play the greatest um, game of all time. He's not a good pre-merge game, but like, I, yeah, that's what I have in my notes. It's like about his jury read. It's like you'll lose regardless, but at least know that you know. Like there's no <laughs> yeah, way you could lose. You know, yeah, yeah, be aware of the like, like, Yeah, I might be able to beat such and such. What what world is coach voting for you? It ain't yeah. happening. You yeah. know, like and, and Courtney's not voting for you. Like these people are just not voting for you. What are you talking about? He's so dumb. Okay. And it's gonna get worse. So that's fun. <laughs> All right. <laughs> yeah. um, Russell's gonna bring in Candace. Yes. Okay. Um, and I thought this was good. Yeah. It yeah, was, this is good. Again, like, it, it's a move, like, it's, it's it's just pure intimidation. Like, firstly, of course, it's not not Amanda, because I think, again, he's scared of that poverty-Amanda connection, but, of course, it's the other woman who's not Amanda. Amanda. And the way that he, like, uses Candace and Sandra against each other to be like, well, like, we have six anyway. It doesn't so, even like, matter who flips. Yeah, and I think that, like, it's just a fear and intimidation that he can put into that, that situation, and... He's good at what he does. I, like it's not a winning move, but in terms of like maintaining control, and as you say, like the second he loses control, he wants more of it. So that's why he like really puts it on so that he doesn't lose it again. It's not the way you should play the social game of Survivor, but like he gets what he wants, which is that they maintain control with the vote. Okay, and to, right. and to be fair, it's Candace. She's a mm-hmm. mutineer. You know, he does it. He does. He's never seen Cook Islands, but he definitely <laughs> like found the right person. Like who would flip? Ah, Candace, come on to the dark side. Candace, like. I'll, we could talk about it. Mm-hmm. So I like this move as well. All right. It's the final nine. We're going to have teams of three uh, play shuffleboard and uh, we get a famous reward win. It is going to be Danielle, Amanda and Colby getting to go visit Robert Louis Stevenson's house. <laughs> Yay. Mm-hmm. What a treat. 
Mm-hmm. I still feel like Amanda was so dismissive of this museum tour, just like looking for the clue, like picking things up. Like it is a museum. Like mm-hmm. you can't yeah. keep picking things up. She, mm-hmm. she is the perfect hero to go on this reward because she's the only one who would act like that inside that building. She's the only one who would be like, I have to find an idol because we see that Kobe wants to watch Treasure Island for some weird reason. He just does not care. He's like, I just finally have a, a moment in a bed with popcorn. I don't care about the game. And Amanda's like, Magic I can watch Treasure Island. <laughs> right. And she's like, I cannot stop caring about the game. It's a million dollars, Kobe. Come on. But uh, nope. Danielle finds the uh, clue to the idol in the popcorn, which is fortuitous for her because she just happened to be holding it. Um, But this next sequence of events is wild. So she tries to hide it under the bed. Amanda sees her because Amanda doesn't miss anything. She comes over. She sits on the floor next to it. She doesn't pick it up initially, but like kind of like snatches it almost as, as, uh, Danielle's realizing what's going to happen. They kind of like pull and kind of like a tug of war situation over it. Kobe does nothing. He does nothing to help at all. This is why guys, 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 come on, knock it off, knock it off. I'm trying to watch a movie. <laughs> Kobe does nothing. He I never think- gives up on, except give when Treasure Island's on. But like also, like, why does it matter what Colby says? It's like, can you just tell her to give me the idol? It's like and he and he does you know make her give it, which is obviously terrible for the alliance. But like ask production, like it's obviously Danielle's idol. It was in her possession. Amanda is sealing it, which is not allowed in this version. So why does it matter? Like, like first, why does Colby do that? But also, why are they even asking Colby to mediate this? Like, he's not important. His opinion is irrelevant to this. Like, production, ask production. Who's clue see, it Col- is? Colby should be trying to pull that. Like, Colby, this is your chance. Yeah. If you see production is not like putting their foot down and being like, I, Amanda, give it back, then this is your chance to be like, hey, Tassel Danielle, open yeah. it together. So, no, let's just all open it together. Let's 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 all look at it. Shout you know, out, that I, kind of thing. I, I'm interested on on your take on that. The the idle clue is in the possession of uh, Danielle and that uh, Amanda needs to lay off because just in uh, last week's uh, entry into the countdown, uh, we watched Wu steal Spencer's idle clue. And that was allowed. That's true. You know what it you know what it is? It's probably that it's not an idol. Yeah. It's a clue. So idols like clues are shareable because they're not one person's possession. So Mm-hmm. Shouldn't the thing just be like that? They, I get, yeah. I the guess compromise should have been all right. Like she's seen it. Yeah, let's just open it. Let's read it all here, yeah, and then when we get back to the camp, now now have Five like out. the <laughs> mad treasure hunt. Yeah, but production's yeah, like, I, I think that's not what it going is. to. Yeah, production's not stepping in. Like you see, not Amanda and Danielle both looking at Kobe, going, "Kobe, Kobe, what the f?" And Kobe's like, "Yeah, just give it back to her, Danielle." Damn, I mean, like uh, Amanda, damn. And it's like, well, Kobe, this is your moment to be like, you know what? To be fair, let's just all open it. You know, give yourself a fighting chance. It's a million dollars, Colby. What are you doing? Amanda's yeah. on the island. She's by herself. You're right. I think ownership of the of a clue is very different to an idol because multiple people can own and possess and read a clue. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, like Colby should be definitely, you know, helping. He's Amanda not even that's, interested that's anyway. But yeah, like, look, can I just say, it hurt. So, <laughs> to say it. never trust a woman. Because they get into <laughs> they get into so these old girl alliances and they pull idols out of their boobs mm-hmm. and they have pillow <laughs> fights for clues. Like this stuff sounds made up, but it all happened. <laughs> it's, true. it's true of the old girl alliance, but it doesn't sound like it should be true. Micronesia two point Okay. Yeah. Like uh, weirdly different. We go back like, to the camp hiding. and Danielle, she has the clue. Um mm-hmm. and they go, she goes off with Russell, but Russell ends up finding the idol himself. 
And she's like yeah. looking in the rain. It's so sad mm-hmm. though. She's like, they just show her that she's like still like going across the lake and he has it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I love Danielle here because she's like, okay, so boom, there I was in the it, it, it's Treasure Island playing in the background. It's me, it's Amanda <laughs> and Kobe. And then Amanda's like, boom, she comes over, she rips it from me, and I tackle her, and I'm like, bow, 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 bing, 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 mink, mink, mink. And then, like, oh, this is, I'm the captain of the sport. I don't play that. So then I snatch it away from her hand, and I'm like, yeah, I'm Danielle DiLorenzo. And so she still doesn't end up with the idol. So it's no. very funny that she goes through all yeah, of that. Danielle gets a lot of <laughs> tough luck uh, here in these uh, next couple episodes. Yeah, this is the fall of Danielle. You know, mm-hmm. she she had a good run, but this is you know the beginning of the end for her. Mm-hmm. Yeah. All right, uh, Russell has the idol, shows it to Candace. Look at my idol. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you mutiny to me, Candace. Yeah, it's it's a good move because it's like it's both things. It's like oh, it might bring her in because again we're the alliance that play the idols for each other. Don't you want to be a part of that? Mm-hmm. But also, it makes her scared to vote against him because even if they have the numbers and vote against him, like. They have an idol and they could play it on anyone, which is unpredictable and scary. So it's the intimidation and the loyalty and everything Russell's doing here and playing them against each other. So his conversation with Sandra, where he like tells her someone has flipped to hold her hostage um, because there's nothing she can do because they don't have the numbers, even though he has these like two tenuous numbers and he just tells each one that it's this definite thing. And then like after holding her hostage, it's like, anyway, I trust you. After this, like intimidating, and also yeah. she, he, like when he comes out with the number, she's like, "No, you're doing math wrong," which I thought was really funny. <laughs> like, no, I flipped a hero, but I just thought yeah. it was a funny line. And then Sandra comes to like how she's going to flip on Russell and says it's for Tyson and Rob. This is even for Coach, who I don't care about. Mm-hmm. But it's yeah. for him, yeah. so yes. Yeah. yeah, this is Russell actively losing votes while Sandra is picking them up. So Russell playing yeah, so, so Russell is playing them against uh, each other in a very violent way, right? Like, like this person said this about you, and Candace and Sandra's like, "What?" And so she's like, "Okay, well, let's talk about it." And Candace is right there, like, "No, no, 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 that's not what happened." And so, like, of course, this makes Candace look really bad, and we know that they don't love Candace this season. They're not like falling over each other to play with her. Um, she ended up going out very quickly after this, and this was like, "This is why Candace is not going to vote for you." The way you're handling her in this moment. You know what Sandra's doing in this moment? She's at Kobe going, Kobe, you got to listen. Let me tell you about the entire game. Let me tell you. Day one, it was me and Boston Rob. She's giving them the rundown. She's making those bonds. So this is when Russell is just throwing votes into the wind and saying, you know what? Don't vote for me. I just want to make it to the end. Where Sandra is like, no, no, no. The connection, this joint hate we have for Russell is the reason why we're bonding and why you'll vote for me later on. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Like, he, he makes it very scary for both of them. But, like, in his need for, to maintain control, it is well done. And that's why, like, Kenneth is really scared about the idol. He uses that intimidation extremely well. And I also think the fact that, like, Sandra and Candace don't have a lot of connective tissue is a big one mm-hmm. as well. Like, if it was maybe a clearer pair, had it been, like, Rupert or Sandra or something, maybe they could have, like, come to something. But between the two of them, I, I, I feel like Sandra obviously wants to make it happen. Candace is too scared. And then Russell's going to end up playing his idol, which is an interesting one. Um, it should be, you would think, like, technically wrong because he hears from Candace that it's his name. And at the time, it's true. So either she's with you and it's true, so you have the numbers, or she's not and with you. you. Yeah, <laughs> yes, they or she's against you, um, but then it's a lie, so you should play it on someone else because they're not voting for you. But obviously, everything changes in this moment. So possibly it's like too wishy-washy to know the target and he just wants to be safe. But I will say that when you're going to Candace and saying, I'm like going to, I could play the idol and using it to intimidate. 
actually playing it even when it's wasted is actually i think a pretty good move because then you can go to her in the future and continue to intimidate her and others on idols that get played once you bluff once that intimidation is weakened in the future so to maintain that intimidation, i don't know if that was his intention but to waste an idol and play an idol when you've been using it the whole round like doesn't matter what you do because i have this idol and we have the numbers and intimidate in that way um i do think that um she like that, that's a good move for him. It's something that he could use in the future. Like, like how Vetus says he has to, you know, not vote for, for Tyson. Is, mm-hmm. is, is that what it was? Yeah. Like, and he's like, cause if I ever play in the future, if I've bluffed in that way, no one would ever believe that threat. He has to make the threat legitimate for all of his future intimidation. So I actually quite like that, even though as Pavi will say, you wasted one. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It wasn't intended that way. It just happened that way. <laughs> yeah. But I'm just saying like, as a move, it yeah. ends up working. Like that's for it me, does. it's like, there's intention, like not intention, but it, there's credit. There. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, Jerry good. wins the immunity here. She wins the house of cards challenge. Swimming in yay. That's what she says. I'm swimming in yay. Whatever that means. <laughs> um, yeah. And then this is when Russell is like, Amanda's the biggest threat. She's Boston Rob in a girl's body. And I don't like that. So she has to go. Um, Candace is ready to vote that. out of Amanda. You know, like they're like, let's vote out Amanda. And that's when Sandra is like reporting back to the heroes. Like, Hey, I'm trying y'all. I'm trying to, I didn't put the team on my back, but damn, what, what can I do when your girl Candace is out here, like backstabbing y'all left and right. And they are fed up. Colby's everybody hates Candace at this point. Like she's done. Hmm. Yeah. yeah. Everybody's uh, getting he ruined uh, everything. Super, <laughs> super yeah. pissed at Candace. Yeah. Yeah. Scared of a lot of different things. Um. But, yeah. Uh. Sandra pissed at Candace. Why did you tell Russell everything? Candace is a bad liar. She's like, what are you talking about? I didn't tell anybody. Russell, Candace, like, Sandra, like, girl, yes, you did. She's like, no, mm-hmm. I, I swear I did it. Yes, you did. Stop playing in my face, Candace. Mm-hmm. You know, it's very funny to watch. This is yeah. a good episode as well. Yeah. Right. I can see why Russell is like concerned and playing the idol when people are like openly having conversations about flipping in front of him and mm-hmm. then like shooing him away. And Sandra's like, like everything's like, in my business. Can I get some privacy yeah. around here? Yeah, like this is one of the dicey arounds for him. Like, even though he gets it done through, I think his own antisocial tactics. Like, I would be a little, a little concerned for sure. Yeah, yeah. She's like, Russell, go away. I'm trying to do something here. Every time I'm trying to do something, mm-hmm. y'all in my business, and I, I feel Sandra in my heart right there. Okay, like, mm-hmm. dang, I can't even make no moves. Why y'all all up in my mouth? So yeah, I, I get it. I get it. And it's so. um it's so sad for the heroes who are just trying so desperately, desperately to make Sandra comfortable and to come with them. And she wants to, but she can't because of Candace. They're like, Candace is fine. She'll be fine. Like, it'll be like, this is their lifeline. And just like from Candace, it doesn't work out. And, uh, it is, yeah, it's probably pretty painful for the, for the heroes. Yeah. Okay. Um, let's, uh, go to tribal here. And, um, Jeff has like a uh, a rude line about uh, Danielle here in this tribal council. Uh, that uh, that's Russell about uh, why he likes working with Danielle, and he says, "Oh, do you like working with Danielle because the more she plays, the less of a chance she has to win." Like, why do you say that? Ridiculous. Yeah, you can't trust these women. Apparently, uh, mm-hmm. no. I think they like Danielle. Danielle plays aggressively. Russell likes that. He doesn't really care what Jeff is talking about. He's like, we all, everybody in our alliance 
has a role. You got Danielle who plays aggressively. I'm Russell. I play aggressively. Jerry's is the calm one. Parvati is the charming one. And um, that's it. That's all the villains. There's nobody missing at all. It's just mm-hmm. the four of us. Mm-hmm. Um, and um, oh yeah, Sandra. Yeah, she's there too. She exists. Haven't hasn't anyone ever told Russell that you catch more flies with honey than with vinegar? Yeah, Boston Rob did, and he voted him out. <laughs> that another Boston Robism? That's true. Mm-hmm. That's in the book. Like, yeah, okay. it's in the book for sure. Yeah. It's like Russell, baby, baby, don't tell the people you want to vote out that you're going to vote them out right in front of them. Um, yeah. But yeah, Russell's You'd be amazed. It works so good. Yeah, <laughs> and the people have strategy. People have the nerve to call this a bitter jury. What world would living with Russell Hand say like? I want to give him a million dollars. Give me one example why you would want to give this man a million dollars. He don't even bathe in the ocean. Like, get in the ocean to wash your ass. It's things people are saying when they're voting him out. Like, mm-hmm. come on, they man. They don't like him. They don't, and they don't like really him. like Pav either. Like, it's... They, they yeah. don't like her either. They just, it's know. just a social thing. Like, it's not a bit... Like, before he's bested them or, like, they just don't, well, like at least while they're still in the game, like they don't, they don't like them. They don't, they don't like them. You're gonna, you're gonna give no. a million per, million dollars to a person you hate if there is another viable option on the board. I think Russell's big mistake a lot of times is keeping other viable options on the board to get votes from him. I think or not having two a, more likable people than him in an entire season of the show, right? <laughs> but more, I mean, like unlikable people, yeah. I mean, in Samoa, like, why, why are you voting out Shambo to put her on the jury? You might want to sit by Shambo. You know, yeah, you this, need every goat you can get. <laughs> yeah, and you might want to sit by Shambo, you know. And then in here, it's kind of like, you know, I really don't know what he could have done here, but you know, stop, stop being a jerk. How about stop sucking so bad? <laughs> and people might want to vote for you. All right, mm-hmm. Russell wasted his idol. Parvati uh, calls him out. Uh, you wasted one. He doesn't like With that. With an eye roll. Okay. <laughs> I like it coming down to Amanda and Pav. It's just like that fun little duality again mm-hmm. as a fan. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Amanda, the tribe has spoken. Uh, after 100 some odd days, first one out voted, for the first, first time, time voted out. Mm-hmm. Yeah. All right. An icon. All right. We ready for another double eviction, baby? Big episode. Okay. Yes. <laughs> All right. A um, little bit of a sleepier first half than the second half of this one. I love the rock idol. I'm into whatever Rupert's doing this. This season is fun for me. Mm-hmm. He says he could be worse than Johnny Fairplay. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah, I love that confessional. Weird that they, <laughs> they didn't that invite religion. Johnny Fairplay to be in a heroes versus villains season because he's but, a quitter. But they cite yeah. Johnny Fairplay as yeah. being the worst example of a villain. Yeah, well, that's Rupert. Mm-hmm. Like, it's they not like Fisher wasn't like, you know, where's Johnny Fairplay? Like, Rupert is like, I've only seen my season, you know, like <laughs> in Micronesia. So he's only seen Johnny Fairplay's seasons of Survivor. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's a fun uh, one, though. One of my yeah. favorite Rupert moments is Rupert just randomly being like, you know what might work here? What if I just go fight with Russell very publicly and just show everybody that he sucks? And so Rupert will make everyone realize they don't want to be a part of that, right? Yeah, like they they, they have the chance to show that they're not such a bad villain. That's what you're not a villain. Yeah, right. And he goes over to Russell. He just sits across from him and is like, "Hey, Russell, I hate you. You (laughs) Like you're a disgusting human being." And Russell's like, "The hell, Rupert? Like what? What are you doing?" Like they just start. They start arguing out of nowhere. He's like, Rupert, you're such a dumbass. And that is another line that I say way too much. And I don't know anybody named Rupert. I just say it at the grocery store um, when I used to go to the grocery store you know, prior to COVID. I used to be like, you're just such a dumbass. Whenever I do something stupid, 
Chappelle, you're such a dumbass. Well, you should say that it, it yourself. Works. It's not. Yeah, oh, no. I do. And you, but you have to say it in the in the in the Russell voice because it's funny. Mm-hmm. But he also says like this this fight is so much the heroes versus villains personification, probably of everything they wanted it to be. The good guy, literally the good guy, the second mm-hmm. coming of Christ versus yeah. the the worst villain. Like these two warring things in completely in the theme, having this fight. I also love. I'm a villain, Rupert. <laughs> Wake up! I'm yeah. a villain. It's such an entertaining yeah. fight from like two of the biggest characters ever. It is honestly one of the more enjoyable fights for me in survival history. All right, throwing jury votes into the wind. Like mm-hmm. people Russell. like being called dumbasses. And- <laughs> yeah, like you're such a dumbass. Then at the end, like I don't know what I could do different to win the game. Like don't call the people dumbasses to their face. I, yeah. I America would vote for me. Yeah, they would because America. We are horrible people here. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, let's yeah. talk about what America would vote for. Yes. Yeah, we just vote for whatever sometimes. Okay, that to the win too. All right, immunity challenge. It's the old uh, when it rains it pours, and uh, we see people uh, getting uh, different temptations, and uh, Parvati is going to win. She outlasts Rupert uh, to win this challenge. And this is Parvati's challenge. Yeah. yeah. She's always going to win this I one. thought the fact that everyone stepped down to leave that to only be for her. I mean, I guess they thought if Rupert wins, they could always split between Colby and, and Candace. But even Candace stepping down at that, like she should really, really want Rupert not to win. So to, to leave that all to Parvati, I felt was like, okay, mm-hmm. just she's carrying them on her back at this point. I like that Sandra and Russell had to share cookies at this. Uh, <laughs> like I felt like that they like, uh, had to sit there and eat the same plate of cookies. That's true. Yeah. Okay. And look, when they, when they offer them the donuts and the iced coffee, uh, Jeff is like, look, if y'all don't take it, I'm just going to give it to uh, Russell and Sandra. And Kobe's like, that's fine. I'm, I'm off. I'm out. I'm out. <laughs> Please. Like, I refuse to watch them just eat all day. I, I have to eat here. Mm-hmm. But it's underreported that not only should Candace really, really, really not want Rupert to win immunity, she should really try harder and not come down for peanut butter and jelly sandwiches because... Candace, what are you doing? You're at the bottom of both. It's a tenuous point, isn't it? Yeah, so barely in the alliance. Like peanut butter and jelly, really, Candace? She's over that. It. Peanut yeah. butter. Mm-hmm. They can yeah. do crazy things. Okay. Okay. Well, can I defend the the rock play? Like, I'm just like I'm just team Rupert. We haven't even got to the yeah. Rock okay. Play. I mean, I don't, that, look, I I don't mind. Uh, uh, you know, jumping ahead. Yeah, jumping ahead a little bit here. At, so, uh, Five uh, blah, blah, hours. blah, Burning yeah. Bush, blah, 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 rock. Okay, so, yeah. <laughs> so do they get an idle clue. Jeff's going to read the yeah, idle Jeff clue. Yeah, Jeff reads uh, it. That's okay. a crazy thing, isn't yeah. it? Mad yeah, treasure hunt for the idol. Yeah. He, wants, he wants to see them fight again, like uh, like the last There's one. no reward. Yeah. That's the thing, is that they've all been in rewards. One got played last night, and now it has to be at the challenge, because it can't be in a reward, because they didn't win a reward, and there's no other mechanism in this season to hide um, clues. But anyway... It's like, it's really good between Rupert and Colby in this world. Like, yeah. even like Colby is like talking through the plan. And for Rupert, like, I think a lot of people do the fake idol thing wrong. Like, they'll come and be like, I have a fake idol. And it's like, well, that's not how you'd act if you, re- like, not, not that. I have an idol. And that's not how you'd act if you had an idol. You'd act like you found it, but you don't want anyone to know. So to be like so obvious, mm-hmm. but then so, you know, but like trying to act like you're coy, like, that strikes a balance that I think Rupert does very well. Obviously, Russell was completely by this. This is I don't Rupert's know best moment of the like. season. Yes. Yeah, oh, this is like Rupert's best moment in his ever. strategic moment in his survivor career. Yes. It's great and it's innovative. And I referenced it on a recent season when someone again was doing the I have an idol. It's like, no, pretend you don't pretend you're pretending not to have one. Um, anyway, 
And I just think it's really good. And it's, it's another lapse in Russell's control. The fact that Candace is going to get split on here when it should really be like Rupert and Colby. But I guess I just think Colby is so docile. They pile the votes on Candace. He loses control. He is snowed here by Rupert. And you'll see him come back hard in the next vote because that's what Russell does when he loses control. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And Rupert invents the strategy. I, I cannot remember a time that's before this where someone is like, I have a, I have an idol in my pocket or I have an idol. Please don't vote for me. Uh, be, and, I, and they don't really have one. Like to this point, we've seen people make cre- fake fake idols and hide them for other people to find. But like to just be like, I went out and found it and just kind of walk around like do 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 do. Hope somebody doesn't you know vote for me. This is a Rupert invention. We did and it's done poorly every time after this. Honestly, mm-hmm. this is the best time I think it ever sh- it shows up and he does it well. So uh, kudos to him. This is yeah. like a time where it was like a good time to invent strategy. It was like again at that fulcrum point where like it was a very innovative time, but it was early on enough where like you could really create new strategies. So this is Rupert's move and it always will be in survivor history. Yeah. yeah. Um and Russell's like, I can see the outline that that is definitely an idol with the paper around it in his pocket. Of Yes. Okay. Yeah. Um, and Sandra finds the real one. Yes. Yeah. In the burning bush. Mm-hmm. I love this. I love this. Like Sandra's out here. She's a mover and a shaker. You know, she's playing with a, a bunch of people who just can't seem to get the, uh, their stuff together. But uh, Sandra is uh, firing at all cylinders, and I love to see it. Okay. Um, we go to our tribal council and now uh, because there's some concern about Rupert with the idol, uh, it ends up being uh, five votes on Candace, three votes on Rupert. Yeah, it's a fun one. But Colby <laughs> is such a, a uh, I was going to say a not nice word. Uh, he's such oh. a, uh, such an a-hole to Candace for uh, that. He's so indignant, Shannon. I loved it. I, like the moralizing to me is so fun. Like these big themes are why it works. And the fact that like Candace is the worst person alive because she like sold the heroes down the river, which like she did do that. It is unfortunate. Like it is her fault as much as she's saying that it's not. Um, but I just find it so fun. Like this is what heroes do. And they've like really bought into it. And the narrative continues. I can honestly yeah. say I'm proud of the way I played this game. Can you? <laughs> and, and to be Come fair, on. the, well, Candace was at the bottom of your alliance. And Y'all can you say it. you're proud? Really? Right. Mm-hmm. right. No, there, I was more incredulous watching this because there were two moments, right? Like Russell says, Kobe or Rupert wouldn't give up so easily. So one of them has the idol. Sir, who wouldn't give up? Because the Kobe I've been watching has been giving up left and right. Then it's like when Kobe's like, oh, I'm proud of the game. I play really. Because every confessional, you're like, man, I really not having a great time out here. Not loving this. Not very proud of my challenge performance. What are you so dang proud of, Kobe, that you have to like pile on Candace here? Never flipped on the heroes. Yeah, well, Candace mm-hmm. flipped in a time where the hero was going home anyway. It's not like y'all had the numbers. You you were still going. It's not like mm-hmm. Candace flipping was going to make it. Like, you were going. It was the Sandra. You were lucky to have Sandra involved in this. But Candace is not the reason why y'all haven't, you know, progressed. Well, no, I mean, she, she cut their lifeline. Like, they were hanging on by a thread. They, it's true. They got themselves into a position where they were, like, hanging on to the rope. And she did come in and cut the rope. It was just that little thread, and they're like, oh, my God, Candace, we had it. No, no, maybe I shouldn't have given your idol away. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Okay. Yeah, some lessons learned. All right, so we're at the final seven. And Russell... In the middle of the night for Rob. Yeah. Ooh, uh, before before that, 
Yes. One last thing. Candace's final words, where she's basically, well, not final words, but when she votes for Rupert, she says, if you don't have anything nice to say, don't say anything at all. Fast forward to just several seasons in front of this one where we see like, oh, look, Candace and Rupert back to play again, trapped on an island together because they're both at, uh, what is it, Redemption Island or yeah. Exile Island or whatever it is. Um, and yes. we... Yeah, and we see how much they get along there. It's just like that little seed of like, I wonder what would happen if they ever linked up again. Well, look mm-hmm. no further than, uh, you know, uh, Blood versus Water to see the the culmination of the Candace versus Rupert game. But I like to look at that too. Okay. Russell set off. Uh, what what really has got uh, Russell worked up, Shannon? I think he was relying on Candace and I think that that was a good thing for him. Like she is someone I think he would have had maybe votes against at the end, which is rare. Um, She was an ally, particularly for him. I think he's probably mad at himself that he fell for this, for this uh, fake rock idol. Um, The girls are like Rupert, you know, must not have the idol because he didn't play it. Like, I feel like he feels a lack of control. I don't think he wanted Candace to be on the split, but the girls were much more insistent that Candace should be on the split and then she is the one who ends up going home. And I just think he just feels like he didn't want to lose that ally. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, we'll see him lash out here and, and try to take control. Yeah. And he's also not happy, Chappelle, that I've got equal control with poverty. I don't want to be equal. Yeah. Like respect, allies, lack of enemies, all those things equal to votes. Control does not necessarily equal jury votes. And Russell can't separate the two. He's more, like Shannon said, his win condition is, did I control the game? Mm -hmm. For him, that's enough. Like, that is enough. I need to be in charge of what's happening here. And just in this moment, he just feels like, no, people are making decisions that I'm not completely okay with. Like, okay, he did vote Candace out, but he didn't feel great about it. And he doesn't like that. And he's not able to just sit back and say, you know, this wasn't my particular round. Next round, I'll do what I want to do. He he has the harp on the, like, I need control. I need power. Mm-hmm. And it's just, it's all getting away from him. At this point, I just don't know what he's going to do or what he even perceives his end game to be. But um, yeah, he's got to, he's going to suffer a little bit for a, the <laughs> for the duration of the game, honestly. Okay. So Russell has a plan. Needs to break up Parvati and Danielle. So he's going to go to Danielle and say, hey, uh, Parvati uh, wants to get rid of you. Mm-hmm. Um, and I don't think this is a bad idea either. Because I oh. think, well, the thing is, I think Russell sees himself as the bottom of a three-person alliance. They could very well go to the, to the final three um, together. But if Parvati and Danielle decide, why not Sandra? Then Russell's gone and there's nothing he can do. And so I think he's trying to make sure that, like, I don't need poverty to have any other, like, for control issues, yes. But also strategically, I think he's saying, like, I don't need poverty to be able to make me expendable. Um, Whereas it looks like Danielle and her are so tight that if it comes down to a moment where I'm vulnerable, why wouldn't they vote me out? You know, I'm I'm the biggest threat. I'm Russell Hans. So, you know, I wonder if that's probably what he's getting at. Of course, this is very sloppy. It's very, like, combative and... Like, Parvati is too good of a player. She sees right through this. But the move in and of itself, I think, is for Russell is, like, a move of self-preservation. And I think he sees the walls caving in and saying, like, if I don't control them, why, they might think for themselves and actually, you know, vote me out, you know, mm-hmm. concept. And so um, I think that's why he pushes for this play here um, to get rid of Danielle. 
But then it's like, how much of it is him trying to read what would be a final three? And, you know, it's his misread of the jury. Like they'd never, they'd always want to take him to the end. You're a goat at this point. But, you know, if he's, is he worried about that threat or is it like a personal, very emotional thing where he's like, we're meant to be the couple. You're not meant to be the couple. And it's again, just like cutting off those other relationships. I also think it's just like in action, whatever he's trying to do to try and get further in through alliances and not be left out of any group that he might be with Danielle and poverty, like in action, it's just such a bad misread of their relationship that they wouldn't go back to each other. He's like lashing out when he like talks to poverty. She's like, I'll just, you know, talk to down. He's like, no, you can't again. Yeah. That'll ruin everything. Like he just (laughs) was misreading that he can, he can, you know, turn them against each other without them ever talking and intimidate them into that. Then he goes to Jerry to try and bring Jerry over to get the numbers because now he has the heroes. And again, it's that he's losing control so rapidly that this was just like peak aggressive intimidation where he's like, you you know, you have to vote for Danielle. You'll be like, oh, you'll be next. Mm-hmm. But I can't tell you why, but you'll be next. And she's like, don't threaten me. Like the fact that he would go and threaten Jerry who's done nothing. I'm trying to like, save you. That's the final flight for Russell to be like, I'm spiraling a little bit and I'm just going straight to threaten someone. Like that's his MO. Mm-hmm. He's never seen the show. So he doesn't know what works. He's never even watched his season. But it's just human nature as well. Like that's the thing. Yeah. It's like that's that's but, how he's he trying to make control. You that. can mitigate those parts of you if you know what works and what doesn't work, right? If you see what's happening. Yeah, I don't think he can either. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But to this point, Definitely. he has no source material to go back to and be like, you remember in that one season where that guy tried this and it didn't work? That guy being Russell, you know, like <laughs> he's like, you know, he's just doing what he thinks got him to the end last time. And so for him, this is all he knows. It's like, this person's coming for you and you're next. Mm-hmm. Oh, but don't talk to him. Please don't go check. Part yeah. like, no, I've played and seen other seasons of Survivor. I think I'm going to check with my ally. But if his end game was, hey, I need to get Parvati out here. That I, that I, my final three is going to be Sandra and Danielle. Uh, like I say, okay, but like yeah. he wants to get out Danielle to go I to the end with Parvati. Uh, like, so I don't know that uh, this is an asinine plan anyway. It's all just based on how badly he misreads himself and misreads the jury that he feels like he could beat anyone when really he should be thinking like, again, some recent examples where he's like, this is a really slim margin for me. I need like every goat I can get. The reason Candace leaving is such a poor thing for me is for that reason. And to to have them go out back to back, I'm now like more than ever drawing like 100% dead when it was before pretty Mm -hmm. close to that anyway. (laughs) He just doesn't know. He doesn't read it well. But they're they're too close. Yeah. yeah. And like he thinks he's playing with house money. Like I've won already. I'm about to win again. All I have to do is get to the end. But you know what? Because I have so much control, let me just make sure that poverty knows that I don't like the shenanigans she's been pulling. So I'm going to punish her by getting rid of the lady in waiting. Um, also, like I said, it is a good move. If he wants to make it to the final three to make sure that her and uh, poverty doesn't have a lot of extra strategies there. But you know, ultimately I just think he doesn't know the perception that the jury has on him. Like he thinks that people are going to vote for him next to poverty. And he is absolutely wrong. Mm-hmm. Okay. All right. Let's go to the tribal council. And this is probably the most dramatic uh, tribal council, uh, at least uh, the questioning uh, with Jeff uh, from this whole season, because uh, we're going to get like Danielle just in a full breakdown here over, um, you know, uh, who's running the show. Uh, Russell trying to test the loyalty and uh, Danielle's starting to cry and Jeff wants to know uh, why. why what's going on <laughs> you try living with Russell Jeff you try it yes. you'd be crying too it's yeah. Hard. Mm-hmm. yeah 
And people say he was robbed. Like people are crying. They're so stressed out by this man. You know, like, and it's him. Like, she's like, I'm tired. I'm hungry. And Russell is tripping. Like Russell has no reason to be doing this. There's a probably a more subtle way you could go about voting out Danielle to where you don't get this kind of backlash. And Russell just can't threaten all of your allies. Yeah. Yeah. He does not care. So it is like, let me go start a fight with somebody. They're gonna love that. They can't, I guess they they can't wait to vote for me at that point. Especially if I'm sitting next to their number one ally. I'm mm-hmm. sure I'll be able to get Danielle's vote here. Yeah. It's just he stresses people from, out. It's a flawed yeah. plan from top to bottom. The, the plan was flawed, Chappelle. <laughs> America should have a vote. Yeah, they would have chose a different path for him. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I feel like this is also interesting because it's such a legitimate live tribal. Like it, re- and like that feels ahead of its time. Where Danielle says, "I'm closer to poverty than you think," and he's like, Aha. "Oh, really? Oh." And, and then you know, tells Jerry to vote for Danielle, and she says, "In the voting booth, I have no idea what just happened." And it does seem like it was like a legitimate live tribal based on the fact that Danielle just got so emotional that she made it even clearer as if it couldn't have been that clear how close she and poverty are. And it just like, if he was set on the plan before, it just made it that it had to happen. Mm-hmm. Um, and we haven't talked a lot about Jerry, but I definitely think this is the right move for Jerry. Like Jerry knows like I'm in a four person alliance and there's a final three um, and five person alliance really. And there's a final three, like, it doesn't kill me to get rid of Danielle here um, because I know Russell wants to go with me. Uh, me and Russell can be the tight two here. I know he likes to keep poverty around. That's fine. So getting Danielle out here for Jerry, like I don't love the move when I watch the season. This is probably my least favorite part because you can tell Danielle's really distraught and Russell's kind of being mean about this. But yeah, this is the ugliest he gets probably. Yeah, yeah, this is this is like where I'm like, Ugh, don't love this. But at the same time, I'm always like, Jerry, what are you doing? But like, Jerry's not wrong. Like, uh, if this is a chance to get rid of Danielle, maybe I need to be the lady in waiting. You know, maybe if I get to the end with Russell and poverty, they'll be mad at them, and I'll be the most heroic villain and get all the votes that Sandra ends up getting. Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah. yeah. It is a pathway. Like, my question is, how much agency does she have in that? Like, is she realizing that? And she does come back and say, like, Russell threatened me. He's a scare tactic. Like, makes him the bad guy. She's not going to get any fallout. Is that her agency? Or does she feel legitimately threatened and intimidated? Like, I don't know how much control she has of this. Or if she just, like, at this point is Russell's second somehow. And is going along with that out of just, like, pure fear. I don't know that she's, like, Oh, well, yeah, Russell, you know, you're coming at me threatening me, but like in my own logic, it actually makes sense. Like, I I think for her, it's not like necessarily based on her logic as much as there might be logic there. I think there's a lot of fear happening because you'll be yeah. next. It's like the line <laughs> always. Yeah. Trust me. Okay, why? I can't yeah. tell you why. You just will be. It might be a little bit of both, but I definitely give her more agency, more credit for her agency right there, just because the move does make sense um, for her. Um, Because if it was just like, like, let me just burn my ally for no reason. Like, was she really that tightly aligned with Danielle? Like, really? I I don't think, yeah, I think that she's going to go with Russell. Like, that's her alliance. And it has been for so long. Mm -hmm. Um, We'll see that kind of split because she's now been threatened. But I think in that moment, like, he uses the chaos as well. Like it's a live tribal and when you're coming and saying things like you'll be next and like that's what's in your head. Like, I think it's quite clouded, clouded in the fear. Uh, Mm. So maybe I I don't give her as much credit as I should, but yeah, I think there's definitely a viable pathway for Jerry in the way that it ends up going. I just feel like it's, that's a lot of Russell intimidating. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. for me. Yeah. All right. Let's go to the next episode down to the final (laughs) six. Yes, we're almost yes, there. Uh, this is an endurance <laughs> challenge. Yes. This is my uh, endurance challenge. Okay. Uh, <laughs> poverty got blindsided. 
Uh, Russell is trying to still spin that uh, Danielle was lying to you. Nobody believes him. Mm-hmm. Nobody, nobody yeah. believes him. Everybody knows that like this is Russell being mm-hmm. evil. Yeah. Um, yeah. And I mean, this is it. This is when Poverty's like, this is he's the biggest villain. Like it's it's I thought I was a villain. I'm not. Like that's a villain. I don't know villains. That's that's he's a different monster. It's not normal what this guy's doing. Out here. He's a villain. He's <laughs> so such a villain. All right. Um we are going to get our loved ones visit. Yeah, it's on Sprint Phone. Mm-hmm. How about that? It's so fun yeah. and exciting. Palm yeah. Prix. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So on our loved ones visit uh, that we get our Sprint Phone, everybody's going to come out. Uh, it's Rupert's anniversary. Laura Hi. B. Siding. Mm-hmm. You know, mm-hmm. Laura B. Siding. Future Survivor. survivor. Uh, we're going to get Reed, famously. Colby's not going to be <laughs> happy with Reed's performance. Hilarious. Reed is like... You should try living it. Reed, he's been like this the whole time. Mm-hmm. <laughs> mm-hmm. And uh, Jerry ends up winning uh, the, uh, the the family visit. And then, all right, you get to pick somebody. And Russell's like, oh, Russell's telling his wife, uh, Melanie Hand sighting, uh, that, oh, wait, she'll watch this. She'll pick me. Uh, she's like, uh, Parvati. And then it's like, all right, mm-hmm. give me one. You get one more. Like, okay, wow, this will be me now. Like, uh, Sandra. Oh, she yeah. made a big mistake. She just she made a bad move. Made yeah. a bad like, move. If you're Russell's wife, are you like, so have you just spent this whole game intimidating these young women? Like, is that that's what's going on, right? Like, she's in trouble now. Who are you? Are you a dad? Are you the teacher again? <laughs> she's in trouble now. You're all mm-hmm. like adults. Like, I don't know. There's, it's just... He's like spiraling through the lack of control now. Like this is why it gets so ugly towards the end. Mm-hmm. And Jerry's so funny because she asked Jeff, like, can I bring one more person? Jeff's like, sure, go ahead. ahead. And she's like, Sandra, come on down. And Russell's like, what? You're like, oh, it's so good. It's so she good. She specifically gets another one. Like she didn't even say, what about one more, Jeff? She was like, all right, that's it. I, I'm, my entire life yeah. is, is fine. Yeah. Okay. This is why, this is why I think the move was made in fear because like even on the reward, they're like promising to like protect Je- Jerry from Russell's wrath. Like it feels like she needed a bit of distance emotionally, which I'm sure she would anyway, but that's why I just feel like mm-hmm. she was just like really trapped in that fear. Um, whereas I feel like if she's making logical moves, maybe she is taking someone like a Russell. Uh, I you- don't think so. I think you could still get away with not taking him here. Like he's done. He's still unpleasant at the end of the day. <laughs> and so maybe she could just be like, no, he's fine. I mean, where can he go? The mm-hmm. alternative is to go to the heroes. And, and he does. Well, and the thing is, going to the heroes gets him nowhere because yeah. you cannot go to the end with either one of them. They will win. Yeah. Well, he's going to try. He doesn't it. know or think that, like, and he, he's still so vindictive that he would make a, a move against his own game. I guess that's a terrible move. Yeah. But I think, like, there are worlds in which he makes those moves just, again, for that sense of control or just to, like, get one over when he's mad. Like, I would be yeah. scared of that, even if it makes no logical sense for him. And he does say that he dragged Jerry and Pav's asses through the game, and they are unappreciative little bitches. So that's where we're that's that's the point that we're at now but, with this. Uh, Shut up! What, what's Russell planning here? That they're going to vote out Parvati? He'll bring Jerry over to, and and Jerry will vote yes. with him and uh, Colby and Rupert. Yeah, and it seems genuine because he like tells us in confessional that Pav is the one to go. She's going to end up saving herself, but like this is the fear about leaving him there because he is so vindictive. Mm-hmm. Um, that I think he would again, it wouldn't be a good move. 
But at this point, what is a good move for, for Russell? He is completely drawing dead. But like, yeah, you don't want to yeah. go with the heroes. But I don't think his win condition now is, is just doing whatever he wants to get whatever satisfaction of the way that these dynamics are going. And that is a scary thing for everyone around him because who knows what he'll do next. You just have to set him yeah. off. Yeah. And to be fair, this is still Russell lashing out at poverty. Poverty is the target, not Jerry. So it's yeah, like, but, Jerry, yeah. Jerry says, come with me on this challenge. Let's leave Russell behind. He's like, you know what? I need poverty's ass out of here. Like, oh, okay. Again, still not horrible for Jerry. Mm-hmm. Still not horrible for Jerry. Yeah. I think he feels that Jerry is more valuable. Like he needs to bring a fourth mm-hmm. over. And he, I don't think he thinks he can drag Pav. I think he thinks that he can use Jerry more. But I don't think it's a good yeah. position for Jerry to be like, a ploy no. in Russell's bad moves that are in some ways a slight against her as well, you know? Yeah. Moving yeah. the heroes closer to the end of the game. Yeah, yeah exactly. Okay. So we're going to get a, a funny moment, Chappelle, where uh, Rupert is just making like so much noise at camp, uh, just pissing <laughs> off Jerry. Yeah. He's throwing a fit here. Like this is a tantrum. This is Rupert, like, I'm just upset. You know, they come back from their 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 reward challenge, and they're tired. It's been a long-ass day. And he's just, like, breaking logs, sawing stuff, jumping up and down. Jerry's about to flip out. Like, she's like, look, I don't know what we got to do, but we have to get Rupert out of here because this makes no sense at all. What is he doing? I don't know. Yeah, she's really Shades mad about Saboga. that. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, like, this is, yeah. The, this is the thing. We're losing that thread of the like Jerry Rupert connection, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and how this is not the first time she's felt that way. Like, I feel like if this were Winners at War, that we like get a make more distinct reference to it, but we just have to like fill in the blanks. Okay. Yeah. Um, immunity challenge. Immunity back is up for grabs, and it's going to come down to the uh, rivalry of that. It's going to be uh, poverty versus Rupert again. Yeah. yeah. And, that pretty much uh, seals his fate when he loses. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Poverty ends up winning. Of course, Rupert is like, um, oh, well, Russell's like, now nah, I can't vote out Poverty. Rupert's like, okay, cool. Well, that means it has to be Sandra. I'm like, and Russell's like, yeah, uh, I don't know. No, no. <laughs> <Yeah>. Rupert, what? <laughs> no, okay, fine. But this is an easy decision. Rupert's next. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but yeah, probably the signature moment that we get uh in the episode is when russell needs to talk to poverty and sandra uh and he asks sandra sandra are you with me or against me to which she answers you russell yeah (laughs) and he's like what wait yeah (laughs) who you what now you know, it's funny because this comes as a result of Sandra still trying to help the hero. She's still like, Rupert, listen to me. Now we can get out Russell. Like, it's me, it's you, it's Kobe. Like, let's start trying to get out Russell. And and Rupert's like, you know what I did with that information? I went right to Russell. Like, what the hell, Rupert? And so... And but like, yes, what, what about there we're getting out Russell? I think they just need one more, right? So they just really yeah, just so need- Sandra, Colby, and Rupert would like Pav do that. I don't I don't she's like she wants to take out heroes. I don't see Jerry turning against Russell, like yeah. I don't know. I mean he, I think at that point like Rupert is pretty much done either way. Like Russell's not taking out Sandra, his plan had been Pav, that's done now. He's flipped and flipped back in this episode. And I just think that that, that he's too big a threat to some of the other numbers like a Pav that she's not gonna flip. Yeah. Yeah, there's really nothing he can do here, but throwing Sandra on the bus was so funny because Sandra's the person who you don't do that to. She's going to call you out. 
Yeah. Mm-hmm. And when Parvati and Sandra are mocking Russell and like laughing at him, he's like getting incensed. He's like, y'all, y'all need to stop being dumb. Are you, are you, are you drinking? <laughs> You're drunk, ain't you? Yeah. Stupid heads. And then um, they compare him to Boston Rob, which is like the ultimate mm-hmm. insult. Yeah. Well, that's the thing. I've said this before, hey. but they are so similar as players. Like Russell does this thing that Rob already did. When Rob gets blindsided by a Tyson vote, he's sitting over there like, oh, look at them. Why are they so cocky? They're laughing and stuff because they just pulled off a big stupid move with their stupid heads and their stupid faces, stupid players. And like now, fast forward eight episodes and Russell's like, what are y'all so dumb with your dumb asses? Like, we already saw this. He even is using the are you with me or are you against you? This is Boston Rob's playlist. This is in the Rob handbook. It's just Russell and him play from the same book this season. It's wild. Mm-hmm. Okay. It's a good episode for Sandra, I feel like, with that line, which is so iconic. We got some stuff in the family visit about what it means to have her uncle there and how her husband's in Afghanistan and how her mom passed away. So I think, like, from a character perspective, like, a lot of good Sandra stuff through yeah. the episode. Yeah. And we get a really good uh, retelling of the uh, when Russell asks Sandra, are you with me or against me? Mm-hmm. Jeff goes like, uh, so like what happened? And he's like, I, well, Russell, and again, Russell knows how to turn it on at tribal council. He's like, well, well, Jeff, I went over to, I heard Sandra was saying some things. I talked to Rupert and he said this, um, he said, Sandra said that they wouldn't vote for you. So I went over to Sandra and I was like, Sandra, is is this true? I would like to know if this is true or false. And Sandra like, no, you said like, is it, are you with me? Or are you against me? And Jeff, Jeff's like, well, Russell, did you say that? He's like, yeah, I mean, yes, in a way. He's like, so you said, like, I, Sandra, I heard this thing. He's like, yeah. I said, like, no, you said if you're against me, you could go home too. Like, Danielle. He's like, okay, maybe I did come a little hard, you know, mm-hmm. but I just had questions. You know, it's very funny. And that's when they get to poverty and her, like, she said, I'm against you. I'm Russell. against you, mm-hmm. Russell. Yeah. <laughs> it's interesting because, as I said, we like, we never really saw the progression of this, like, Sandra poverty relationship and poverty jerry i have to think a lot of it might be from like playing an idol on them which was like such mm-hmm. a big deal at the time as we're saying but it's going to be so key and they end up burning yeah. the hat together like they're a duo but we never saw it really progress to that point but i think a lot of it is just this shared trauma of yeah, being with russell for this russell. entire yeah, that's, game that yeah that's it yeah. Yeah, mm-hmm. I mean, solved it. It's the easiest thing to bond over is literally complaining about somebody else. Like, yeah, to find like, somebody and be like, get a load of this guy. Yeah, it's like they have <laughs> yeah. like this horrible boss that they're just like in the break room, like, oh my god, can you believe him today again? <laughs> yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that is it. It's like, it. it's like I wouldn't even come to work if it wasn't for you. You know, you have that one coworker. You're like, thank God you're here, because you're like, mm-hmm. oh my gosh, work is so horrible. And you're like, oh, yeah. and then that person leaves, and you're like, what the hell am I going to do now? Mm-hmm. That is totally so, it. Yeah. yeah, we've latched onto each other just for dear life. Mm-hmm. Okay. Um, Sandra has a great vote for Rupert here. Shannon, she's going to call her shot. Yeah. I vote for you. And when I'm at the end, you still give me a million dollars. Yeah. Yeah. I can't do a good Sandra accent. Sorry. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Not yeah, an impression. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. If, uh, and, it, and she's not wrong. And it's kind of like, oh, yeah, think about it. Who else would he vote for? Like maybe if she's sitting next to Kobe, but Sandra doesn't perceive herself sitting next to Kobe. So you know she's like, whatever. If I make it to the the final three with any of these villains, I got Mm -hmm. Rupert at least. Rupert and Courtney, you know, put them in the bank. I got those two locked up. Yeah. Also, I was paraphrasing. I don't think that's the exact words, but like she, um, he. I love the love you eye roll relationship that 
Rupert and Sandra have through the season. It is very like, he was like, seems very tied to their relationship and she's more like rebuffing it, but he like doesn't like strategically she is trying to work with him, but just in terms of like, just pure, like personal yeah. love, it's more eye rolly from her when he's like really like giving her that love. It is amazing yeah. to come from where they are in Pearl Islands from only uh, two weeks ago on the countdown to where they are now, because they seem so close in Pearl Island to yeah. the point where, you know, it's not quite Amanda and poverty, but it's like not far off. And yeah. he's going to end up advocating for her. Like, I think that that exists very much for him still. That's why I feel he believes that Russell is bad at the most. But like, yeah, he's going to end up advocating for her. I feel like she's much more above it. But mm-hmm. he, I think, shows that the whole time. I think she reads that and she knows that, hence the vote. Mm-hmm. For me, it just looks like a personal relationship in Russell's mind, and Sandra's trying to use it as a strategic relationship in Russell's. I mean, I'm sorry, Rupert's mind, and uh, Sandra's like looking at it strategically. She comes to Rupert with all the information, like, "Look, here's all I know," and Rupert's like, oh, "Okay, thank you for that." Now, me and the the, the heroes are going to talk, and we'll let you know if we decide to include you in stuff. Mm-hmm. And she's like, "No." Uh, fool, like you and I should be getting together and trying to work this out because Russell is still here. And so, yeah, I think once she realizes, even in this episode, Rupert throws her under the bus. She's like, so whatever personal relationship you think we have, that's fine, but you're trying to get me voted out and I'm here to make money. Like I'm here to, to get paid. And so she doesn't have time to um, to think about those personal things when it comes to Rupert because ultimately there's games left to be played and she's trying to win. Okay. Are you ready to talk about the finale? Survivor. Six hours into this podcast, you think we're breaking the record? Let's talk about it. What's the record? Uh, that, <laughs> I don't know if, if Sam Moore is still awake. He could let us know, but I think it's like that, six and change. Yeah, that'll help us break the record for sure. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, and also Sandra plays her idol, which is underreported because she wasn't going to go home anyway. But she played it, was it. the last time. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, it was the last time she. Yeah, it was the last time she could play yeah. it. She did receive votes, and so mm-hmm. I like this move. It, it makes her. It's even flashier for Sandra. Who Russell said it was a terrible play, Chappelle. Anything he doesn't know about time. Mm-hmm. Like Yeah, but he's like, I, I, I played it idle wrong. Play. It's fine. Well, they said that. Sandra goes, and she lines him up very quickly. Russell, why do I have to tell you about my idol? Because you lied. He's like, okay, but why do I have to tell you? He's like, because, because, I, because I said so. She's like, did you ever tell me about any of the idols you were playing and passing around and getting from other people on other drives and all this stuff? And she, he's like, okay, but I'm still mad at poverty. Poverty is your ass. And he's like, he very quickly just pivots away from. Yeah. Like he's mad at poverty. (laughs) Sandra's idol. And poverty didn't even know about the idol. Like spiral Mm -hmm. continues in in terms of this. Mm -hmm. And and he doesn't get any votes and people are shocked. I just Mm -hmm. don't get it. (laughs) Okay. All right. Um, Got a tree mail coming on for our challenge and um, comes down to. Well, which challenge is this here on day 37? Um, So they do the the Thailand, the dishes challenge from, uh, is it uh, China? Yeah. I think poverty says it's from Thailand. I was like, "Mm, is it? Um, But this (laughs) is the Amanda challenge. Um, Mm -hmm. And it's funny too, because looking at what the final, the makeup of this season is, a lot of people talk about bitter juries and all this other stuff. Y'all do realize at this point, we're two, two victories away from a Colby survivor heroes versus villains win right mm-hmm. like people are like talk about like who should have won this uh this is proof that anything can happen to survivor because kobe is two he is a brett closer away from winning this like if he just wins the that right feels like challenge. a lot well, of challenges for kobe like he is going to be second here but that feels like, like yeah. the, the reason that they've kept him so far is because they feel 
that he was the one who wouldn't do that. And like, that was a good read because he can't pull it off. Yeah. And yeah. Is that, like, is he that won. official? So uh, how many, he- how many heroes are on the jury? So it's you got, I bet it would be four if he's. Yeah. Yeah. So it's he four. gets four could votes some, automatically. Could somebody else sweep against him? No, I think, I don't think so. Cause I think if Kobe wins two challenges, that takes away from the mystique of poverty being this like a super athletic person that she is. Yeah. Um, so like Kobe ends up getting, I guess he'd have to he, win two like, at that point, but does he get Candace after? Like, I mean, he won't, we probably won't get Candace, but he'll get Amanda. Like he'll three. get JT. He'll get Rupert if he's not sitting next to Sandra. He still might get Rupert regardless, honestly. If he mm-hmm. was, even if he is sitting yeah. next to Sandra because she voted him out, um, he might he even get Gary in the right Gary. circumstances if she's in the jury. Yeah, yeah, and he won two challenges. He'll get coach. Um, Kobe's two challenges away from winning. This it would be a, he's done It would thing. be a, the last hero standing. It would be a pretty easy pitch. Yeah. I feel. Um, and it's the number one heroism. hero of all time. Like this is the hero. When you talk about survivor yeah. heroes, he's the reason why you can come up with a concept like this. The same way Russell is the villain that you needed. You need a Colby. Like the first season of survivor had Rudy, but he wasn't so much a hero. Cause there wasn't really a villain. Like <laughs> Richard is the villain kind of yeah. anti-hero. Uh, but Colby is the first, yeah. you know, and he has a villainess in, J- in Jerry. So this is very much the Colby win, win condition is just yeah. make it to the end. And he, is probably going to give a piss poor uh, speech, but I do think that Jeff might browbeat the jury into uh, come on, mm-hmm. come on. Yeah, what a Kobe balled out. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> not, not the uh, the Jerry. Don't be mad. Jeremy. Yeah, yeah. Like, he's going to do. The I mean, he, he, like, like the players seem to think he would win. Mm-hmm. Like that's yeah, why I mean, Poppy people like Bichito doesn't want any of the heroes there. Um, Russell wants to sit at the end with Sandra and Jerry because they didn't play the game at all is what he says. And I think that it becomes like that poverty and Russell are both so scared of having these heroes at the end. But I think mm-hmm. that they, there's like a misread, like the blind spot of the fact that Sandra's really only been a villain in name, but has tried to work with the heroes so much. And obviously that does get her across the line, but they're so scared of heroes that they would say did less in the game but then are happy to go with Sandra who they're saying because she's done less in the game. But like, you know, the people who've done less in the game strategically can still be threats through these other relationships. You're just, you have a blind spot of the relationships that Sandra could have within a similar framework. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay. I'd be, I guess I'd be interested to see if Sandra can be Kobe. Right. Cause like, if let's say you have a hero, you have Russell and then you have Sandra, we know Russell's not going to get any votes, but is Sandra able to get Jerry's vote over Kobe? Is, is she able to get Rupert's vote still? Is she able to get, you know, Parvati, is she able to get Danielle? She might be the only person who could beat Kobe, honestly. Okay. She's going to get Courtney regardless. Uh, you know, she's probably not going to get coach, but I think it's a conversation to be had at that point. But again, if Kobe makes it to the final three, he's probably sitting there next to some, you know, Russell and Parvati or Russell and Jerry. And I think he has a, a clear path to victory if somehow he manages to make it there. I think it very, it very much is a conversation to be had. All right. Well, He's not going to make it. He's no. going to be, he's going to get voted out. Uh, that he, this is like such a weird edit, Shannon. That it's an iconic confessional. It's so bizarre where that they, like, he's like, well, you know, day 37, I had to win. I guess I'm going to have to go home. So I gave my speech to everybody. And then the cat, the shot like lingers on him for like 15 seconds. He's like, but I'm still going to try one more thing. Yeah, I would never give up. I feel like it's just like they're trying to show the Colby story, all three seasons of it, where it's like, yes, it's been 
underwhelming maybe this time and yes like he this is the second time that he's mostly given up but he like still has some fight in him and that's been the season he, he tried to give up at the james vote and here he is in the final five so i feel like it just kind of represents where he's been in the season yeah and yeah and, and we don't get a lot of the colby and jerry like uh like relationship and i wonder if there is even any type of relationship there still because you know since all stars like it's not like they've never seen each other again they played again together mm-hmm. but like you know you bear like you you would barely know that they had a previous mm-hmm. you know like two games that they played together based on this edit she built a cover wagon yeah i just don't know if they like even care to show you know the anything do they ever interact on screen together where there's not like seven other people around i don't not think really. it ever happens I think they had like a, there was like a secret scene or two of them together, but nothing, nothing too exciting. It's right. a mess from an editing perspective. Yeah. yeah. Oh okay. yeah, for sure. Um, all right. Let's go to tribal council again. Uh, Russell's trying to tell us that there might be a good strategic decision to keep Colby. But- yeah. The pitch had been that like, you need him to try and take out poverty at a challenge, but it's like, but you haven't been good in the challenges. That's the whole point. And even then, then we'd be left having to take out poverty and sitting with you. And we want to take out the heroes. That's the whole point. So, yeah, there's not a lot. At least he tried. At least he tried. Colby will be voted out. (laughs) Yeah. Go to the final four. Final four. Final four. All right. And we get our final four. uh, We get uh, Fallen Comrades. Mm -hmm. Lights of Passage. Yeah. So I don't miss that. Mm-hmm. I don't yeah. miss that at you all. You don't? I miss no. it. No. We don't like, have time like for it now, but I do like it. Yeah. Yeah, I like it this season because it's like, you know, the greatest the greatest hits yeah. here with the, some of the players, you know, most memorable players. But in like a normal season, I do not care. Yeah. Should I we do rites of passage of the 40 seasons on the countdown and talk about something from every single podcast? In this podcast? The, yeah. Should I do that? No. Stop down to do that <laughs> now? Yeah, okay, uh, season 40 island of the we'll idols yeah. uh, how, how are you yeah. gonna talk about a, a season i was talking about with you on a season that we're talking about together like that's too meta like mm. <laughs> we don't have to do that here okay all right maybe, maybe another time yeah okay, maybe on the not, feedback not really show much, yeah not much interesting comes from fallen comrades for me just more like uh these little quips about you know different things about people you can already tell that russell doesn't actually have any friends because he doesn't have anything positive to say about anybody. It's like, JT, <laughs> he gave me an idol. Okay, coach, I got rid of him. Like, mm-hmm. okay, Yeah, what he says like, about JT is, you never would have known a hero would help a villain make the biggest move of the game, giving him an idol. Like, does he think Poverty's move is his? Because that was the biggest move of the game. Mm-hmm. Because, like, again, I don't know, Russell sees himself differently to how other yeah. people do. Yeah. All right. Let's go to our final immunity challenge. Uh, this is the, the final challenge from Survivor of the Amazon. We brought it back. There you go. What a traumatic time we're having for you. I know. I know. Uh, <laughs> yeah. All, all of the challenges from episodes where I go home uh, made it for Survivor Heroes versus Villains. Yeah. Was it that great that they wanted to make it the final four challenge in Survivor Heroes versus Villains? It is entertaining how close it is. Like, I mean, like looking at that camera work, like that was inches, mm-hmm. inches away from Jerry and then poverty getting it. Like that was, yeah, close finish. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So we're blindfolded in the maze. A lot of blindfold challenges here in Heroes vs. Villains. We had one episode where we had a blindfold challenge for the reward and immunity in the same episode. 
It's a lot. It's a lot. It's a lot. Yeah. But we do see Russell win this, and it is impressive because it does be very, very close. Yeah. Um, And so this is interesting to me because for the last few episodes, people have been talking about how poverty should be going home next. And then magic happens and Jerry goes home here. And I always find this vote very fascinating whenever I watch this season because it's like, yeah, Russell, you should have probably stuck to your guns on this one and got rid of poverty when you had the chance. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm not to say that you could have beat Jerry, but like this idea that like, I'm a vote for Jerry, put her on the jury, you know, the Tony Trish move, uh, or I guess it's the Russell move technically. Um, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Like he invented it when he voted out Shambo, but you know, like in that moment, like, I think he's doing a lot for no reason because Jerry, who has been with him in lockstep, knows that this is a bad strategic move. Like, you're going to lose her vote because she says, Russell, normally I can understand your line of thinking. But this time, I don't even get it. Like, why Why me here and mm-hmm. not the person who just won three, what, three immunities in one season, who's played two idols on people, who was a target from the beginning? Why are you getting rid of me here? Yeah, what so, is he um, thinking? It's just sloppy. Mm-hmm. Sloppy gameplay. And it's also like that he tells Pav that he wants to put her as a jury vote, which he then uses against him at the final tribal council. So he like tries to make it seem like a like more complimentary thing to Jerry. And then Pav can like out his actual reasoning. And Pavity wants Sandra out. And I feel like obviously she wins, so maybe it's results oriented, but I feel like that is the move. Obviously he like can't win anyway, and possibly yeah. Pavity can't either. But, but like Jerry at least is like connected to Russell, which the jury hated. And Sandra is much more on her own and she can like say that she worked much more with the heroes. And again, I feel like it's that blind spot where she's like only a villain in name. So that should Russell have gotten rid of poverty or, or Sandra? I think Sandra. I mean, nothing for us. Like he can't beat anyone. If he votes out Sandra, does Jerry win the game? I think it's a conversation. It's a conversation between poverty and Jerry. And then if he votes out poverty, does Jerry win the game or does Sandra win uh, against Jerry? I think Sandra win because I think she's getting at least four of the five heroes. Yeah, Yeah, she's still going to get like... And Courtney. Yeah, she's going to still get Courtney. She's still going to get probably... And she get poverty, which poverty says. Yeah, I mean, poverty says I Mm -hmm. will work out. The level of sincerity here is what I... Yeah, the level of sincerity here is what I question for poverty because she's saying exactly what ends up happening. Sandra will make it to the end and she will win. But I don't know if she's just saying that because she's like, we should vote out Sandra or if she really Mm -hmm. feels that way. Because even after the vote, Russell's like, so when you said Sandra was going to win, like, were you really going to vote for Sandra if I voted you out? And she's like, yes, absolutely. Mm -hmm. And I don't know if she's just screwing with them or if she really means like, no, no, no. This is an uphill battle for me at this point. I don't know why I'm sitting next to Sandra at the end and I shouldn't be sitting next to Sandra at the end. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think Sandra wins against Jerry and Russell. I think that Poverty might have votes. It's probably a conversation that's been had many times, but like Poverty probably has votes against Jerry. I mean, I don't know like what Jerry's relationships were with the heroes. So I guess that's a huge block that's really hard to identify. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, that's what show a lot of it. Yeah, yeah, like like even when I said they don't, they never show Jerry and Kobe having a conversation one on one for the most part. Um, so it's like, can we even say that Jerry would have the Kobe vote, or if Jerry is the ultimate like, the winner of the season, would we have seen more of that? And it's hard yeah. to tell, but it's definitely party's definitely right that Sandra is at this point the one that for her needs to go. Yeah. All right, Russell has immunity. Uh, he's gonna pull Sandra aside. 
Sandra tells <laughs> us uh, Russell won immunity. So essentially I have to do whatever Russell says because he won the idol. I'm feeling wonderful because regardless, Russell's keeping me around because I'm not getting a single vote. But I don't know about that. But I don't know about that. Yeah. Uh, another classic Sandra line. She's so good. That's like, um, that's top fish. Iconic yeah. quote, quote ever in survival. Like that, that's up there. I think yeah. it's like one of the most iconic quotes in the history of the show. But I it's do so know real. about that. Yeah. And it's so real because it's like, Sandra is doing the thing that everyone should be doing, which is questioning what Russell is even looking at as a jury. I think because he never seen, yeah. he's never received the votes, right? Sandra has won before. Poverty has won before. So they know what it looks like mm-hmm. to have jury members who will vote for you. Russell does not know that he lost. So he's thinking, it don't matter. I made it to the end. They're going to yell at me a little bit, but they'll get over it. They're going to vote for me. So he can't see the things that they've already seen because he's going up against two yeah. people who have won the game. It's this is this, it's so funny that that's the advantage that they have over here right now is that he does not even know he can't see the forest for the trees he's too deep in it mm-hmm. he does not know that he's not going to get any votes here yeah boy he really uh, thinks he's going to win yeah and he thinks they're going to get shut out he's saying poverty is fighting on purpose for second place and Sandra wouldn't even get a vote he says poverty she wouldn't even beat Sandra at this point she's a she's pathetic. What are you talking about? What do you, why are you? Why do you think you would beat Sandra or Barbie? Who are the people on the jury whose vote you think you should have and, and why? Just give me some example of why you think you should have any of these votes. And I feel like Russell's usually right about everything. <laughs> maneuvering through the game is his strong suit. Mm-hmm. But it's just that he just never got an understanding for the jury format because no one ever explained it to him because he never actually sat through a vote read. He doesn't know what it looks like when they pull your name and say you won Survivor because it happened in his mind and <laughs> that's it. Mm-hmm. It, it, it. It never comes to fruition. He doesn't know what it looks like to lose on that big stage. All right. The crazy thing is that at Tribal Council, she says to him that he should, like, she wants him like she, he should keep her as his loyal ally to redeem himself as a villain, which is like, why do people keep trying to get Russell to do this? Like, this is not something you want. He doesn't want to be redeemed. I know it's on the buff, but he doesn't want it. No. And she's like, and I've been protecting him. And he's like, he does not like that. It's actually kind of incredible that she survives that little tribal council issue mm-hmm. right yeah. there. Yeah. All right. Yeah, he's so, like, we've been protecting each other. No, you haven't been protecting me. Yes, I have. No, I haven't. No, yes, you have. Yeah. No, I haven't. No, yes, mm-hmm. like, just the, poverty, please, right here. I don't know if she can even relinquish control here because honestly, you're in front of the jury. You have to make sure the jury knows like, no, no, no. We did that. I was not riding your coattails. Mm-hmm. You yeah. kind of have to plant your flag here. Yeah, but we also do know that he makes like at tribal decisions <laughs> on a whim based on sentences that annoy him, even small sentences. So, yeah. and he yeah. does have the power and he is immune. So, but yeah, she survives that. She's kind of incredible. Okay, so... Chappelle, what if we had the final four fire making here? So Russell wins immunity. Was he, does he take Sandra to the end? Yeah, definitely. Yeah, because he's like Sandra. You ne- like I'm picking Sandra because you're never going to get any votes. And then like, poverty and Jerry are going to make fire. And poverty would probably didn't poverty make fire. I think Jerry probably would win there, right? I, I would have to assume Jerry's played more time. Jerry seems more, like uh, she's a little bit more like uh, outdoorsy camping. She played in the Australian Outback, which you, when you and I talked about it, it was rough. Yeah. So I think she might have picked up a thing or two there. Um, like, I've never seen yeah, Poverty I, with the flint uh, in her uh, many seasons, but... 
Not once. And, um, you know, it's also pretty funny, too, because we talked about whether Jerry wins. But, I mean, if you win the fire making challenge and you're sitting at the end, like, that does kind of hoist you up a little bit, you know? So maybe mm-hmm. that is the thing that puts her over Sandra if it comes down to her, Sandra, and Russell at the yeah. final three. All right. It's the final three. Uh, Russell, Sandra, Parvati. Anything to say from day 39 before we go to our final travel council? Yes. He yes. burns his hat. Oh yeah, the hat. Yeah. Yes, of course. The full circle moment, and of, of course, course, it's like could she be burning personal property? But it's like fo- so full circle in that he started the Survivor Renaissance two seasons ago by burning Jason's socks. So it's like the ideal thing that happened, and like at this point, Parvati and Sandra are just like fully like all the relationship that was gone. Like Parvati and Russell were tight; they were like reading the letter together. Like they had a relationship, and now I feel like it's just so gone. Mm-hmm. It's just so just destruction like there's just like destruction the around it like yeah like he like they're just laughing about like how he doesn't know what's going to hit him tonight it's just a negative relationship where they're talking about how she wouldn't have voted for him he's like i would have voted for you and she's probably thinking i hate you mm-hmm. like i yeah. hate i hate you at this point you know mm-hmm. yeah and she's saying it so matter of fact like are you sure you wouldn't have voted for me yeah i'm sure like yeah okay she just, well, it's well, done. he's like well i could probably still win she's like no you can't like, what do you mean? He's like, well, Courtney will vote for me. She's like, no, she won't. Oh, uh, well, coach, no. Uh, somebody would vote for me, Parvy. You don't know what you're talking about. She's like, okay, whatever. Good mm-hmm. luck. So when Sandra wants to burn the hat, Parvy's like, I don't care. Do it. You know, burn yeah. it twice. I don't care. I do mm-hmm. like that Russell, at least at the reunion, said that uh, that was a good move, uh, burning the hat. <laughs> it's just something he would do. Yeah. That's, that's yeah. all. That's yeah. all he identified something he would do. A better move is taking a goat all the way to the end and winning, and that's what Sandra did instead. You know. Mm-hmm. So. Okay. All right. Uh, ready for final tribal council of Survivor heroes versus villains? No, I feel like we have more to say. Yeah. Yes? No, I think. Yeah, we probably exhausted everything. I'm here. There's still a lot of funny quotes that we just skim past. Of course, I love when Barbie's just like, "Oh, that's nice." When Russell's like, "I would have voted for you," so like, yeah, oh. Mm-hmm. Thanks. The funny quote I have, like that I didn't say in this podcast, in the slide puzzle challenge, Jeff says a slide puzzle. That means you can't pick up the pieces; you have to slide them around. I feel like mm-hmm. that was like that's the one part of my notes we haven't covered in these six hours. I am ready to go <laughs> now. Yes. <laughs> All right. Uh, what about highlights from the final tribal council? Um. So Sandra's whole thing is that like she tells us. I, my my win condition is making sure Russell doesn't win. And so when she goes into the tribal council, that's kind of her like platform is like, I I come here to win Survivor, but also I've been trying to tell y'all about this Russell thing for weeks and y'all wouldn't fight this fight with me. And y'all are on the jury because y'all didn't want to play ball with Sandra who was trying to give you the key. You want to go yeah. Yeah. So she that's kind of her platform. And I think that it gets uh, like almost bastardized and when people talk about this game is that like say oh, why did she win her strategy was to get russell out and, he, and she didn't even get it it's like yeah because people still have to said. vote for yeah 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 but people echo that all the time like yeah. she, her strategy was to get out russell she says that but i think that's what you tell that jury but i think coming back from it you really have to look and say or people like them people liked her more than poverty and Russell. And I don't make, I don't think that makes you a bitter jury. I think a bitter jury is somebody who's like, you're sitting there and you pick somebody who did not absolutely nothing, who did not work with you just to spite someone. So if they actually like Sandra, no one ever has a negative thing to say about Sandra throughout two seasons for the most part, except maybe Johnny Fairplay and Russell. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, 
that's not bad. You know, so it's kind of like if those are your ops, then you might be doing something right here. And so I think she could lean more into that. Like, hey, I'm friends with all of y'all. But, you know, she doesn't really have to do much because Russell's just going to like he's a non-factor here. And poverty, this is poverty's game. Like, to, She has to earn these votes. They're not just like people. the people on the jury aren't willing to just hand it to her because she made it to the end. Mm-hmm. Mm. Yeah, they're mostly wanting to vote for Sandra, obviously, in the fact that she is like this basically a hero for them and that she tried to work with them and that Rupert vocalizes it as well. And so does she like, she's like, yeah, I should have maybe had better strategy to take out Russell, but it's like all of your faults. I tried my best. And it's like, they can only be blaming themselves that this happened. And I think for poverty, like she has a hard sell. Like she's saying like, I didn't, you know, I, I, I kept the, the dragon as a pet, you know, rather mm-hmm. than slaying the dragon, like shout out to coach. But I just think that it, I, I get what she was trying to do. Like, he's a goat. I understand that. But there was a lot of the times where he was kind of boxing her in. And I think they, they were just way too complicit. There's probably other social stuff around that that the heroes were working with. And it just doesn't come out as a good enough argument where I don't know how you can change their minds on that. Like, they just see you as together. Mm-hmm. And when you're saying, I had the control in that situation, it's like, yeah, but you're still in that situation. And it's, mm-hmm. you know, compared to other, like, toxic marriages and, and some other things as well where they just feel like, Usually, were way too connected, and Sandra is so other from that that she was trying so hard to work from, from us. Option. So, if we don't want to validate Russell, then we can't validate yeah. you, and we have this third option that we we don't have to talk about what Russell did at all. And I think that's just like a way better option for them. Yeah, and there's some built-in votes here for Sandra. Like Courtney is going to vote for Sandra, largely based on the connection they had in the pre-merge. Amanda is never going to vote for Parvati, and it's very clear throughout the entire game that she doesn't want anything to do with her. So she's got two votes sewed up. Rupert, why would Rupert vote for Parvati and not Sandra? They have like they were very closely aligned. She tried to help Rupert at every turn. You know, like this three votes. Poverty has to win those mm-hmm. votes over in order to win this game. So she does a good job of securing Jerry. She's going to get Danielle regardless. And Coach is going to vote for her because she ends up winning a bunch of challenges. But also it's Coach and he's been charmed by her. and He never liked Sandra anyway. But it's Colby that's up for grabs and maybe Candace. And Rupert, Candace, like, Rupert's impressed with Car- like Pav being strong, but it's just like he's too much with Sandra. So that becomes a yeah. one, yeah. And Candace, who's played with Poverty, not, wants nothing to do with her. Mm-hmm. So it's like, Poverty, the, the jury was already stacked against her. It was her job to go and win those votes, and she did not. And that's why I don't call this jury bitter, because you knew these people weren't going to vote for you. You knew Candace didn't, and Amanda didn't like you when you came into the game. So why would they be giving you a million dollars? Um, you have to go and actively secure those votes. And just winning a bunch of challenges is not enough. And even Poverty says that. She says, my game was a lot physical, uh, because that's what I felt like I just had to do. I just had to win uh, because I couldn't get anybody to play with me. And I think that's a flaw in Poverty's game. You know, like it's largely not her fault that everybody had this mystique around her being some unbeatable player that had to go, but she could yeah. try harder. You know, in so my now- mind, oh, I was just going to mm-hmm. say that in, in my mind uh, that uh, this vote is five to four, but it's actually six to three. Yeah. Well, mm-hmm. like now that I'm looking at it, if they vote out Sandra, I think Poverty does win because I think she takes Courtney from Sandra. Um, she yeah. has Coach. She has Danielle. I think she gets Sandra instead of Jerry. And I think Rupert, like Rupert does seem really impressed with her. It's just that he's he's obviously going to vote for Sandra because of that connection. But he's like, you were great in challenges and you deserve to be there. I think she has the five. So it, it's a tough one that I just feel like she does what she can to survive through that final four, but she doesn't have any control over it. So if she had managed to get it, her way then possibly she could have sent sandra home or yeah she's just trying to survive in that way she could have worked with jerry to even send sandra to fire in in some way but 
it's just that everyone's just going to Russell at that point and she's just lucky Russell doesn't vote her out. But I think with Russell, like he does give a blanket apology in his opening pitch, which not everyone apologizes. It, it seemed hollow, but he does give the apology. It's just that when Danielle asks him, firstly, Danielle also starts with a weird British accent. I don't know what's going on with that. But um, she also asks him. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> um, she also asks him about his regrets and he says he has no regrets. So it's like, how can you apologize and say you have no regrets? Like if you're going to apologize and the regret will be, Yes, I regret, obviously, that I have something to apologize for, that I hurt you along the way in any of my approach. Obviously, there's an extreme to that. But to say I apologize when they say I have no regrets, it's like, well, then you're not sorry. Why did you just apologize? Because you thought you have to? Like, you have to be able mm-hmm. to speak to the moves I don't regret. They got me to where I am. But I said this recently. But the the approach obviously hurt you guys, and I, and I regret that, and I, that's what I'm apologizing for. So, yeah, I mean, he doesn't do himself any favors, does he? <laughs> No. Um, yeah. Drawing dead from a very long time ago. Yeah. Um, but it's fun. You know, you do get the coach, your little man um, quote, which is fun. You yeah. get a bunch of layups for Sandra. Like, Amanda's like, tell us, Sandra, why you're so great. Courtney's like, yeah, by the way, Sandra, tell us why you're so great. Uh, Candace is even like, yeah, poverty, you, you're not great. So, Sandra, Maybe people should be looking at you more. Mm-hmm. There was a lot of that going on. But again, these were people who were never going to vote for poverty anyway. So I don't think this makes them bitter. I just think that they went with the person that they liked more. Um, and that happens. And that's, I think that's a fair way to place your vote. Who do I feel good about giving a million dollars to? Mm. All right. A- anything else from the final tribal council? I think we need to move Shoot. on to my favorite part of the season. Yes. Yeah, so let's talk about this wild reunion. Of this reunion is heroes versus villains. Some of the best television that exists in this world. It is just highlight after highlight i was saying this ad yesterday like this is better than every like any sitcom this is like it's such a funny half an hour of television for me yeah drunk russell yeah <laughs> so drunk like loaded drunk russell is everything i've said this before i love when the people get drunk on survivor because it's so funny but seeing them drunk at a reunion special and just just inconsolable and just sloppy is so great i Mm -hmm. love russell hans as a character in general but i love him so much more in this moment where he's just like i don't care what y'all are talking about i'm drunk so i'm gonna say what i got to say i deserve to win matter of fact i don't deserve to win poverty deserve to win just as long as it ain't sandra anybody but sandra as long as it ain't me yes right america needs a vote jeff don't talk to me like he's so toe up i love it it's so relatable. Yeah. Um, but like, yeah, this is good content from Russell Hands. We first we get the <laughs> counting of the votes. Uh so Sandra is uh the winner of the season. Yes. She went six to three. Uh, and so uh Jeff wants to go right in with the question on everybody's mind. Is Sandra the best player ever? Starts with Sandra. Yes. She's the queen. Yes. She's wearing the I'm TR. The this is annoying because it gives Russell like the forum just to put Sandra down and take Mm -hmm. away from her in that moment, which is just like, you can pump yourself up and be like, I think I'm better. And I play in this way, like which Russell will obviously do. Mm -hmm. But like the fact that he takes that moment to bring her down when she's just one, I don't, I don't think most people would do that. Like Mm -hmm. that's a a Russell thing. Oh, he sucks, but it's good TV. (laughs) Mm -hmm. It's such good TV. He says there's a flaw in the game. If she can win the game twice. Yes. Yes. He even Mm -hmm. like tries to break down her like strategically. No, the social game. No. She's lippy and she knows it. No. no. Like, it's like, wait a minute. You criticizing somebody's social game? Mm-hmm. You, yeah. you played twice and got two votes. Three. Yes. Was it three? 
Was it two or three? I give him two. Oh, you know, it's two. I think it's two. You know, I think it's two as well. You know, they're like, sir, how dare you? Yeah. How dare you? And he says that her and and then her strategic game, her her game from day one, get rid of Russell. And you know what? It never panned out for her. So let's award her. Oh my god! Uh, and it's an oversimplification. Yeah. That was not her game. From and day so one. Uh, he says, her uh, game is knowing when to pull back. That's the point. Like she, her game is having incredible awareness and an amazing read to know when to push and when to pull. The the nuance, the variation. Anyway. Yeah. Russell says uh, the problem is the game. I think that there's a flaw in the game of Survivor. And Jeff's like, there's a flaw yeah. in the game. Yes. Mm-hmm. Yes, because if she can win the game twice, there's a flaw in the game. Yeah. And then, what, what's like, the flaw? What? And the crowd is booing. He says, let me tell yeah. you what needs to happen. Let, let me tell you what needs to happen. Uh, and then Jeff's like shuts him down. Yeah, like Russell, please, please, because you know, you know, Jeff's phone has been blowing up. Russell mm-hmm. Hans has been complaining about this all day. Once he saw the episode, he's like, "I am about to lose handedly." He's probably been like ranting and raving. He's so drunk. People are probably coming up to like Jeff. Hey, Russell's still at the bar. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like, on stage, like the the people, like the PAs are like, "Oh, can, can we get uh Russell? Could you come to the stage, please?" He's like, "I don't want to come. America needs to have a vote." Oh. And I think Russell, it's funny because he says this after getting booed, saying there's a flaw in the game if Sandra could win twice. But when he says America had a vote, America's like, yes, yes, Russell, yes. <laughs> America yes. loves himself. They yeah. love, and they voted for him to win America's favorite player again. Like, he mm. beat Rupert. And I, I'm not a huge Rupert fan, but if it comes <laughs> down to, like, the greatest good and the greatest evil, like, these are your avatars for the season, fine. But why does Russell Hans win this? What did he, he had do? had poverty. That's what it yeah. is. And Sandra. There were Ow. other people you could have voted for. Why didn't you vote? Why did you vote for him? Well, okay, the biggest applause that when he says America needs a percentage of the vote, the biggest applause is from Rupert, which made me laugh so hard because obviously America already voted to win a million dollars. And then you have um, Sandra saying you still wouldn't win if you ha- if they had a percentage of the votes. And he's like, I would have won last season, which just was hilarious to me because it's like we're talking about last season now. Like he just they're so intertwined for him, and it's such similar experiences for him. Obviously, that's just that one was I hilarious. Played mm-hmm. one time. Like, what are you ta- even talking about? Yeah. So, like, the common folk at home don't know that Russell played back to back three seconds between each mm-hmm. game. So I'm like, what is he? Ta- why didn't he just, you know, mm-hmm. like, what is he talking about? We saw him play twice. I watched both the seasons. He lost twice. This is embarrassing. Stop mm-hmm. it. You're drunk. So many things like so Jeff makes Russell take a deep breath with him. Another mm-hmm. iconic moment. Yes, I see like, what, but it's foreshadowing for what he'll do when Russell's hands. nephew plays uh, in six seasons. Mm-hmm. Jeff's yeah. like, hold my beer. I know how to handle this one. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Baby, I'm the hands whisperer. I got mm-hmm. it. I thought Jeff was great at this tribal council. Like he puts him in his place where he's like, that's a different game. That's called America decides who wins. Like maybe take that to Mark Burnett and maybe like it'll be a good game. But like that's not this game. And then later he's like, but that's a different game. That's called Russell decides who win. You know, like every single time he he's very sure about like the concept of the show, which is great because I feel like later when Jeff doesn't get winners that he wants, he does change the game. And he's like indignant that Russell mm-hmm. would even say, you know, we you should change the game because I didn't get the winner that I want, which is me. And later Jeff will do not dissimilar things. Um, so, yeah, when he's like, I think Pop should have won. He's like, but that's that's a different a different mm-hmm. thing. Also, it must be said, 
he laminated the letter. Yeah. Like holding up. Was it laminated? laminated like, it. Professionally? Yeah. It's amazing. He had a laminating machine. I haven't seen one of those in a while. Here's the thing, though. He takes that letter and he's like holding it up like, look, look at what I did. This is my trophy to show. I made a winner act like this. It's like, no, you didn't. You did not make JT send you that. JT had no reason to send that to you, but it wasn't like Russ. Oh my God, look at Russell. He's that was an unforced just, error. It was unforced. Like they, him and Rupert, he was. He did manipulate together. him well, but they were ripe to be manipulated. That's what it they, is. They were begging for it. They said, <laughs> "Oh my God, it must be an all girls alliance." And Russell's like, "What? Oh yeah, yeah, sure." And next thing you know, they're sending him the letter. It's not like Russell had a meeting with JT. It was like JT, I'm. Sorry. On my last leg here, it's like, oh, I got you. I'm cooking up something for you. That is not what happened. You did not manipulate them. JT chose that path. He wanted, he chose violence and he got it. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Okay. Boston Rob, quick question. If you two teamed up, what would have happened? Yeah, we probably would have won. We probably would have gone far, blah, blah. Our egos are too big, blah, blah, blah. But you know what, Russell? I'd kick your ass around this island. Mm -hmm. Everybody cheers. And then, you know, we go into... This could uh, be a future season. It could be a future season. Oh, I just thought of this. Yeah. yeah. It's almost like, I don't know, Jeff changed the game so that his person could win. Mm-hmm. Like, imagine that. A concept of like, you know, what if we just put Boston Rob on a tribe with a bunch of Boston Rob fans mm-hmm. to see that Boston Rob is the rightful winner of this season, actually. So mm-hmm. let's just do that. Mm-hmm. Another season plugged as well for much in the future when they have the cursed prototype of a survivor winner. Yes. And isn't that winners at war? Except they're within they're at war within one person's own face. <laughs> uh, I guess also that we have like a little bit like a uh, ghost island uh foreshadowing also of yeah, like, dumbest, the dumbest yeah. moves. Yeah. No, JT's like, do we win money? And he's like, No, the winner has to give some money back. Give it back. <laughs> Which is yeah. very funny. Yeah. It's very funny because you Good know Jesse got it. Yeah, all right. Yeah, and Steph's pizza plug. Yes, Gigi's pizza. She's like, ah, what else do I have, Jeff? I have nothing. The look on Jeff's face was it was worth it. It was worth getting to six and a half hours into this podcast. Yes, and a John Cody sighting. Yeah. Yes, John Cody. It, it's it's so good. You know, Candace is new, now married to her husband, who we will see later on. That's why this season matters so well, much. We have so we already we see, seen him. Yeah, we see future Survivor players left and right. We get like a couple of things that will like le- you know lead us into the new age of Survivor with the you know the Survivor uh, Boston Rob versus Russell type situations. We see you know that some of these players go on to play a, a couple times and to have better showings than they had previous to this. So mm-hmm. yeah, I think this season just wraps it all up and also leaves you with a lot more you know to get from the show as um, a whole. Okay, that's Survivor Heroes versus Villains. Can you believe yeah. it? In loving oh, memory, morning time for you is the sun coming up? Not yet, not yet. <laughs> We're not far off. Not far off. Yeah, um, Rob, you did it. Like, can we just well, have a second record, celebration, sure Rob? Yes, with that. Yeah. Uh, let's. Well, as we're done talking about, so we still have to talk about our, at least our survey. I don't know how yeah. we're going to do too much feedback right now. Yeah, no, we don't need any feedback. Yeah, uh, this is officially uh, the longest podcast in the history of Rob as a podcast. Wow. Yes! Congratulations to you both. We will never break this record. 
I'm really? This is it. I'm, I'm actually, I'm actually happy. And do we win money with that? No, you yeah, lose no, money. We have to give money, you have to give money, money. back. <laughs> you have to give money back. <laughs> we have to pay the listeners to listen. Yes. That's what it is. Yeah. Yes. Uh, I'm so happy. I feel like uh, the Make a Wish kid is back. I can't believe this. I'm a part of this. This is cool. Mm-hmm. Um, is it also the middle of the night for you? Yeah. Well, Central time. He's not as uh, it's one hour. I, one hour behind. Yeah. Four thirty. But this is Chappelle o'clock. Yeah. Right. Yeah, my my tweets are lacking right now, but mm-hmm. I'm having a good time regardless. I mean, I've been podcasting all day. This mm-hmm. is a lot. We started yeah. in the morning time, and it is four thirty in the afternoon. Mm-hmm. Yeah, mm-hmm. we okay. love this. Crazy. Um, we will get into the questions uh, with, so with <laughs> Touchdown Tommy and Kelly White. Uh, but yes. uh, here, how about this, Shannon? Give me a, a give me a number between one and one hundred and nine. Ooh. 81. 81. Okay. Uh, how would you like this question about Russell uh, from Willis Russell. Barber? Uh, how do you think this season would be different if the players had seen Russell play in Samoa? Just undoubtedly uh, different in every way. I bet they the wouldn't whole, have given him the idol. Yeah. The whole girls alliance thing would have <laughs> mm-hmm. been. I think Russell's probably first boot before Randy. If he's coming off like they just Makes watched sense. it. Before he even gets a chance to find an idol, possibly. Maybe throwing yeah. a challenge to get rid of him. Yeah. He's out. Yeah. But Tyson Done. wouldn't have uh, switched his vote. There's a lot of yeah. things. <laughs> First or second boot for sure on the on the on the villains tribe. Mm-hmm. I just don't see it for him. Just I yeah. mean, what stuff and especially if he tries to play the same way, because that was a yeah. thing that he had. He had like ambiguity going for him, you know, at least, you know, anonymity at least at the very least. No one knew who he was, mm-hmm. so they didn't know when the machete walks off, it didn't just grow legs, it was him. Uh and so so the moment something comes up missing, they're like, All right, Russell, it's time to go. Okay. Mm-hmm. All right, Chappelle, number from uh one to hundred and nine. Man, I don't want to step step on touchdown Tommy and uh, Kelly White's toes, but uh, let's do number one. Number one. Uh, question about Amanda from Tommy Guam. Uh, what are the rules when finding an idol clue? Is it like an idol since Daniel found it uh, or Danielle found it first? Did a man have any rights to it? Yeah, I think we talked about yeah. that. Well, Tommy yeah. didn't know who that we were going to talk about that. Yeah, yeah look, Tommy we Guam knows we cool. Different to we, an idol. Yeah, mm-hmm. different than an idol. We also... Yeah, and we saw yeah. Spencer run off with a Wu's pants, I think. So, you know, like, mm-hmm. I think everything's fair play as long as it's not an idol. Yeah. Uh, unless yeah. you're in the international season where apparently that happened. And okay. I'm talk you have to find that. Uh, one last question. Carolina says, Rob, did they invite you for heroes versus villains? Uh, would you be a hero or a villain? Uh, the short answer is no. You're a villain. Uh, and would I be a hero or a villain after this 40 season countdown? Hero, right baby. Here. Yeah, you deserved a spot on that season. You could have fit in. You could have. You could have taken the spot of I think some of those villain men. Uh, That's pretty stacked. Pretty stacked. I don't think so. Yeah, Yeah. it's a stacked tribe. You said the name. No, no, uh, I don't think so. I don't think. I don't think you. The smartest player to ever win doesn't get a spot. I got got a podcast from Heroes versus Villains. That's it. And aren't you so happy yeah. about it? It wasn't for this season. We wouldn't be here. Yeah, six and a half hours into the podcast. Yeah. This would have, if they would have instead of doing the big anniversary, they said, "Hey, it's our twentieth season, but it's just our twentieth season." No, there'd be no Rob as a podcast, and then we'd all be doing something else right now, Simply sleeping. That might be just, better. Yeah, yeah. sleeping yeah. in the night. Something yeah. productive. Okay, sliding doors. Mm-hmm. All right. 
So let's get into one last survey from the tabulator Kurt Clark. And give it up for the tabulator Kurt Clark, because if without him, we would not have done the all-time top 40 season rankings. We're going to have links to a bunch of other stats stuff in the show notes here. Okay. Who is the season's MVP? The queen. The queen stays queen. I actually, for for me, I love Sandra, but coach is like a, a big part of the pre-marriage. But for me, you got to give Sandra mm-hmm. her, her flowers here. Right. I'm I'm sure I'm in the minority on that one. Let me ask Shannon Gus. MVP. Poverty. 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 Maybe right 50, to, to Jeff. 53% for poverty. 27% for Sandra. Russell comes yep. in with 15%. That feels right. Let America vote again. Right. His vote was rigged. Yeah. Okay. Which player would you most like to see come back and play in a future season? Uh, everybody is up for grabs. Sorry. Yeah. Yeah. I could. There's no like. Yeah. Obviously, Sorry. I want yeah. Sorry in my life. This was Suri actually a surprising Tom, answer for number one. Sorry and Tom Westman as one and two. Uh, so yeah. Sorry is number two. Okay. But number <laughs> well, three at 20, uh, 20.3%. Number one, Courtney Yates, 21.7%. Yeah. Oh, that's good, good call. Good call. Jerry Manthe, yeah. 12.37. Okay. Mm-hmm. Also good. Which name on this list made you pause and think to yourself, oh, they were on this season? Not who's there. Who, who is that? Mm. Sugar Kuiper. Yeah, probably Sugar. But then it's like you remember that she was the first boot. Maybe Randy. I don't know. Um, okay, you've got two. You've got two out of the top three. But number one was Steph Lagrosa, thirty-two point four percent. Randy was second. Twenty-two point six six. Jessica Sugar Kuiper, the great Sugar Kuiper, sixteen point nine six. Most underrated player of the season. Who you got, Chappelle? Sandra. She's the queen and she should have been the MVP of the season. So y'all are underrating her just off of that. But I do think, I do think coach just puts this season on his back in a way that people don't when the, in the pre-merge, he's so good. So yeah, whatever, either one. Mm -hmm. I don't feel like we underrate Sandra anymore. Like I feel like now we get it, especially seeing like her subsequent outings. Like we know she can do anything. She has the capacity to do anything. She chooses in this season to play in this like very individual way because she's adaptable. So I feel like we know that now. I don't know who would be underrated. Rupert, mm-hmm. for me, maybe. Oh. Based on what Amanda, Amanda. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Most underrated player of the season is Jerry Manthe. 39.7%. That's fair. She was close. She could have won. Sandra gets 18.7. Parvati gets uh, 9.5. Parvati is right. underrated Stop on it. this season. Yeah. Agreed. Stop it. Yeah. Can't rate her enough. She was epic. Yes, the Natalie fine. Cole Award <laughs> for the best pre-merge boot. Give me coach. I have to keep, but I have to keep, no, I'm not giving Rob this. <laughs> Give me coach. Shannon. Mm-hmm. Shannon, who you got? I got Boston Rob. Uh, Sari. Oh yeah. Oh my God. I forgot three. Oh, have, three. I yeah, think we thought she won. 24.87%. Rob was two. 23.5. Oh Courtney oh has 21.45. All right. Sorry. On a scale of one to 40. Where did Sandra <laughs> 2.0 rank in the winner's ranking? One is the best and uh, 40 is the worst. Hmm. 23. I, I, 23? Like I, I, w- I would rank her high, 
Like, but I mm-hmm. think that I don't think she'll necessarily be You're ranked guessing behind. what I mean, the audience said. Yeah, and like against Poverty, who I think uh, some people think definitely should have won, um, has like such a great game. Like, it's an interesting final three where they all have pros and cons. They all lack. They all mm-hmm. make up for each other in ways. Mm-hmm. Play idols on each other. Poverty does. Russell played for her. Like, it's a give and take, and I don't think that's as dominant as some higher up numbers would be. I'm taking mm-hmm. three. Yeah. Yeah. Chappelle. I guess 16. Uh, yeah. Chappelle's closer. 13.59. Oh, okay. Uh, that puts her actually at number 12 overall. Uh, interestingly, uh, her first game was at 17 overall. So let me give you just like the real quick. Uh, number one of all. So now that we have all 40 winners ranked from one to 40. Let's do it. Uh, let me give you uh, real quick. Uh, number one. Tony 2.0, no problem there. Followed by Kim Spradlin. Followed by Tony 1.0. I think that's too high. Yes, uh, I love that top three. That'd okay. probably be my top three. So good. Yes, yeah, so you, you have Tony 1.0 as the third best uh, winner of all time, Shannon? I haven't done my winner rankings in ages, but I might put him second. I, I, put, that, yeah. like, uh, I, mean, I just feel like there's a lot of... No. Uh, it's, yeah, fast and like sloppy. Uh, I, I, before Winners of War, I had Kageyan Tony first. Okay, wow. No, no, I just, I can't. What Boston Rob and Kim do is so immaculate in their seasons. It's just, I I I can't put Tony Uh, on that. Parvati's win uh, is number four. I think that's too high. Uh, Jeremy Collins is five. Uh, No no issue there. Uh, Todd Herzog is six. Yule is seven. Rob Mm -hmm. in Redemption Island is eight. Tom Westman is nine. Natalie Anderson is 10. Tyson is 11. Sandra, uh, one, uh, sorry, Sandra 2.0 is here at 12. Then, uh, 13 is Hatch, 14 is Earl, 15 is Sarah, 16 is JT. You could drop him down a couple spots after this. Uh, <laughs> 17 is Sandra 1.0, 18 is Denise, 19 is Cochran, 20 is Brian Heidick, 21 is Wendell, 22 is Chris, Chris Daughtry. Uh, 23 is Sophie Clark, 24 is Ethan, 25 is Adam Klein, 26 is Tina Wesson, 27 is Michelle, 28 is Nick Wilson, 29 is Vesepia, 30 is Aris, 21 is Tommy Sheehan, 32 is uh, Mike Holloway, 33 is Danny, 34 is Amber, 35 is Jenna Maraska, 36 is Ben Drebergen, 37 is Natalie White, 38 is Fabio, 39 is Bob Crowley, and number 40 is Chris Underwood. Rob, I've got such a good idea. Yeah. You should do a 40-week series where you go through every game in that order ranked, 40 mm-hmm. to 1, and you watch their whole season and you discuss their explicit winning game. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Rob's wanting to do that joke yeah. at 3 in the morning. Bring, bring in a different podcast right, every week. Right. Bring in Chappelle, Chappelle six times. Yeah, I think you have uh, something to work with here, mm-hmm. Shane. I think this is a good idea. Yeah. All right, next pandemic, we'll do that. I'm still in this pandemic. Right, this one hasn't ended yet. Okay. All right. Do you feel like this season was uh, too low, too high, or just right? Too low for the lols. Uh, right. They didn't give too low as an option. It's Thank only you. just right or too high. Yeah. No, it's, this, is, this, is, this is about right. This is right. I yeah. don't care what nobody says. This is right. Yeah. 78% said uh, just right. Yeah, I'm going to agree. I think I it's it. I think it's number one. Uh, let me open up my uh, rewatchability rankings. This has been very fast and sloppy on my uh, on the rewatchability rankings. But um, yeah, I just think everything feels uh, important here for 
Survivor heroes versus villains. I do think that the the last third uh it does not have the gravitas that I feel like the you know through the uh like uh JT vote out even the Amanda blind even the Amanda vote feels big. I feel like then it gets a little bit like um just um you know not as iconic that that last home stretch. There is no perfect the season. Rock, Rob, please. What? Rupert and the Rock. Rupert and the Rock. It's fine. Nothing is bad. <laughs> Nothing is bad. It's just. You like, I don't know about that. Like, yeah, you know, it's uh, this, the hat, There's you still know. there is still Hammond good Reed. stuff. It's just like <laughs> yeah. I think it like uh, comes like uh, goes from transcendent mm-hmm. to just really very great. good. Just yeah. a really good season. Yeah, yeah, I, yeah agreed. Yeah, uh, but that, it's actually cool that so many people would rank it. Would say that this is just right because it's obviously been such a controversial rankings, and the fact that this is first and so many people agree with that, it's like okay, well, we like. We fought all the way here, but we landed on an objective. And, like, mostly that seems good and fine. And we can just, like, move forward with the fact that, like, we, you know, the journey, whatever, but the destination, like, we got here, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah. And okay. the friends we made along the way. The friends we made yeah. along the way. Um, God bless Scott St. Pierre that he has uh, uh, some plugs for us to talk about here. Okay. I'm glad both of you be. All right. Sandra is going to be on Talking with T Bird. Uh, that is going to be in about, uh, less than 11 hours, uh, talking with, uh, Sandra and with, uh, with T-Bird. All right. Uh, coming up and then why Sandra won Pearl Islands. Okay. Uh, David Bloomberg and Jessica Lewis will be back to talk about that for the final part of the YX1 series, uh, over the course of, uh, this year. Uh, just in case anybody has finished this podcast before Wednesday night's big brother, uh, we'll be live after the episode on Wednesday to, uh, catch up on, uh, Wednesday night's big brother. Talk about the BB comics as well. Uh, we'll have another circle round table, uh, this weekend. Uh, actually this is the one from, uh, we had a week one circle round table and we'll do it again, uh, this weekend. If you're watching this many years in the future, The Circle was a show that was on Netflix where people lived in a house uh, and talked to each other. Of course, there's so much going on in our patron podcast feed, including our patron feedback show coming up on Thursday. In addition, we'll have all season 41 of Survivor, the patron Q&A about Survivor. We'll be taking your questions uh, every week during the Survivor season, just like we're doing during the Big Brother season as well. That's all at robhasawebsite.com slash patron. Uh, So many patron perks uh, for Survivor, including access to our community and much more at robhasawebsite.com slash patron. Check out offers from our sponsors at robhasawebsite.com slash offers. Subscribe to our YouTube channel and follow us on social media. You know where to find us. All right. Thank you so much, Scott. All right. Shannon, I know you have so much going on. Where can people hear more from you? Oh, my God. Doing this so far into the podcast. No, you can follow me at Shannon Gates. So much Survivor going on. If you want more, more Survivor. I mean, we're going to be going from the countdown to just U.S. Survivor, one episode a week. That's not very much Survivor. So if you want to go back and binge Survivor South Africa, ending in two days, Australian Survivor ended two days ago. All the links are on Patreon. Yes. Become a patron. About 16 hours I did an over three-hour podcast on the finale of Australian Survivor, which felt long. Uh, So it's been 10 hours of podcasting. It's been a lot. Um, So check that out. Uh, Exit interviews, deep dives for both of those franchises. And then I'll be doing Survivor Global 
um, on my regular feed, International's Vibro Hap-Ups feed for season 41 yeah. with international guests. So check it all out. Incredible job, Shannon. No, oh, incredible. Thank you. Thank you for I having me I could not have imagined doing this one without you. Oh, uh, that means a lot. I mean, we broke the record. You're up in the middle of the night. We now have like, mm-hmm. this is like a, literally a sleepover at this point. It is, a, sleep, it is a sleepover. Like, yeah. That, uh, some, somebody call Akiva and see uh, if he can tie his shoes. But uh, I am honored to be here. Thank you for having me. Yes. And uh, Chappelle, how many hours until you have to go to work tomorrow? Uh, a few. A few. You know, yeah. I'll, I'll, be, I'll be up shortly, but normally I'm up at this time anyway, just randomly. It's kind of like watching TV and stuff. So okay. it's not that bad. Chappelle, you logged mm-hmm. the most hours here on this countdown uh, with me. It was such a treat to have you uh, so many times over the course of this countdown. I can't believe that we're here. Honestly, I just feel so blessed to be, you know, just included in some of these conversations. Again, Shannon is an icon and just doing all the things that need to be done in the international survivor world. And then Rob, you also um, might have played survivor once or twice. And so like to even just be in the conversation. To once. Is so yeah. 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 Closer to once for sure. One, one and then some change, but like, just to be in the conversation with y'all is so cool. Like this is the coolest thing ever. So thank you so much uh, for allowing me to join you for this. Um, it's been a blast. Uh, next time you decide to cover a 40 season, you know, show that runs, I don't know what it would be, Grey's Anatomy or something. Mm-hmm. Give me a call. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. I'm down uh, for it. If I ever yeah. was going to cover Grey's Anatomy, you'd be the first person I would call. Oh my God. Thank you. <laughs> but, um, no, that means a lot, but seriously, uh, yeah, people can follow me at Chappelle's underscore show on Twitter. Honestly, there's probably gonna be a lot of feedback about this particular podcast and I just, just, keep, just keep it. You guys, it'll be fine. Like, I don't have to hear about it. You know, don't, don't at me. It's fine. I, I, I know y'all disagree, but it was just fun to talk it out. Um, if you want to catch any other content, like if you're not just yelling at your podcast feed because I've just been ranting this whole time, then yeah, you can definitely find me on post show recaps talking about The Walking Dead, the ultimate, like, or oh, the last season of The Walking Dead uh, proper. Season 11 is going on right now, and I'm covering it with Josh Wiggler, Jessica Lee, and AJ Mass uh, on post show recaps. So that's fun. And Sasha Joseph and I are covering Never Have I Ever on Netflix on the silent podcast um, platform. Uh, wherever you get your, uh, you know, your podcast, I guess. And uh, recently, Rob canceled the RHP Rewind. So I might have just got fired, you guys. But hopefully we have something else in store Stop. Um, Stop. since, you know, that- I... We, when uh, one door opens, another, another door. One closes, uh, God opens a window. Yeah, well, I don't know about that. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but yeah, well, that's where, that's where I can be found. And um, hopefully talking about some more Big Brother here on Rob as a podcast. But again, thank you, Rob and Shannon. Y'all are great. And I'm just very happy to be included. Shannon, what's the um, hashtag? I don't even remember anything we spoke about. <laughs> you probably got There's anything? Something around, about, around grief. <laughs> or rock, rock bulge. Yeah, I don't know. <laughs> What do we have? Um, what do we? Let's just think. Damn about it, it, damn it, Reed, Rock Bulge. What else did we talk about a lot? Um, no, I'm, no, I got nothing. <laughs> mm. I think let's do Greeks villains. That at least was an in joke from this podcast. Yes, that the villains' beach was Greece. And Greece, okay, Gre- Greece, uh, not like the country, like the musical. Greece. Yeah, like Greece Lightning, but yes. Greece villains. Greece, Greece villains, villains. Yeah. okay. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. 
Yes, right away as we fly the car off into the sunset here at the end yeah. of this countdown. Congrats, Rob. Like, I want to say, like, you devote so much time that you were like, hey, I'm going to do this thing for the entertainment. Clearly, like, a lot of people were, like, really into it. People are so sad that it's ending, even though we're getting actual U.S. Survivor. Mm-hmm. But your devotion to the listeners, the fact that it is literally the middle of the night and how much time you put into this, I don't know how you've done it. You are... Thank you. Well, I can't believe all of the people that watched along uh, with us over the course of the the season, even if the people that like sort of like cherry picked, I'm going to rewatch this season. So I I never imagined that there would be that many people that would be uh, coming along for the ride, especially uh, this far into it. So uh, thanks, everybody who's uh, listening uh, week in and week out. If you missed any of uh, the all time rankings, of course, you could listen to all of them at Rob has a website.com uh, slash rankings. Uh, we'll keep that link up and you can listen to any of the 40 seasons uh, in any order you choose uh, there at Rob has a website.com slash rankings. Thank you so much, uh, Chappelle, Shannon. Thank you both for uh, being here to break the record, which will never be broken. Huh. I ever. Think so, I think this okay. is it. This is it. I think so. Thank you all for listening. <laughs> Take care. Have a good one. Bye. Support for this podcast comes from our friends over at Geico. Do you own or rent your home? Sure you do, and it's hard work, but you know it's easy? Bundling your policies with Geico. Geico makes it easy to bundle your home and car insurance. It's a good thing, too. You're busy enough. Go to geico.com and get a quote and see how much you could save. It's Geico easy. Visit geico.com today.